warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 346. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture. Leftovers. Joker here, the Clown Prince of Crime, and you're listening to my least favorite podcast, Pop Culture Leftovers. <laughs> hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better for the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yay. How you doing? Woo. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How about you? Fine. All right. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> we, that was not a very believable thought. The, the, the chemistry that we have is just top-notch. Electric. Electric. Oh, speaking of electric, we're going to be talking about the Tesla movie later. Whew. Nice yeah. segue. Ethan, nice, but we're not talking about it now. So, I don't know. It, it was an okay segue, but yeah. Yeah, the Ethan Hawke Tesla movie. Jake, we're not alone. Let's bring somebody else in on this fucking fun, thrilling ride we're sharing together right now. Um, yes, let's make it more awkward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got Melissa Sloter from uh, the Wild Pretty Things podcast. Welcome. More awkward. That's not nice. <laughs> Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You, to I, be fair, I didn't know if he was going to shout out to you or Paul, so I was. it was a safe bet either way. <laughs> and Jake just introduced our next guest. Yeah, Jake just introduced our next guest. So that's a well-oiled machine that we run over here at PCL with my with my very self-aware that we're podcasting podcast hosts, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Uh, welcome, Paul. Thank you. I'm Melissa can hold my beer for being awkward now, so we're up in the ante here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. And Melissa, I, I recently – I haven't finished it. I started it. You were recently on the uh, Leftover Army podcast, What's Your Story?, hosted by Mark Busking and uh, Lenny Aiello. Yeah, that was super fun. Um, that was, like, an awkward experience for me just because I normally don't podcast without, like, notes and have pre-thought about maybe what I'm going to talk about. So they're just asking you questions about your life, and I just had to say the first things that come out of my mouth. And, like, as you said – awkward <laughs> but no it was really fun i was super happy to uh, be on there with those guys all i know is that you have this insane amount of passion 
when it comes to shipping hetero characters in, <laughs> in gay relationships. I know. It is like, it's almost scary. It's almost like <laughs> Kathy Bates misery level scary. It's like, I, I can just imagine, and it was a lot of Harry Potter. I mean, well, her- I was just about to say, this is all J.K. Rowling's fault for not giving us gay characters in Harry Potter. So we just had to make them ourselves, and it's something that has never stopped. I feel like you would have fucking, like, Harry Potter tied to a radiator in your basement and force him to suck Malfoy's dick. Like, and, <laughs> like, and he just all he just wants to hang out with Ginny Weasley Nobody's at the fucking— forcing anybody to do anything. It sounded very forceful. <laughs> <laughs> He, you're gonna give him some malfoilatio, Harry. Hey, man, I'm just saying. That was that, Jake. Was that a stretch as a pun? Was that a stretch? It sounded like a Harry Potter spell. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I didn't. I wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't I wasn't trying to make it a spell. Oh, it was a failure then. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> ah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> His last name's Malfoy. Fellatio is sucking up dicks. I combined them, you fuck. No, I, I see what you're going for now. Yeah, and you're, you're all thinking of spells and shit. <laughs> it sounded like something they'd yell when they'd point their wand. Uh, Malfoyatio! They're definitely pointing wands in fucking Melissa's. <laughs> in Melissa's fucking fan fiction, they're definitely pointing some wands. It's not just my fan fiction. Oh, I know, but you are super passionate about it to the point where I'm scared for Harry. I know, I really am. I do love fan fiction. Don't be scared. No, it's like Harry's losing his butthole virginity, and all he wants to do is hang out with Ginny Weasley. And you got you got everybody in the universe Listen, fucking this kid. If you kid. want him to hang out with Ginny Weasley, he can do that too. <laughs> But that's the beauty, beauty of fanfic. But why does he have? Why does he have to eat a? Why does he have to eat a dick in the meantime? <laughs> this poor kid. This poor kid just wants to hold hands with Ginny Weasley, and you got him fucking sucking off Malfoy. <laughs> I don't have him doing anything. Oh my god. <laughs> Malfoy definitely deserved a better ending than what he got in the book. So, so at least he this really is happening. Did. Oh yeah, a happy ending. Like literally, you got you got <laughs> fucking Harry <laughs> Harry Potter jerking him off. Oh my oh god. My god. <laughs> no, I no, I love it. I love it. I think it, I think it's fun. It was fantastic, and it was a fun episode. I haven't finished it, but yeah, it was fun so far. So. Oh, we got Paul Hart. Paul Hart from the animated Batcast and from Movies from the Heart. How you doing, man? Doing great. Absolutely great. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ship you with one of the other members of the Leftover Army and have you in a fucking gay relationship by the end of this thing. Alright. Yeah, you're gonna be fucking Neil or something by the end of this thing. <laughs> oh, hey, I, I could only be so lucky. <laughs> Are you guys ready? <laughs> I, oh man oh oh my god we got it's ridiculous the amount of like facebook pages that the leftover army has created and i can totally see this one happening now like you know uh fan fiction of the leftover army and like this being a whole new thing people people writing gay fiction gay fan fiction between members of the leftover army oh shit melissa sloter's definitely the fucking administrator on that page <laughs> okay, <laughs> the head, okay. Head moderator. listen i listen 
I would admin any fanfiction page that anybody wanted, but I do draw a line at shipping real life people. And then Brian took <laughs> <laughs> fill in the blank inside of him. Oh God, no, stop it. Damn. Stop it. No. Stop it. See, it gets real weird when you start talking about yeah. like real people real and not people. characters. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's fun when you're just talking about characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, not weird at all before. It's not weird. It's <laughs> well, not- like less weird. <laughs> Oh man, I I want the fan fiction of uh, Greg and Marsha Brady fucking each other, Jake. I've always wanted that, dude. They're not really brother and sister, and you know their hormones were fucking raging. Oh, surely you can get that. I'm sure there's probably porn version of that you can get. Yeah, well, there's like a whole CW show about it, right? Isn't it called like the Fosters? Isn't that the the plot of that show? Yeah. I don't know. Someone will know. All right. Yeah, Melissa, can't, Melissa, you can't I don't know. You you can't join us on this episode. I got I got I'm kidding. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh man. Um, she sounded ex- excited she was out for a second there. Yeah. Um <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we do have uh we do have a couple iTunes reviews. Let's do those. How's that sound? All right. All right. It's one iTunes reviews. Uh, first one comes from Baba Yaga Will. <laughs> Say that again? Baba Yaga Will. Baba Yaga Will. Okay. Yeah, the Baba Yaga. What, uh, Baba Yaga, was that, is that, uh, is that, uh, is that, uh, some kind of like, uh, isn't that like folklore, like horror folklore? The Baba Yaga? <laughs> You're thinking of the Baba Duke, I think. No, Baba well, Yaga. Baba Yaga is like a mythical villain of yeah. some sort, and I only know that because they use it in the TV show The Magicians. Didn't they use it in? Uh, didn't uh, David Dasmalkian's character in Ant Man talk about Baba Yaga? Oh, you got me. Google it. Google it. It looks like it's a Russian folklore type of thing. Nah, it's, I, Slavic folk, folklore. Yeah. yeah, we're on the same wiki. <laughs> Told you, Jake. Told you. Ain't nothing to do with the Baba Duke. Sorry, I stand corrected. You stand corrected, sir. <laughs> stand down. <laughs> <laughs> I, sw- I swear that David Dasmelkin's character in Ant-Man talked about Baba Yaga. Google it. It's, it's like a mean old woman is what it looks like. Not so scary. All right, moving on. Baba Yaga Will uh, titles this iTunes review, Keep Up the Good Work. And then he put smoke and then uh, six exclamation points. I'll get to that. It's a five star. This podcast is something I listen to on a weekly basis because it takes me out of the daily responsibilities for four to six hours while I'm at work. You guys keep me posted on everything I'm interested in and give me things to look forward to uh, or look out for in the future. Thank you. P.S. If you stop smoking or start smoking again, that's on you. But keep on not smoking for you and don't worry about what anyone thinks. That comes from Bobby Yaga Will. 
That's very thoughtful to have the uh, encouraging the no smoking there. Yeah, but he's just like, you know, he's like, you do you, man. Don't worry about what other people think. And I do. I do. I like, you know, it's a thing. It's like I get on here and it's like I'm talking about, yeah, I quit smoking. And it's like some people would just be like, oh, he just wants a pat on the back and it's only been three weeks. Give it, you know, and now it's been four. It's been four. Update. It's been four. But Baba Yaga Will's just like, you know what, bro? Don't worry about that shit. You do you. You could you could do you. You could talk about it if you want to. Don't worry about them. Just keep it up. You do you. If you want to smoke, smoke. If you don't want to smoke, don't smoke. I also feel like anybody who's like giving you shit about it only being three weeks has never quit smoking before because it is not easy. <laughs> yeah, you should get a big celebration after three days, man. It's tough. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's like there's certain times where I really just want to smoke a cigarette. There's like day of podcasting. Want to smoke when I'm driving? I want to smoke. Those are things that I want. Like you know, I'm not one of those people that have to like have a cigarette after I eat. I don't give a fuck about that. I just like to have a cigarette like while I'm driving or if, you know, like, you know, on day of podcasting, on podcasting breaks, stuff like that. But uh, Bobby Yaga Will is just like, you do you, man. And I like that. Thank you, Bobby Yaga Will. <laughs> Very encouraging advice. It is. Next iTunes review comes from Weak Power Lifter, and it's titled Keith Honeycutt Likes This Show. It's a five star. I listened to a few episodes over the last several years. In the last five months, I have been a very consistent listener. Can't I enjoy the constant ball bustings and mostly well-prepared commentary on current media? That's where it ends. As a question? There's no question mark there, though. It's just a statement. (laughs) So I couldn't end it as if it was a question. So that's why I said it the way that I said it. But it sounds like it could be a question. But it didn't phrase it as one because there's no question mark at the end. And that's the big question here is like, what the fuck are you trying to say, dude? Yeah, go back to the beginning, too. It was kind of a slow burn, right? It says he listened to us a little bit and then all of a sudden he can't stop listening. Well, the last five months, it's been the pandemic, so maybe that's why his listening has picked up. For some people, they've dropped off. Maybe for this gentleman, Keith Honeycutt, it's picked up because of the pandemic, Jake. Okay. That makes sense. Keith Honeycutt likes this show. And he says his name, Keith Honeycutt, like it's uh, like you're supposed to know who Keith Honeycutt is. Keith Honeycutt likes this show. And I, I felt so <laughs> stupid at first. I was like, should I know Keith Honeycutt? And so I went to Google and I looked up Keith Honeycutt and the oh, only Keith God. Honeycutt I could find is this guy. He's like a fish angler. He's like a, he's a, he's a, he's a fisherman and he's like a bass master. And that maybe this guy while he's out there fishing, Jake is just listening to PCL like crazy. I believe it. Stranger things have happened. I found a Keith Honeycutt on Twitter, but he's not following you guys, so I assume it's not the same one. Not not all of our listeners follow us on Twitter. I'm going to go with the angler, or that's at least what I hope it is. So he's a fisherman. Yes. Final answer. I I don't have an answer, guys. I I don't know who the fuck Keith Honeycutt is. (laughs) I felt felt like I should know who you are. Like, you put your full name. In there, like Keith Honeycutt likes this show. 
I was like, well, fuck me. Who the f- – wow, I feel like I should know who Keith Conicut is. Yeah, it's very bizarre. He immediately breaks the alias that he creates with his iTunes name too. Yeah, well, maybe All he's a, a sudden, maybe boom. he's a weak power lifter because he's a badass fisherman. That was his. <laughs> that was the second choice. He could have put badass fisherman, but he doesn't want to show off. He's basically putting it out there that I want to be a better power lifter, but right now I'm pretty weak at it. But man, I can catch a bass like nobody's business. He didn't want to flex too. He hard. He didn't want to yeah. flex too hard on the bass fishing. You got to keep that in your back pocket. Yes. Yeah. He's a very humble Keith Honeycutt. It can be very intimidating. Yeah, I know. One of the top. What? what what's a, are they called? Fish anglers. I saw that. I saw that listed many times when I looked up Keith Honeycutt. Fish angler. I don't know. What does that even mean? An angler. I don't know. That's why that's not posing the question. I think <laughs> it's the way you do fly fishing. Like the angle you hold your rod? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we talking about the fucking Harry Potter fan fiction again? (laughs) Are we talking about Harry Potter fan fiction again? The way you hold your rod? Like, did we revert back to that? I was trying to do a River Runs Through a fan fiction with Brad Pitt. Oh, my God. Beautiful, beautiful Brad Pitt in that movie. Oh, he's gorgeous. Beautiful baby-faced Brad Pitt in in that movie. What, what 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 was that movie again? A river runs through. Oh yeah, and then Legends of the Fall. Those two movies. Oh my God, I could come for days. I think they were back to back too. Back. To, oh, they were back to back. This is a fun one. This is terrible. Got an email here. Oh my God. Um, it's from, uh, and I'm not making this up. It's from Mike Raper. Ooh, ouch. Yeah. Yeah. With a name like that though, you can't imagine that he's ever done that. That's just too on the nose, right? I mean, it perfectly hides it if he's doing it. That's his alibi. it's, It's my last name. Not really me. Yeah. I would never do that. That's just the last name. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god, I I get crickets when I say his last name's Raper. I don't touch that one. <laughs> his last name is what a person does to another person unwillingly or what fucking Melissa wants Harry Potter to have done to him. Oh shit. <laughs> Get on that, Malfoy. Get on it. No, thank you. No, Harry, you're gay. <laughs> like, you, you thought the fucking Dursleys were bad? Wait until you live with Melissa. Okay. <laughs> I would not put him in a cupboard. <laughs> so that's what they're calling it. Okay. Ah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Melissa, you're unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let's listen. What does Mike Raper have to say? <laughs> Jake, stop. That'd be a great, like, MC rapper name. He's the Mike Raper. You know? <laughs> you try to, you try to, you try to turn it around, make it light and fun, aren't you, Jake? I'm doing my best. Yeah. Yeah. All right, wait until I read the next email from Kenneth Rapist. 
Uh, I hope the guy he didn't think too much about it. Like, oh, should I put my last name in here? He probably right. won't say anything. And I was like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. And our final email. There's no possible way he thought that it was not getting talked about. Right. I mean, that's just dumb thinking on my part, I guess. And <laughs> our final email comes from Tommy, unwilling sex partner. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I broke it the first 15 minutes of this episode. <laughs> Mike Raper, subject, thanks in a review. Uh, I go for long walks or runs about every day, and after a while, the same music gets old. So I started podcast. You guys pushed out. When I said his name was Raper, I got crickets. You guys were scared to touch that. You guys were fucking dancing around that shit. Let's just attack it straight on. Just straight I'm on. about it with you. Just, I know you did, Jake. I'm talking about our guests. Oh, they I'm just terrified. You, you were. Yeah. I was absolutely terrified. Oh, thank you. Melissa was like, I am, I am not touching that. Nope. No. Nope. No. I will not be brought into this. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little early for that. <laughs> I go for long walks and runs about every day. And after a while, what is he doing on those walks and runs? Is he doing a little bit of scouting? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> dude, Mike, thank you for listening. I swear I'm going to get through your email, dude. Oh my god, your last name is a blessing, dude. Thank you. Um, I go, I go, I go for long walks or runs about every day, and after a while, the same music gets old, so I started podcasts. And while I listen to many different topics, from history to economics, I also really enjoy some light banter of stuff. You guys deliver that in spades. Every episode is like sitting in my room with your friends. Friends you know and are completely comfortable with. It reminds me of my days in the army, sitting around at night in the field playing spades of uh, spades or hearts and talking smack with the boys. I love that none of you dominate the conversation. You share the time. And I love that you steer clear of sensitive topics like politics and my last name. I'm kidding. He did not say that. Um, you, you steer clear of uh, topics like politics, and these days, that's a treasure. I get enough of that shit everywhere else, and frankly, I'm sick of it. You guys make me laugh. You make me think about movies I've seen with observations I never noticed. And most of all, you entertain me. I really enjoy just hitting the trail for a couple of hours. I did say long walks and listening to you guys talk, swear, laugh, and make verbal slams on each other. You can tell you guys like each other and have fun. And you know what? It's infectious. Keep it up, guys. Though, do me a favor, huh? Have Brian say, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Just do it. You'll get it. <laughs> that's an awesome email that i feel so bad that we had so many laughs at his name now for such a great email i was i was hoping it would be crap to kind of validate it <laughs> uh, yeah yeah oh he goes oh uh thanks for uh the company on all the miles guys if you ever do any kind of reviews of older stuff like trek films and want a guest i'd love to give it a go so that is from mike raper <sighs> <laughs> or, 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 I love Jake's, Jake's suggestion. He's a, he's a, he's a mic rapist on the mic. He's a rapper. He, <laughs> he <laughs> rapes that mic, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make this mic my bitch. Eight, eight mile and shit. That dude, like, what? <laughs> 
He's like Mikey, Mikey, Mikey Rabbit. Oh, man. Oh, uh, no, thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate the email. I fucking love emails like that, man. That's what I love the emails like that, where it's like uh, they let us know uh, that they listen. They let us know what they're doing when they're listening. Um, no, I'm not going to go into that joke, people. I know his last name. I'm not going to go into that. Um, but <laughs> I, I did get a little bit of an awkward giggle out of Jake there. Um, <laughs> that email, or it really made me want to play some spades. I got to tell you, oh, I love some spades. Yeah, when I first met you, you were big into cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I still love playing cards very yeah. much, but spades was always one of my favorite games of all time. Mm. Oh man, I I want to let everybody know that I recently did an episode on uh, Quentin Roberts and Amanda's podcast, the uh, the Real Zodiac. Um, and we did the the sports film. They did sports, and uh, I did the movie Warrior. I like. There's so many sports movies that I love, and and I, I wanted to do Warrior because I feel like it's a it's a movie that n- not everybody has seen. Uh, Tom Hardy, Joel Edgerton, Nick Nolte, fantastic fucking movie. And uh, it was actually their first time seeing it. So to be on an episode with them and have it be their first time seeing it, and you know, I think it was like my fifth time watching it. When I prepared for the episode, but I had a great time, uh, talking to Amanda and Quentin on that episode. So everybody should check that out and listen to that episode where we talk warrior. And if you haven't seen warrior, you can watch it on Hulu. And I think it's also on Amazon and it is an absolute fucking Tupperware. It is amazing. I love this movie so much. And if it doesn't like, I am fucking in tears by the end of the movie. It's that. It's it's that powerful. It's that powerful. It's a it's a great fucking movie. But and I forgot to mention this on their show because I was looking at the Wikipedia as like we're recording. But I took my mouse and I scrolled it over the poster and it comes up with a description. And the poster has like, you know, both of them on it. You know, it's a black and white poster and it's got the logo and 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 when you when when you wave the mouse over the poster it says two shirtless muscled men stand against a black background <laughs> the the word warrior is written sideways between them and i just i found that fucking hilarious for some reason so <laughs> two shirtless muscled men stand against the black background it's <laughs> oh, fucking great anyway ah jake you ever, i don't know i when, when i'm alone sometimes i catch myself doing <laughs> and saying some weird stupid shit and i found myself two times this week and it's like it's just, it's just a natural reaction. I drive a lot for work and I drive through a lot of like farm country. And so I see a lot of things like in farm country. I was driving and I'll first, I'll tell you about this. I saw some like, I saw this baby deer. No. Just a baby deer out by the road, like eating like, like some kind of like vegetation or some shit, you know? And it was the tiniest, like, little Bambi had the, like, the little fucking spots, you know? And, like, the first words out of my mouth. Here I am. Oh, no. 42-year-old man. I get on this show. I act like a hard ass sometimes. First words out of my mouth is, and I I said, oh, my God, you are gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's ridiculous, man. And, and I, I did the same thing. I didn't say the exact same thing, but I, I drove by like this farm and there were two baby calves and like one was like kind of like laying down and the other one was like hanging out with the other one. These two little baby cows. And I was like, oh my God, look at you. <laughs> I, I turned into a nine-year-old girl. No one's immune to cute farm animals. Oh my god, I'm such a puss. I am such a puss when it comes to just like cute little animals. And I'm like, you know, like I see them all day on Reddit. I can flip through Reddit, you know, and I can see cute animals all day because I'm subscribed to the AWW Reddit, A-W-W. And you see like cute animals all fucking day. But to see it out in nature, man, it's another fucking thing. Fucking beautiful. <laughs> Oh my god, you are gorgeous. I said it just like that. <laughs> <laughs> just a knee-jerk reaction. And then after I after it came out of my mouth, I I just started laughing at myself. <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, I like to talk about um some of the Reddit subreddits that I find that I think are just people need to join. And I think my new favorite one is the uh, don't put your dick in that subreddit. Oh, no. It is fucking <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, the don't put your dick in that subreddit. A pencil sharpener. Yeah, they got this one thing that fucking, like, you put, like, uh, you know, dried corn on, like corn on the cob. You, like, shove it in there, and you twist it, and it, like, r- like takes off the, 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 the kernels. Jesus yeah, it looks like it does look like a dick torture device. It's got like <laughs> I want to say that's called like a shucker. Yeah, whole yeah, yeah. That <laughs> holy shuck! It looks fucked up. <laughs> what the shuck? What the shuck? Oh, uh, they got one of just like a cup with uh, thumbtacks taped to the side of it. Oh, yeah. this one was posted by Grandpappy's cum sock. And it's God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's a and, legacy item. And he, <laughs> he, he is—he's—he's he's fingering fruit like it's a vagina. You've got oh my oh my God! What he's doing to this strawberry? Melissa might write about it. Okay. <laughs> and this is the same subreddit yeah yeah don't it's called don't put your dick in that you put your fingers in it but not your dick yeah apparently yeah, a, lot of these pictures are, a, point. a lot of these pictures are brutal man <sighs> yeah so check out don't put your dick in that on reddit it's fucking incredible hmm Guys, uh, last week I promised, uh, that we were gonna do the contest for, uh, the King of Staten Island. We're gonna give out, it looks like five people are gonna win. So everybody sent in their entries. And so I'm gonna do the drawing now. Awesome. Okay, so I had a lot of people enter this one. Oh, um, and so here we go. We're gonna get our first random winner. I put everybody's name into a, um, uh, into a site that just picks random names. So our first one, could somebody, could somebody write these down for me? Somebody got a pen and paper or their phone? I'll just put it on my phone, yeah. There you go. Here we go. First one. First winner is, and you're gonna win a king, the king of Staten Island, um, the king of Staten Island, uh, Blu-ray and with all the extra features and all that shit. It's, uh, first winner is Dustin Porter. 
All right. All right. Cool, Dustin. All right. Here we go. Uh, winner number two. And I will be emailing everybody back for their addresses because I got to send those off. Winner number two is Sam Leoti. Sam Leoti. Right, good wins. job, Sam. All right, now to number three. Uh, Anthony Tess. Anthony Tess. Way to go, Anthony. And winner number four. I do a drum roll, but I'm a little parched right now, and I don't care. Uh, Mark Lalana. Oh, Mark Lalana. We got a lot of marks. I was like, which one is it going to be? And here we go. The final, <laughs> the final winner for the King of Staten Island Blu-ray giveaway is. There's a drum roll for you. <laughs> Ryan Bradshaw. All right, good job, Ryan. All so, right. thanks to everybody who entered. I would just, I would suggest still picking this up anyway. It's a phenomenal movie. Pete Davidson killed it. Bill Burr, fantastic. Marissa Tomei is great. I loved this movie. Highly recommend. So good. It's very good. It's very good. So, yeah, thank you to everyone who entered. Uh, I think we should have another contest next month. I can't tell everybody what it is right now, but I think we will have a September contest, another giveaway. So, uh, I'll keep everyone posted on that. All right. Oh, fuck. 30 minutes in and very eventful so far, Jake. Oh, man. The recap of these 30 minutes would take an hour. It would. That it would, sir. <laughs> you guys ready to move into Good Pop, Bad Pop? Of course. Sure. Yes. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Yeah, I. Uh, this is an interesting review for me. I'm not going to get into it too much. Um, I, I don't even have any notes about it. Uh, let me pull it up. What's the synopsis for this one? Uh, the tax collector. Have you guys heard of this one? The tax collector? Yes, I have heard of it. Yes. I talked about that on Cinecast. Oh, so you've seen so it. Yes, I've heard of it. You've seen it. <laughs> and a, I've seen it. A tax collector working for a local crime lord finds himself, uh, finds his family safety compromised when the rival of his boss shows up in LA and upends the business. And uh, this one stars uh, Bobby Soto, Shia LaBeouf, and a bunch of other people. George Lopez is in this thing. Um, I watched all of this except for the last 20 minutes where I just fucking threw my hands up and said, I don't give a fuck anymore. Wow. I literally. I respect that choice. I, I deeply respect that choice. I literally just did not give a flying fuck anymore about this fucking movie. Didn't care what happened to the family. It's directed by David Ayer, which I have not liked anything that he's done since Fury. And this is, this is just fucking, this was, it felt like it was written by a fucking teenager that has like an obsession with gang culture. 
It's just fucking, <laughs> it is the most juvenile, dumb fucking story ever. Well, they like make a point in the movie. Sorry. No, go ahead. You're talking. Oh, I was just to say they are. They make a point in the movie to say like this is the most fucked up subculture in L.A. And uh-huh. then the entire movie is that just them perpetuating that subculture. So I'm like, oh, you recognize it, but you don't care about it. Cool movie. Yeah. It fuck, it was, <laughs> Thank you for making this movie. I guess. Fucking terrible. I fuck. I toss it so hard. And I know some people are loving this movie. I've seen like the, the reviews are like split. But for me, I just thought this was absolute garbage, absolute trash. And I did towards the last 20 minutes, I just did not care. And I said to myself, I don't even care to finish this. Why are you still watching this fucking movie that you absolutely, I I could not stand it. I abhor it. So I just fucking turned it off. I had like 23 minutes left, Jake, and I was done. I was fucking done with the tax collector. Everything that you think happens is what happens. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> so there you go. I I I, I didn't even care at, at, at what happens to the family. Yeah. What, I didn't care. I was so done. I was just so done. Uh, everything's over the top, and uh, none of the characters I cared anything about. I just an awful fucking film. Awful. I don't know. Yeah, it, I agree. I didn't like it either. It's just everything. I don't know what's happened to David Ayer since Suicide Squad. This is just garbage. Absolute I mean, trash. What did Steve think on Seen It Cast? He loved it, right? Um, I don't I don't <laughs> think that he was like ride or die for it, but he definitely liked it more than the rest of us. <laughs> oh boy. But I kinda get why people would like it if like they are interested in seeing like how extreme violence can be put on screen. Like because there is that, and it does look good, but like I don't want to see that shit if it's not like serving. Just if you want to see any greater purpose, just watch like Bone Tomahawk or something. Like I, and just, this is just the, the story was just terrible. I don't like sometimes I don't care yeah, about like yeah. super violence and gore and shit like that because like I know it's all fucking Hollywood and it's all fake. Um, but. That's I, but I can't watch like I can't watch those uh, like the real surgery s- channel like that oh, where, yeah. where, where they show people having surgery. I can't watch it. I can't look at like real blood and like all that shit. I can't do it, dude. I can't even watch the pimple videos that people are obsessed with. That, oh that god. Oh. oh no. Like on the flip side, I'm, I haven't watched those, but. I I probably would love that. There's some there's something there's something very satisfying about seeing like people pop pus pockets and shit for me because it looks so like gross that it's just like yeah get it out of there get it all out. I always watch them and then I regret it immediately and then I'm like still watching them. I wouldn't I wouldn't regret it. I wouldn't regret it. Like I think I would go down like this really weird rabbit hole where I would just watch them and I just want to see all of them get cleaned out. You know? Like it'd be very satisfying for me to watch that. I went down like this rabbit hole where I was watching people cut into like different types of soap. Oh, I like those. Those soap like cutting. They cut like soap? kinetic sand. Yeah, like, Is that like the ASMR or whatever it's called. You're gonna have to explain. Like, like it's a whole psychologically like title behind it that like you listen to these videos or you watch these videos. Like there'll be people talking like real softly into a microphone, cutting the bars of soap, playing with like sand. It's like eating it's, pickles. 
Yeah, like we use the cutting bars of soap videos in our classroom to like calm down kids that are like yeah getting real amped up. Like it's a real soothing effect on some people. I, that's I I feel like the same way when I was watching them. Like I I had them up on like YouTube, um, on my TV, and I kind of like got sucked into it. And like I was just like waiting for the next bar of soap and for them to cut into it. Like it's fucking weird. Cause like the, so, the soaps that they pick, it's not just boring soap, Jake. It's not like fucking like <laughs> coast or, you know, Irish Dog. spring. Yeah. It's like all these different, like colorful kind of like boutique kind of fucking soaps, you know? And they're cutting into them. There's something, I don't know. It's fucking weird, man. I got all this fucking shit that I watched tax collector with all this fucking, you got this fucking crazy drug Lord or whatever the fuck crime Lord, you know, cutting women's throats and like having their blood, like run down his fucking body as he does some satanic ritual and shit. Sometimes I just need to watch people cut into soap. Yeah, makes sense. This movie was only 95 minutes. I looked up and <laughs> that's crazy. It was yeah. so bad. It's like three fucking hours. <laughs> fucking terrible <laughs> oh man the reviews like, are hilarious I'm very forgiving when it comes to like shia labeouf because i love him but i'm very confused about why he got the real tattoos that are in this movie i i have questions is that real he got real tattoos for this fucking he movie got those tattoos for real and the only time you see them is like through a like FaceTime video when he's being like tortured. Oh, that's insane. Right. Yeah, I did see that part and I was just after soon after that I was kind of like fucking done. Family goes on the run. I'm like, ah, fuck them. I, I don't care. Oh, do they? Do they go on the run? Fuck them all. I was just done. Um, I did watch, um, Melissa, did you get a chance to see Tesla? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a freewheeling take on visionary inventor Nikola Tesla. Uh, his interactions with Thomas Edison and J.P. Morgan's daughter, Anne, and his breakthroughs in transmitting electrical power and light. It's written and directed by Michael Almereda. It stars Ethan Hawke as Tesla, uh, Eve Hewson, Eben Moss Bachrock, Jim Gaffigan, and Kyle MacLachlan. Kyle MacLachlan stars as uh, Thomas Edison. And... Um, yeah, this is, uh, Ethan Hawke is teamed back up with, uh, Michael, the director here, Michael Almarida. They worked together on, uh, Hamlet back in 2000. And, um, I'm just gonna come out and say that, uh, this movie is messy as fuck. <laughs> and I, I didn't care for it at all. I, I give it an absolute toss it. And I, I usually love Ethan Hawke. And, this movie is just messy. Uh, the directorial style's terrible. Um, and the way it's filmed in certain scenes is weird. I don't know if it's a green screen or some kind of like weird backdrop that they're using. It just looks fucking weird. And then there's like these fourth wall breaking moments where you'll see a scene and then you've got, uh, JP Morgan's daughter, Anne, who like starts, is it Anne that starts talking to you? And she's like, that's not, like she's all Zach Morris in a Saved by the Bell episode, and she's all like, "Time out." <laughs> she's like, "That's not how it really happened." In all uh, actuality, she whips out a MacBook at one point and is like, "If you Google Nikola Tesla," and I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, and there's like a scene where fucking Thomas Edison pulls out a an iPhone and starts f like getting on Tinder or something. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> what? But <laughs> the movie, I mean, the movie ends. With Ethan Hawke singing the uh, singing a cover of "Everybody Wants to Rule the World" by Tears for Fears, I am not fucking kidding you. 
This fucking happens in the movie. He's at a microphone and singing this song as Tesla himself. I almost rented With an accent? the movie. <laughs> when you sent that video, I almost rented it just because of that. Yeah, I'll send you the, I sent the video to like a Facebook messenger group, the C2E2 group, and they saw it. I'll send it to you later, Jake. It's fuck, it's fucking weird. It, I tossed this movie. It, I thought it was just terrible. <laughs> this movie was so, it was so boring. And you've got, you're talking about a guy who had, who led such an interesting life and just, just the choices that the director made to tell this story just took me out of it completely. I toss it. It's so bad. It's so fucking bad. I can't believe I spent seven fucking bucks on this. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I feel pretty similar, although I'm, like, a little bit more forgiving because I I just feel like I, at some point, like, completely lost the thread of this movie, although maybe there was no thread to be found because when the karaoke scene happened and, like, you know, the last third of the movie or whatever, I knew at that point, I was like, I am not on this movie's wavelength. Like, I do not know what the fuck is going on here. Can I just go um, in, But can I... Can't we just get a fucking... Tesla biopic for crying out loud? I mean, come on. I mean, just fucking yeah. tell the story. You don't have to be fucking artsy and weird about this shit. Just tell me what the, and fucking give me some great Ethan Hawk acting. He sounded like the way he talked, he sounded like fucking, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lambert from fucking as Raiden in, uh, Mortal Kombat. Wow. He was talking oh, like, man. yeah, he was talking like, uh, Raiden from Mortal Kombat, the movie from 1995. What's his name? Is it, what's his name? Lambert? Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert. It was so weird. Fuck this movie. I'm sorry, Melissa. I cut I you off. I kind of want to watch it again because I don't know, like the way that it's so, like all of the like weirdness and like the quote unquote like artsiness of it are things that I would usually be kind of into I, I don't know what happened and it might be the movie or it might have been me but I did pay seven dollars and so if I find time in the next 48 hours I could watch this movie again and see if I can like get on its level I think I th- honestly I think like halfway through the fucking movie you, you weren't even paying attention you were sh- shipping Tesla and Thomas Edison to fuck each other and that's why <laughs> well, you I mean, that's why you liked it so much anyone with Kyle McLaughlin look at him Oh, Kyle McLaughlin, his, I think, I, his, his fucking chin. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, his chin. That thing is like, that, if he was Batman, everyone would know. Because there mm-hmm. is no mistaking that chin. Mostly this movie just made me want to rewatch Twin Peaks. Cause I'm like, oh look, Kyle McLaughlin is in something that's like super fucking weird, but there's some other weird thing that is better. I don't, I, I, can yeah, be I can't, I can't even stand Twin Peaks. That fucking show drives <laughs> me up a goddamn wall. And this drove me up a goddamn wall. So, yeah. I toss this movie hard. I toss this movie so fucking hard. Oh my god. That's a ni- 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is ridiculous. That, that sir is ridiculous. Yeah, I just feel like I'm missing something. What's the audience score? But with the caveat that I really do want to watch it again. Oh, God. I am not getting close to this movie ever again. (laughs) Never. Never. Oh, my gosh. I I will be... I would... I would... Oh, I'm not going to say that. I'm not... No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. Um, did you have any final thoughts about Tesla, Melissa? 
Um, there's like a reoccurring black cat. Always awesome. There's a lady who sleeps in a coffin. Pretty awesome. But yeah, nothing like profound to say about this movie. Oh my god, it's so bad. It was so bad. Paul, Paul messages me and he's like, hey, uh, I got a little bit of time before we record. Should I watch Tesla? And I'm like, dude, save your fucking money. (laughs) I mean, I was so in with him singing the cover and now with Usain Edison's like fucking swiping right on Tinder. I feel like how can this movie be bad? I don't know. I I don't know if it was I don't know if it was Tinder. You should figure out what's happening with this movie. I don't man. I don't know if it was Tinder. It could have been farmersonly.com. I have no idea. Yeah, this this review has really intrigued me too. I kind of really do want to see this now. Right? Uh, no, I yeah, I think that's. I think no, I think like the review is probably like the best thing that's ever come out of this fucking movie. <laughs> and that's not saying a lot because I don't think we've ever had anything good on this fucking show to begin with. So, <laughs> um, Lovecraft Country uh, on HBO. You can also watch it on HBO Max. Uh, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country follows Atticus Freeman as he joins up with his friend Letitia and his uncle George to embark on a road trip across 1950s Jim Crow America in search of his missing father. This begins a struggle to survive and overcome both the racist terrors of white America and the terrifying monsters that could be ripped from a Lovecraft paperback. The series is developed by Misha Green and it's based on the 2016 novel of the same name by Matt Ruff. Uh, it's produced by Monkey Paw Productions, Bad Robot Productions, and Warner Brothers Television. Um, so you've got, of course, you've got the producers, Jordan Peele uh, and J.J. Abrams, involved in this. Um, stars Journey Smollett as Letitia, Jonathan Majors as Atticus, uh, and then Courtney B. Vance as George Freeman. And uh, I love, I've been a big fan of uh, Journey Smollett since I saw her in Friday Night Lights. Yes. And um it's great to see her getting some work in in this um but um this it's a so basically it's a story about a young black man who travels across uh segregated 1950s America and he's looking for his his missing father and he learns about um uh, dark secrets that are plaguing a town on which Famous horror writer H.P. Lovecraft supposedly based the location of many of his fictional tales. And what is this? This star is a predominantly uh, black cast. And what's crazy about like, I don't know if that crazy is the right word, but what's weird about this is like H.P. Lovecraft, his work kind of like supports that he was a racist Oh and, my god, the worst of them. <laughs> but this series, what I love about this series is that it addresses this uh-huh. very early on and the character of Atticus, uh, he's he's a, a black Korean War ve- veteran and he's talking to um, a woman and he's like talking about how he read the the, the sci-fi novel princess of mars you know it's a a john john carter story and i I enjoy the john carter stuff too and you know she she learns from him like the plot of it and that he was a confederate soldier and she's like how can you read that he's a confederate soldier 
And he says, stories are like people. Loving them doesn't mean they're perfect. You just try to cherish them, overlook their flaws. And as I was like hearing him say that, I was kind of thinking like, that's what this series is doing with calling this Lovecraft country and like basing this on like, you know, the, the world and the creatures of like HP Lovecraft himself. Um, you know, you can love, like, I guess you can, I guess they're trying to say like, you can love the world that he created. You just don't have to love the person and everything that they did. You know, it's, it's so, um, I, I thought that that was really interesting, but getting into the actual show, it really kind of like started off for me. Like I didn't know what to expect. I, I really didn't know what to expect. Like it started off for me, it felt like the show felt like very like uh, from dusk till dawn in the way that you think it's like going to be one way at the beginning. And then by like the last 20 minutes of the show, it's a completely different thing. And I mean, we can get into spoilers for this one. I re- it's, it's one episode. It's been out for a week. And and I kind of like want to get people watching this one because I give it an absolute Tupperware. Um because of the kind of like just like the way that it kind of like the the setting that they're in and then like where the story kind of goes at the end like just the absolute madness that happens um as they're in is it it's Artem correct mm-hmm. yep but i i give it a tupperware like you know you you're you're in like some of the stuff like i may have seen it in other things I, you know like these sundown counties where like if you're black and you're there when the sun goes down um they call it like a sundown town or whatever like if you're there they'll 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 hunt you down and 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 hang you and it's fucking like there's a there's a scene in this that's so tense where they are being followed by a cop and they have to make it across you know the county line and they're before sundown and they're merely seconds before they make it out of the, out of the county. It's for me, I just thought, and then what happens in the forest at the, at the end of this one was just like, what the fuck? This is fucking awesome. I cannot wait to see this journey. Smollett's fucking great in this. Um, I know this, this actor, Jonathan majors, uh, I've seen him in other things. Um, Oh God, what was that movie that I saw? Uh, was it, um, the the last black man in San Francisco. Uh huh. Yeah. He was great in that, but he was also really good. And this wasn't a movie that everybody liked, but it was that John Goodman science fiction movie that came out. I think it was called Captive State that came out oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple years ago. He was in that, and I really liked him in that. I thought he was a badass in that. Um, but I really dig this fucking actor, and, and I fucking loved him in this. Um, Courtney B. Vance always good. I fucking Tupperware this like top to bottom. I thought it was fan fucking tastic. Um, you know, not everything from like the 1950s and shit or whatever is going to be like lean on me or stand by me, you know, with like, you know, four, four little boys going around on an adventure trying to look at a dead body. It's some of it is some of the, some of the shit is, it's, it's some of the shit that happened with the segregated 1950s is fucked up and this does not shy away from it. Some of the posters that are up in this town, I can't fucking believe it. I can't believe that. Uh, at one time in this fucking country, a country that was, you know, founded on these wonderful fucking morals, at one time we had fucking signs up saying like, you know, um, you know, whites only and all this stuff. It's, 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 it's a, it's a constant reminder of like 
how far we've come and then how far we need to fucking go forward because we still have mm-hmm. problems. But man, that, uh, that, that, that aside, this is, <laughs> this is, this is, this is fucking awesome. This is fucking awesome. And just like from dusk till dawn, it gets into some graphic fucking crazy shit with some monsters at the end of this one. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I had a blast with this. Um, Paul, what did you think about? Did you see this, Paul? I did, yeah. What did you yeah. think, man? Lovecraft. Oh country. man, it, it, it's a total Tupperware. I, I think it looks beautiful. Um, all the way it's shot is great, and just the whole the whole episode the whole episode I was so so tense, and it's like it really got into my head. It's like the shit that like actually happened and is still happening today is more scarier than the pretend shit that's happening in the show. And that's just like it, like you hit it perfectly. Like the whole scene of them in the car trying to beat that piece of shit sheriff over the tracks, and then just being stuck with them at the end. Oh, it was so fucking good. Um, but yeah, Journey uh, Smollett. She's I've loved her since uh, I loved her since Friday Night Lights. But it was such a it was such a fun story that just keeps you so hooked, especially with that beginning. Uh, scene where it's just mashing like every type of science fiction horror scene all together. I was just in as soon as that first scene played. I hate so, to I hate to cut you off real quick, but um, it looks like the Batman teaser trailer has leaked online officially. Oh, and so we're going to take a quick break and try to watch this before it gets taken down. And we'll come right back right. and we'll finish our thoughts on Lovecraft Country. All right, we're back. Uh, fuck, are we going to talk about that fucking trailer now? Or like, like what, do we, what do we do? We just saw the fucking Batman trailer. Yeah, up to you. Let's talk about it now. We just fucking saw it. It's fresh on our minds. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay, well, what do you fucking think? We just saw Robert Pattinson in live action as the Batman. We saw... Um, uh, uh, Catwoman. We saw our, our new Catwoman. Um, all I have to say about the trailer, number one is like, I loved the, I, I fucking, the brutality. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like when the guy's like, like, he says something like, you know, who are you supposed to be? Or like, what are you supposed to be? And he just, there's like, you know, there's, there's first, there's no answer. It's just, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And it's literally like fucking like ground and pound. Like I'm just fucking you up right now fucks that guy up and says i'm vengeance i was just like holy shit that's brutal that's fucking brutal fucking insane yeah i really thematically liked the trailer quite a lot i liked that it focused so much on the riddler aspect of it and just kind of it gave us a lot more of the tone that we should expect from the movie looks you know it looks a lot more grounded than the last few batman movies have been kind of more back to the uh nolan-esque version very much so. Very much so. Uh, like Nolan. Oh my God. Looked really cool. Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. Very basic costume. Yeah, especially her mask. It's just like a regular winter's hat. And they show, they show her fighting Batman. And like, I thought, like, if we're going to get her in the trailer, it's just going to be her as Selena Kyle. No, they were like, no, here you go. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Here she is. She's Catwoman. <laughs> oh my god! We didn't get to see any Alfred Alfred in this. We, we definitely heard him. heard him. 
But we did get to see, yeah, I heard him, but we did get to see Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon. Yes. Yeah, quite a lot of them. Like, that was yeah, very much like forgotten. the first part. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. But I had forgotten that uh, Jeffrey Wright was even cast in this movie, so I was excited to see him. Oh, my God. I don't know. I, I Like, yeah, this seems like this seems like grounded and gritty. I'm really... I'm digging it. I'm digging the, I'm digging it from what I've seen so far. I Tupperware the hell out of it, but I was not going to lie. I did. I got a little nervous because just with like all, like it seems very personalized to Batman. I'm like, hope to God this isn't Hush. I hope it's just the Riddler. I hope there's nobody pulling the Riddler strings in this. I, I mean, from all the set pictures that I've seen with the pumpkins and things like that, I think we're getting the long Halloween. Okay, yeah. something which, I, which I'm cool with. Something like, I I would yeah. love a hush, but just not the first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, Paul Dano is the Riddler. I'm it's really great. Yeah, I think that guy's fucking phen- phenomenal. So, yeah, we we heard a lot of him like speaking too, which I thought was really great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just like first riddle there. And just Pattinson with the cowl off and you can see like kind of the black paint on his face and he just looks fucking wrecked. Like, oh, it looks so good. That was awesome. I love just seeing the Riddler's handwriting on that green envelope. Yeah. yeah. That was a nice touch. Yeah. You, know, you remember the one of the first images that came out was the and it dropped, I think, on like 4chan or Reddit, which was the guy who had been, you know, uh um who has whatever the fuck like that bag on his face and it says no more lies. And so we heard the r- rumors that, you know, they're, uh, like, that someone's going around and killing politicians. And so, you know, that's I think that's what we're dealing with here is um, Paul Dano's Riddler is either doing this. Uh, we also know that we're going to get um, John Turturro as Carmine Fal- uh, as Falcone. So there's going to be, you know, gangster influence in this one, too. And Colin um, Farrell as the Penguin. Yeah, but I don't think he's playing a big role in this, from what I've heard. Okay. Oh, Would that wait. be like to set up his character for a subsequent movie, or is that just not a big role? Because I don't really. All I know about Batman is basically what I've absorbed through pop culture osmosis. <laughs> I think I, one of the funniest things I heard is like they're going to reveal at the end of this movie that Colin Farrell's Oswald Cobblepot is actually Johnny Depp or something. <laughs> I think. Please not again. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but, they came out today and said that this is year two Batman officially. Oh, did they? Yeah, okay. so maybe it's possible that a lot of these villains that have bit roles are going to be encounters Batman already had in year one. <laughs> maybe he'll interrogate people that he's already had encounters with. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, with Carmine Falcone, like with the or with the Penguin, I could totally set up like the Emperor Penguin into the next movie as well. I have no idea. Fucking awesome. Yeah, really cool. I like the music choice too. I, it's one of my favorite Nirvana songs. Uh, Something in the way, I believe, was the music choice. I don't know. Couldn't tell. And you. just like the twenty twenty one with the question marks instead of <laughs> yeah, I laughed yeah, at that. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that worked in like multiple ways. Like I, yeah. I'm sure it was initially the design because of the Riddler, but then because of the who knows how well movies are going to be released anytime soon. I thought it worked into that as well. The Batmobile looked fucking cool. 
looked fucking awesome. Oh my God. Yeah, it did look very cool. Just even seeing the, the stuff spewing out the back of the trunk. Oh, we'll talk, we'll talk about DC more. We haven't even gotten to DC. We're going to talk about fandom and all that stuff, guys. Let's get back. I guess we'll get back to Lovecraft Country, um, which I loved. I, I don't know. It's just like one of those fucking things where like fucking Greg sends me a message like, watch this before it gets taken down. It's the fucking Batman teaser. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I got to fucking watch this, man. I've been dying to see Robert Battenson or whatever the fuck we're calling him, you know? Our bats. No, we're not. No one's calling it that. <laughs> he can get involved in that Harry Potter stuff. He's I was, I was thinking like, who is who is she shipping Pattinson to fuck in this movie? I He's Cedric even Diggory. Seen the movie yet. <laughs> Alfred and Batman. So Cedric's not getting any action in the fan fiction. Oh, he is. Don't worry. <laughs> Hopefully, before book four. Well, like. <laughs> Are you talking about them fucking his dead body? Are you talking about them fucking his dead body? Necrophilia? Come on, Brian. (laughs) That's what the post-book four fanfic is about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Don't, yeah, that's, that's a picture of Cedric Diggory dead should be on the don't put your dick in that subreddit. Okay. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) i'm bringing it back everybody i knew that would pay off yeah um so paul you really dug it what what was your rating man of the i'm 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 back to lovecraft country total tupperware total Total tupperware i fucking loved it too man i fucking loved it too melissa what'd you think of lovecraft country oh i i I love it. Complete, complete Tupperware. Uh, you know, Jonathan Majors and Jeremy Swell are both such brilliant actors. And I just really think that a story like this that has so many different layers, like there's all the like interpersonal stuff going on with them. And then there's like the real world horror that they're facing being black people traveling, you know, at this time. And then on top of that, there's like Lovecraftian horror. I just think that there's such a treasure trove of things for these two um, brilliant and beautiful actors to do that I'm just like really excited to see all of the crazy shit that they're going to be able to do on screen in this show. Um, I, and because yeah. I don't love horror the most, I'm excited that there's like other things going on. Cause if like, cause the creatures are awesome and that's great, but that's not the highest stakes situation that they're facing at any given moment. I kind of think, and that really works for me because, like, pure creature horror usually doesn't I, work for me. Yeah. So there's, like, something for everyone. Your internet shit. Don't you? Oh, no. Yeah. Um, as one thing that I was thinking of as I was watching this is, like, you know, like, um, they make, like, these uh, these people, these white people in these towns – they t- they basically make them monsters in the way that they're treating mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. these people, and then I was, and then by the end of it, it was like, oh, you think you're wait, you haven't met monsters yet? Like, well, I mean, they're both monsters, but it's like, and now now they're now they're exposed to real monsters, these these fucking terrible, you know, um, uh, police officers that are portrayed in this, and now they've got to face they've got to face monsters. Um, well, and themselves. when they do face the monsters, they're still. Like, they're still more worried about the black people than the monsters. Yeah. 
like when they're in that shed, they yeah. they are not making the appropriate moves to combat monsters because they're like very much too preoccupied with like their evil agenda that they have. And it's yeah. like you're stupid. Like you have bigger shit going on right now. Oh God, uh, Jake, what did you think about Lovecraft Country? Yeah, this was an absolute Tupperware for me too. I I was a lot like you with this, Brian, where I, I came in not really having seen any previews or trailers for this show and not really knowing thematically what I was getting ready to see. And I I knew it would have ties to like Lovecraft lore, but they kind of make that clear, or at least I thought they made it clear in the first 15 minutes that the ties were the main character Atticus was just a giant fan of his work. And so much that they show that montage that Paul brought up at the beginning where you just kind of see a lot of Lovecraftian stuff just thrown together into some big battle. And I wasn't expecting that kind of thing to bleed over into what was going on in the show. And that was really shocking to me. And like the rest of you have said, like the most tense moment is him trying to get out of that sundown city or the three of them. Yeah. And the second the show lets you breathe from that, is the moment they're introducing all this stuff that I had no idea was even going to happen. So it's like both kinds of horror just stacked up on each other, just boom, boom. And it just goes to show like how dramatic something can be if you don't already have the plot spelled out to you before you watch it. Like this was edgier seat drama slash thriller slash horror. I thought the ending was just fucking amazing. Like I could not, if the second episode would have been available to watch, I would have watched it right then and there. One hundred percent. I cannot wait to see what the fuck is going on in this house or in this place that they found. And, you know, is is his father there? How does the guy know he was going to be there? Just so many questions I want answered already within an hour of television. Um, yeah, this was astounding. Uh, the music in this show um, was fucking amazing too, from the BB King to the live performances that they did. I even liked that they used current music during one of the montages earlier mm-hmm. on in this show. I, I thought lots of really great music choices all around in this show. Absolute Tupperware. Um, another HBO hit. This is a show I will watch week to week and won't be able to let build up. Yeah, but like, how is this doing? As far like, I feel like everything gets fucking compared to Game of Thrones. If it, you know what I mean? Like, if it's not on a Game of Thrones level with HBO, um, but that's one thing HBO is so good about, though. I feel like. They have been pretty good about like not just outright canceling shows, but kind of mm-hmm. like letting them like wrap up on their own. I hope that this is doing good in in the ratings for HBO. I, I don't know. I feel no, like I- something to remember about Game of Thrones is that it really wasn't universally popular the first couple of seasons. Like e- even Game of Thrones, the most popular show on earth, had to like build up an audience. Yeah, it's not the juggernaut that Walking Dead once was, you know. No, it still is. You can we can say whatever the fuck we want to about Walking Dead, but it still pulls in more numbers than most mm-hmm. fucking cable series. Even even now that its audience has been cut probably less than half than what it was when it first started, it's still yeah, fucking. I think huge. this show is going to have a lot in common with the leftovers in that it's mm-hmm. also based off of a novel. There's only one novel. It's going to be 10 episodes for this season. And within those 10 episodes, we're going to get to the end of that novel. So if they do decide to do a season two or do a season three or do more, they're going to have to expand 
and do original material, which not to yeah. say that they couldn't or they wouldn't because the leftovers continued on without a sequel book or any more past the page. And only but, got better. And only got better. Wasn't the leftovers, wasn't that a short story? I could be wrong. No, it's a full-blown novel. Okay. And the the first season does a pretty good job of adapting that novel. Like, it does not really, other than modernizing a few things, it's pretty faithful. Oh, God. That's, uh, Justin Theroux was so good in that fuck, and so was Carrie Coon. I fucking Oh, love. yeah, him him doing the karaoke to the Paul Simon slip sliding away is one of my favorite moments in television of all time. Oh, my God, so good. I love leftovers. Oh man, such Justin Theroux. What a waste to just have him as like the the red plum bloom agent in fucking Star Wars. That second, you know, <laughs> no I mean, one knows how to waste an actors that. like the Star Wars franchise. I mean, can you imagine Justin Theroux showing up in like the Mandalorian season two or three? I would just fucking flip the fuck out. Whatever the character they gave him, I would flip the fuck out. But they just wasted him. He's such a great <laughs> actor. Hey JJ, I, I'm here. I could be on set for a week. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Oh, I got the perfect plan for you, Justin Theroux. <laughs> yeah, and that wasn't it. But it wasn't even JJ's movie. That was Ryan's movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Oh, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> so, pretty uh, bad. Uh, Lovecraft Country, everybody. HBO, HBO Max, 10 episodes. Jump in on this one. It just had its first episode. Episode 2 drops tomorrow when this episode drops. Get in on this one early. It's fucking phenomenal. Watched uh, the first two episodes of the new adult animated uh, show, Hoops. On Netflix, uh, Hoops follows a hot-headed, foul-mouthed high school basketball coach who thinks turning around his god-awful team will take him to the big leagues. And this one stars Jake Johnson um, as the coach, uh, Ron Funches, Cleo King, Natasha Liguero, A.D. Miles, and Rob Riggle. Um, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I didn't like this show until like the last 10 minutes of the first episode and then yeah. and then i kind of was like i was kind of like yeah kind of I, I it was when they started introducing the the the, the young kids on the team <laughs> and I, I just kind of got a kick out of these young kids i can't remember what episode it was but they they're all they, they oh i think it was the second episode and uh th this team is fucking terrible and the coach knows it um, they're, they're awful. And they try to recruit one of the kids at the school. He's like 16 years old, but he's seven foot tall. He's a seven footer. And you can't teach size in basketball. Everybody says that. You can't teach size. I mean, that's why there's, you know, seven footers in basketball. They don't even have to be that good sometimes. They just, they just get, they get drafted because they, you can't teach size. Um, and so they get this kid to be on the team. Second episode, he's on the team and they're having like a, they're trying to have the team bond with this kid because he, apparently they think that he thinks that he's better than they are just because he's tall. Um, and, uh, they're going to get fucked up together. And I guess they're going to, they're, they're going to, they're going to drink this small little bottle of vodka. And they heard that, that, that the best way, if you have a small amount of vodka, the best way to do it is to fucking, 
uh, put it is to uh, do it with tampons, and they they fuck it up. They just shove tampons up their asses, and they drink the vodka instead of fucking putting the the vodka on. So you've got like these little these teenage boys with tampons, these strings hanging out of their assholes. I, I just thought it was really funny, and um, I, I I'm. I'm actually digging this series a lot more once I got past like a lot of the shit that they had to get through in the first 20 minutes of the first episode. Um, the more I get into it, the more I kind of like, cause I thought Jake Johnson's character and I love Jake Johnson. I love him in new girl. Um, and I love, I, I love that guy, but I thought his character in this was just annoying as fuck when I first started watching it. Kind of like when people first listen to an episode of PCL, they hate me. And so, like, it's, I get it. I get it. No, I totally get it. Um, so, like, that's how I felt about Jake Johnson in this. He was just, like, cursing and just, like, over the top and just like me, cursing and over the top. And I just was like, okay, th- this is what they're doing with this show. There's, this is not, this is not Rick and Morty. This is not Solar Opposites. There's nothing. This is not Big Mouth. This is just stupid. And the more you got into it, the more you got to know these characters. And he starts to he when he's recruiting the seven footer. The seven footer wants to like have sex with a woman, so he's like, okay, uh, in order because he's gonna lose his he's gonna lose his job if they don't start winning, and so he's gonna he's gonna go out and he's gonna recruit the seven footer by getting a woman to have sex with them, and so he gets money from the kids on the team. He's got to get five hundred dollars so they can hire a prostitute to have sex with this seven foot tall 16 year old kid to get him on the team and you know he ends up getting busted by the police it's just a ridiculous scenario all around and his best friend is fucking his wife but (laughs) it's his ex-wife because he hasn't signed the divorce papers and his father was an ex-basketball nba pro who like looks down on him there's a lot of stuff that go into this and when he first tries to get the 16 year old seven foot kid to fucking join the team he offers him 85 bucks and a first generation ipad that has the movie little man tate on it and (laughs) and throughout the first episode there's tons of references to little man tate a movie from 1991 starring jodie foster that i have never seen but i have not I have never wanted to watch this more than after watching this fucking show hoops on Netflix. I'm two episodes in. I just didn't have time for more, but I'm going to give it a high taste it. And I plan on continuing watching this one. Paul, I know you watched the, at least the first episode. What did you think of hoops? I got the first three episodes. in. so what's really funny is I was making my Google classroom and I'm literally putting Jake Johnson's voicemail that that he sent to my class last year for all that shit. And then I turned this on and it's just as a teacher, I was so fucking stressed out the way this guy was acting and talking in front of kids. And I felt the same way you did at first. I'm like, okay, they're trying way too hard. So I actually turned it off because I just couldn't get into it. And then I wanted to give another try. And as soon as they actually introduced the kids and that seven foot mat that he got a prostitute with, yeah, to fucking to have sex with him, and like just his whole thing of like how he bought him a Magnum condom because he could still have a small dick, but since he's seven feet, 
he could probably still use a magnum. Just like stupid shit like that. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a high taste set. I want to keep watching it because it just goes so batshit crazy. Like in the second episode when he steals a different old man to make his ex-wife jealous that yeah. he's, hanging out, he's hanging out with her dad. And she's and she's like, that's not my dad. Oh my god. And when he's telling like when when he's yelling at like at his best friend, he's like, she's cheating on us. <laughs> uh, Melissa, did you you're laughing. Did you watch this? Yeah, I watched four episodes of it. Oh my god. Um, I I also super, super, super love Jake Johnson. Um, he did a movie for Netflix called Win It All that I recommend if you haven't seen it also. Uh, but I, before I started this show, or I guess even before it came out, he did an interview on the podcast called The Watch where he talked about this show. And he talked about how he based his character on, like, his uncles because he's from Chicago. And so the, like, stereotypical, like, Chicago middle-aged men is, like, who his uncles are. So he was talking about how the first time he ever had, like, a, like, tears in your eyes, like, uncontrollable, like, laughter situation was, like, at Christmas or Thanksgiving or some family gathering where his uncles were, like, he, and this is him describing his uncles, not me. He was, like, they're, you know, drunk and fat and sweaty and, like, screaming and and all these like inappropriate stories and jokes and like he remembers how funny it was and like his grandma and his mom being like not in front of the kids and that's what he based this character off of and like thinking about <laughs> that makes it even funnier to me <laughs> I was telling my mom about the show and I'm like okay so it's Jake Johnson our beloved Nick Miller from New Girl but he's like an angry foul mouthed basketball coach and so he's always screaming at these kids but the team still sucks yeah. and even my mom cracked up laughing <laughs> so like this concept is like universally hilarious apparently but yeah I mean I'm right there with you guys I don't think that every joke lands, but some of them had me cracking up. Let me like talk. Let me talk. Episode, let me talk about one real quick. When yes. when they're okay. So basically, his job is getting evaluated by the school board. The school board's going to be there to watch like this team, and if this team loses, he's likely going to lose his job. So they recruit the seven footer. The game starts. The seven footer of course, wins the tip, he immediately calls a timeout, immediately calls a timeout, and then runs up and down the court yelling, fuck you to everybody who didn't believe in him, and goes up to the school board with middle fingers like he's fucking Kid Rock, and like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, we won the tip, we've never won a tip, fuck all of you, nobody believed in me, blah, 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 he immediately gets thrown out of the game, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a double technical, he immediately gets thrown out of the game, it is, it is, it is pretty fucking hilarious, so yeah. Oh my god, when, when he's asked students in his class to, to pretty much sleep with the seven foot uh, basketball <laughs> player. Would, would oh. any of you guys date Maddie? <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so inappropriate. It's he so would be like in prison eight times yes, over. Yes, it's a, it's like it's like a show that realizes that 
there should be repercussions for his actions, but they really don't affect him at all. So <laughs> he gets arrested for soliciting a prostitute and he comes back to work like that day. <laughs> Um, he goes on this rant about, <laughs> um, autoerotic asphyxiation in the fourth episode, I think, and he's like, I don't understand how it's masturbation, but it is. Look it up. Weirdest thing I've ever fucking heard of. Oh my god, like, in the third episode, I almost died because he's trying to get dirt on another teacher, and the teacher's like, yeah, well, if you give me five million dollars or something, and then the next scene, he comes back with the prostitute, he goes, all right, give him a five million dollar blowjob. So, that teacher in that episode is played by Max Greenfield, which is Schmidt from New Girl, so that's a little New Girl reunion for everybody. I love Max. I... Oh, Me too. God. Oh my God. I, you know what? I loved New Girl so much. And then they got that, the last season where they did like the time jump. I watched the first episode and I said, fuck this. And I've never gone back to it. I know. I've heard you say that before, but I personally liked that last season. I think that they do a really good job of, um, like, I see, and the thing is, is like it is cheesy, but it's the last season, so they're doing all of these like kind of cheesy jokes, but they're all like very much in character, and it was it was pretty endearing to me. That's a show, just like Parks and Recreation, kind of that got like two finales because they thought that they were maybe done, and then got a bonus season. Mm. You know what show I fucking miss? It went three seasons and got canceled, and I fucking loved it. Happy endings. I I was about to be like, please say happy ending. You better fucking believe <laughs> I'm going to say happy endings. That show. Oh my god, I fucking loved happy endings. So fucking. Did you watch their um? They did like a quarantine Zoom reunion. I heard. I did not see it. Uh, me either. Is it? Is it? <laughs> is it? Oh, I was going to ask you if it was worth watching. We don't know. don't know. They were talking about possibly bringing it back for a fourth season at I one time. Wish I. That show. So uh, She's like, I eat ribs when I get drunk. I'm like, same girl. Me too. <laughs> me for, for me, it's almost, it's almost at the same level as like one of those shows that I think like, like Arrested Development that I thought that they should bring back, you know, like a revival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But probably never going to see that cast was amazing on Happy Ending. I don't know where you can stream it, but I highly recommend it. Highly I recommend it. Probably somewhere. Maybe Hulu. Yeah, maybe Hulu. Happy endings, people. Give it a watch. Hoops, also give it a fucking watch. Jake, did you watch any hoops? I did not. You son of a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Jake, did you, did you watch, did you watch any hang time when you were a kid? The NBC show? Hang time? Hang time. No, we talked about it before. I had no idea the show even existed until we talked about it on a previous episode. Was it, was it, I, was it Shanks? It was Kevin Shanks talking about it. It was Kevin Shanks. Yeah, because we had Stephanie Chapman, two of my favorite guests, Stephanie Chapman, Kevin Shanks. Gotta get them on an episode together. I think it'd be magical, Jake. I think it would be magical. But man, uh, Stephanie Chapman talked about California Dreams and then we had uh, Kevin Shanks talking about Hang Time. Hang Time! (laughs) <laughs> Laying it on the line. Me and my friends at hang time. Really theme song? Yeah, something like that, man. Hang time. Hanging together. <laughs> hang time. Laying it on the line. Hang time. Something like that. Yeah. Me and my friends at hang time. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I've, <laughs> 
I've been <laughs> I've been I've been listening to um I've been listening to the Save by the Bell podcast. I, it the first first it sounds sometimes it sounds a little rehearsed and canned, but I do like it when uh Mark Paul Gosseler uh, and it's called Zach to the Future when he calls up one of the former cast members and they just talk about um, the episodes. I also like it when Mark Paul talks about like if he does remember something that was happening on the set or a certain prop that they used and he kind of like gets into a story about it. I really enjoy that kind of stuff. And then the other podcast, I've talked about it before, but I highly recommend Smartless. I haven't talked about it on the podcast. Smartless, and it's uh, Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and what's the dude from Will and Grace? What's his name? Sean something or other? Sean Hayes? Yeah, Sean Hayes what? is on that one, too. It's called Smartless, and it's Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and Sean Hayes, and they get a different guest on. One of them gets a guest. Yeah, I'm plugging another podcast. Why not? Why not? I, I don't care. I don't, it's a better podcast than the one you're listening to. It really is. I truly is. cannot believe that this exists. It totally and I exists. Did not know about it. It's fucking amazing. Smartless, and the I think like who's the first guest? Well, they had Seth Rogen on last time. He was fantastic. No, no, they had uh, um, uh, Kamala Harris on. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, but the, before that, it was Seth. All my interest. It was, it was Seth. It was Seth Rogen. Then they had Neil deGrasse Tyson, and then uh, the, they had uh, Melissa McCarthy, and uh, I can't remember the first guest. I'm blanking, but man, I, Smartless is really good. Really good podcast. I don't know why you're listening to this one. You should hit stop right now and either watch the movie Little Man Tate or or watch uh, listen to Smartless. Yeah, I just subscribed. To Little Man Tate, you got it? No, it's smart list. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's, oh, I it's. Lo- I kept looking up smart list, I thought you were saying, but it's, it's one word smart less. Yeah, smart less. It's one word yeah. smart less. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Watched, uh, watched the, fr- I watched the first three episodes of High Score on Netflix. High Score features interviews and segments around the creation and development of video games in the 1980s and 1990s. A uh, couple of facts here. The theme song of the show is by the Australian band Power Glove. Nice. Second fact, the series is narrated by Charles Martinet, who is the voice actor for Mario. Oh, no That's shit. Cool. Now, Those opening credits were awesome. I love the opening credits. Um, but, yeah, that was my little uh, the more you know moment, and now you know. So... I've watched the first three episodes. Jake, I know you've watched a little bit of this. Paul, did you get a chance to see any? Yeah, I watched the first three episodes as well. Melissa, did you get a chance? Melissa. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was on mute, but no, I didn't. (laughs) Oh, man. Jake, I knew she wouldn't watch the video game content. Melissa just doesn't seem like a video game girl. I'm really not. You know, you, no, you're, you know, you're enhancing that stereotype that girls don't play video games. Um, okay. It's a bullshit stereotype. <laughs> like, I can't really argue with that because I no, don't, I don't necessarily think it's because I'm a girl. It's just like who I am as a person. I get it. I get, no, there are so many, there are, there's fucking women producers on this fucking show for crying out loud. And there's so many women that are involved in this fucking, uh, series. 
And, uh, yeah, guys, women love video games. It's fucking crazy. I know. It's fucking crazy. Jake, we fucking, we promoted a Kickstarter, which was a documentary about women in gaming at one time on this fucking show. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I really think if people are out here thinking that girls don't play video games, it's because they've never had, like, a girl be willing to play a video game with them, which is more of a personal problem. <laughs> Oh my god! I, by the end of this fucking episode, I guarantee Melissa is going to be shipping Mario and Luigi. They're going to be fucking each other. Damn, <laughs> Mario's Mario Mario's going to be shoving a mushroom up Luigi's Man, asshole. Aren't they brothers, I have such a strong brand. This is not great. <laughs> Jake, when has when has two brothers fucking each other ever stopped anything on Pornhub? Yeah, I mean, it's all, okay, apparently it's fine with girls. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, I saw, I watched the first three episodes. Um, I'm really digging this fucking show, man. I'm really digging it. Like the first episode really got into like, uh, you know, the 1970s and the, the eighties and, and, um, you know, space invaders even got in, you know, got into some of the best games. It got into arcades. It got into the worst game from Howard Scott Warshaw, the developer of E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Um, there's a whole documentary about that one, uh, where they buried those games that didn't sell out in the desert in New Mexico. Second episode, uh, gets into the Nintendo Entertainment System, like the creation of, uh, Mario and Donkey Kong and uh all things Nintendo and then the third episode that I watched was more of uh getting into like the um the the, the starting of like role playing games and like you know uh building the world of like Final Fantasy but uh you know where did that come from where where did where did these RPG games come from and they talked to the um the guy that created the Ultima series and I I remember Ultima. I remember. Mm -hmm. I remember. I remember when Ultima back in like what was it, nineteen ninety six or seven, became uh, ninety seven. I think it was Ultima Online, which was like before that there were before there was like EverQuest. There was Ultima Online where you would get on and on, play online against people, and um, and this got into the Final Fantasy series. Also got into this. I never heard of this game. It's an LGBT game. Uh, it's an RPG called Gay Blade, which. That that game sounded amazing and fun. But <laughs> yeah, it did. I remember getting on local bulletin boards and playing. Like they talked about these role playing games where it was just like word based. And yeah, we called them muds when I was growing up. Well, I used to play them on local bulletin boards. Like back in the day, like someone would host like a lo local bulletin board, and like people in your area would jump on to the local bulletin board you could either chat and they had games and i i would play a couple of rpgs one was called the red dragon and you would go out into the forest and you would fight different creatures and get gold and stuff like that and upgrade your armor but it was all word based there was no pictures or anything and you could only play like a certain uh, amount of time on it before you had to wait for the next day uh, i would also play usurper which i loved usurper and then there was this one fucking game. It was an RPG, and you could only play it on this one bulletin board. And it was called Barney Stoned or something. And oh you gosh. you were you were one of the kids in the world of Barney, the fucking purple dinosaur. And you would try to you would introduce drugs to the kids on the show and Baby Bop and. 
and and you would try to get them as stoned as possible but without like overdosing them so like if you killed one of them they would die and then <laughs> game over your game was over so you would <laughs> oh, Jesus. but like but like if the harder drugs that you gave them like the harder drugs that you gave them, if they fucking lived, you would like score massive points. So if you got baby bop to get on heroin and she didn't die, you would score massive fucking points. But you had to like build up a tolerance first. Like um, you had to like maybe start her off on a couple joints and then maybe have her, you know, try a little bit of like uh, LSD and then try to get her hooked on. But if you hit her with too much shit, she would fucking overdose and die. Um, All right, baby bop. We're starting with the crack. Yeah, yeah. And then she's dead. She's dead, and your game's over. And you got to wait till the next day to fucking get these kids stoned, dude. Hold this, hold this tiny spoon, baby bop. Fuck, dude. It was, dude. That game was fucking fun as hell. But it was, it was all word based, man. It was so fun. But like, this goes into like those word based RPGs all the way to like where we are now with like some of these Final Fantasy games that are coming out and Skyrim and shit like that. Um, Paul, what'd you think about this? Oh, this is a total Tupperware. Um, when I was getting into it, I thought it was going to be, I thought they were going to maybe do it like, um, movies that made us or like, uh, stuff like that where they're yeah. focused on one game, but like they get into every aspect of the gaming community. Like when you're talking about, guys at MIT that were just buying arcades and putting them like in a room and how that kind of helped change the industry and just so much stuff that I learned and thought was so much fun. Like I had no idea that, you know, you could call a Nintendo hotline and have somebody walk you through like a level that was giving you a hard time and kind of the pressures that these people on those hotlines were under. Uh, it was so fascinating. And, you know, now with like, Mario kind of really being back in the spotlight like you know my son's addicted uh to Super Mario Odyssey so it's it's kind of fun seeing the roots of all that and just like the dude taking you through how he made the sounds for Donkey Kong even like the steps that Mario took it was just it was completely fascinating on like how they're presenting all this information and a really fun way. So yeah, it's a total Tupperware. Yeah, the fucking the 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 hotline. The uh, I didn't have enough money to fucking call it. I, I had like Nintendo Power. That's how I got like all my tips. But yeah, that magazine's awesome. Yeah, um, but I remember the fucking Nintendo hotline, and um, and I remember like the, I remember oh, there was Game Pro, and I actually on vacation one one year went to this amazing arcade. And met a guy that worked for Game Pro magazine and I watched him play Golden Axe and beat it on one fucking quarter. And it was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. In my, yeah. It was Jesus. the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my fucking life. I'm just like sitting around watching this guy beat Golden Axe on one quarter and I was just fucking amazed. Like, how, is this fucking possible? And he started telling me that he worked for Game Pro magazine. And of course, like, I subscribed to Game Pro, Electronic Gaming Monthly. Like, you know, I lived... Oh, that was that was my magazine right there. Yeah, I lived off both of those magazines. Like, oh, Jesus, I probably still have some of those somewhere in in in, um, in uh, paper bags, like, just, like, sitting around somewhere that I could pull out. But, 
Um, yeah, the Nintendo shit was fucking incredible. I loved how they really got into like the guy that designed Mario and talking about him. And I don't know, Jake, I know you watched a little bit of this. I don't know how, how far you got into it. I watched it. all of this. Wow. I, I, I just couldn't help myself. It was like, I tried to just watch one episode of this, one episode of that, so I can, you know, watch some other things. But I watched one episode of this, and then was like, eh, six episodes, I'm going to watch them. And just, I watched all six in one sitting. Yeah. Uh, this was an absolute Tupperware for me. Um, I echo a lot of the stuff you guys are saying. Um, they're short episodes, right? They're like anywhere from 40 to 60 minutes. And they just cram so much stuff in these episodes, just kind of based around loose topics. And, you know... Obviously, they omit some information, but they really do tell you a lot of cool stuff. I thought some of the highlights were seeing the old Nintendo World Championships and talking to the people that were involved in those. Yeah. Um, when you get to the Sega Nintendo War episode. That's the next that, one. That's the fucking next one that they teased after episode three. That one's really good because, I mean, really, their boardroom strategy was beat Nintendo. Like, at the point, Nintendo had 95 I remember the fucking share. commercials, and they would show you how slow Mario was and then how fast oh, Sonic yeah. was. Yeah, and they go through all that, and they, and they talk about how he was laughed out of the building practically in Japan for having those ideas, you know, to really do up the sports games, to actually slam Nintendo. Did you see the – hold that. on. Did you see this, this Sonic – it's it's a Sonic the Hedgehog energy powder that you can make your own drinks at home now. They've got like a collection. Yes, 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 I have seen that. <laughs> what the what the fuck? What a shitty, what a shady tie-in. <laughs> um, the episode after that, Brian, you're gonna love. It's all about fighting games, and it heavily focuses on the two granddaddies from our childhood, which are Street Fighter Two and Mortal Kombat. Yeah, do they get into um, Streets it, of Rage and Pit Fighter? And not really. Uh, it's it's really mostly about those two games, and then it leads into all the um, fallout that came from the violence of Mortal Kombat, oh, yeah. and Night Trap, and the, the Senate hearings that happened because of video games. Um, yeah, really cool fucking stuff. I loved the phone counselor stuff. That was fucking hilarious. Uh, seeing the the video with the jacket and the mullet and <laughs> oh, I was just rolling. I and just tons of really interesting just factoids that I mean I consider myself pretty knowledgeable when it comes to Nintendo trivia, but there was stuff here that I had never known. Um, one of the most fascinating things I thought was finding out that the character Kirby was named after the lawyer that John Kirby. saved Nintendo. Yeah, John Kirby. They were being sued by Universal over Donkey Kong being too similar to Universal's King Kong. Yeah. And it was because of John Kirby's research and persistence that they won this court case. And Nintendo didn't have to pay out, I think it was $15 million and it would have sunk the company. Yeah. And in, in honor of Kirby basically saving Nintendo, they created and named the character Kirby after him. And I mean, that's one of the most like legacy characters to this day that mm -hmm. Nintendo owns. So I thought that was really cool. You could even kind of see, like, obviously it's not like Pixar shit where you can like see the, that they really put the actor in there, but there was definitely, you could see some similarities between video game Kirby and John Kirby, the lawyer. And I thought that was really adorable, Yeah, but yeah, this was, this was a great show. I watched it so fast that it's one of those things I feel like in six months, I'll just put it on for comfort TV. I'm like, oh, I just want to have something that I really enjoy on in the background. I just loved a lot of these games. I just hadn't thought of or seen in so long. And it was just crazy to see that. Um, 
I'm one of the biggest Final Fantasy fans ever, too. And the fact that they devoted like a whole five minute segment to the original character designer of Final Fantasy. Yeah. And we got to see him doing a lot of his paintings and stuff. That fucking gave me a giant boner. Dude. I fucking loved that whole part. I remember I remember playing and I'm sure you do, too. I remember I remember playing fucking like, of course, Final Fantasy, the original Final Fantasy on the Nintendo Entertainment System. But then I also remember like jumping into like Dragon Warrior and shit, you know, and playing those RPGs and having a blast with them. So, yeah, it, what a really cool show, and, and they just did such a good job tackling so much information uh, and condensing it into like such bite-sized programming, very much in the vein of the toys that made us and the movies that made us. I love the but, Nintendo World Championship footage that they gave us. Oh yeah, I had oh, a friend whose brother was in the Nintendo World Championship, and he had that cartridge. Did he have actually played that cartridge. Did like he that. have the gold one, or did he have the, the legit crappy white one with the sticker on it? His was not gold. Like the, It was not like a gold Zelda cart. Yeah. Because I, I remember playing the Get the Coins RC Pro-Am it's like the, Tetris it's, cart. It's, it's the fucking, the, the, the legit one. It looks cheap. It looks cheaper than the gold one, but that one is like the rarest one you can find, and it's it, it's like one of the rarest video games that you can find, and it's like worth a shit fuck ton of money. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was back in like 93, 94 when I'm playing this, like when his brother was in it, got the cart. And this was probably months after that had happened that I was playing the cart. Lord mm-hmm. knows they probably don't have it anymore, you know? Yeah. I don't think they – we didn't revere the cart like it's revered now back then. Oh, I yeah. There's like a – I think there's a whole episode of like the Angry Video Game Nerd where he talks about it. I love that. Yeah, have you hey, – Paul, you ever watched the Angry Video Game Nerd? I have not. Oh no. God! Get up! Get up! It's it's all on Amazon. People watch Angry Video Game Nerd. He is so fucking hilarious, and he basically talks about some of the shitty Nintendo games that just frustrated players. And he gets he drinks Rolling Rock, which I'm drinking right now. He drinks <laughs> ro- he drinks Rolling Rock, and he just fucking like bitches about these games. And it is so funny. He does it in such a funny way. Angry Video Game Nerd, Amazon or YouTube people. Yeah, that shit is funny. There's a great segment they do on Night Trap that I can't wait for you guys to see where they they actually talk to the creator of Night Trap. <sighs> oh my and god! You kind of find out what his like his directives were, and it kind of makes a lot more sense. You see what happened, like what he brought to the studio, the directives that the studio gave to him afterwards, what he was told he can and can't do. Is kind of how you ended up with the cult classic campy mess that we ended up with. Well, that movie features young Dana Plato from Different Strokes. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, they do bring that up. Yeah. Um, I rented it, but I, I rented it, but I never owned it. I did own Sewer Shark and Ground Zero Texas, which were basically like live action video game based games that came out for the Sega CD. Yeah, I played both extensively. Also never owned, but rented plenty. I owned both Super Shark and Ground Zero Texas. I loved my Sega CD. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sega CD was fucking sweet. And Sega well. Sonic was my favorite fucking Sonic game. So Sonic CD? Oh, Sonic CD, excuse me. Yeah, that was my favorite Sonic. That was a good one. Yeah, the Sega CD was like a must-have. If you had a Genesis, you wanted that add-on. Yeah. Uh, I watched, I don't know if anybody else watched this one, The Sleepover on Netflix? Mm-mm. Yes. Melissa, are you... I did not watch you did that, not. but I saw a very article 
like name about it. What you saw? What which was what? If, I saw like an article about that movie. that yeah. was like what if Spy Kids but stupid? <laughs> <laughs> when when two siblings discover their seemingly normal mom is a former thief in witness protection who has been forced to pull one last job, they team up to rescue her over the course of an action packed night. Uh, it stars, uh, child actors Sadie Stanley as Clancy. Uh, the young boy is, uh, Maxwell Simpkins as Kevin. And, uh, this little boy looks like the love child of Chris Farley and Sean Astin. Like, if those, <laughs> he does. Like, if Chris, if Chris Farley, if we're, if we're shipping two actors and they could have a baby, Chris Farley and Sean Astin's, their kid, their kid would be Maxwell Simpkins. Um, <laughs> Ken Marino from the State and Children's Hospital and Malin Ackerman of the of uh, Children's Hospital are also in this. Joe Manganiello is in this, and then Eric Griffin. Uh, he, uh, you'll remember him as Montez from Workaholics. If you watched Workaholics, which I did, I watched every fucking season. Love the Workaholics on Comedy Central. Um, but uh, it's it's a fucking kids movie. It's, it's, but, and it's not a great one either. It's like, it's an adventure movie with kids. I can see if you're a child watching this, maybe you'll love it. But for me, it's like, you know, I think the eighties kind of set these, uh, uh, set the bar really fucking high for, uh, kids going on adventures. And I'm talking about movies like Goonies and the adventures in babysitting, just kind of mm-hmm. like, and I don't know if I'm looking at those movies with nostalgia glasses on, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. This doesn't even touch it. I will give this movie just a solid taste it. It's fine. I got through this one. It's not the tax collector. I didn't have to shut it off 23 <laughs> minutes early. It's fine. It's just a kid's movie. You've got the mom played by uh, Malin Ackerman. Uh, she was also in Watchmen. But, like, she was once a, um, you know, um, uh, kind of like a, a thief, thief. A thief. And she's she's well-trained in fighting and, and stuff like that. And she was put in the witness protection program. And uh, now her family is finding out about her former life. And she's not really um, this – this her, her real name is Matilda and not Margo or whatever the fuck. I, I can't remember. But um, uh, it, it was fine. What, what did you think about this one, Paul? Uh, I, I mean, it's – I guess I'd say it's a, you know – it's a taste it, but this isn't for me at all. Like, I mean, it's a, I don't even know if my kids would really be into this. It just gets a little weird. And I love Ken Marino. I loved him from that, um, God, that TV show about catering. Um, oh, it was I, called party down party down. He was also in yeah. the state. He was in children's hospital. Uh, he was in the second season of Reaper. I fucking love Ken Marino. Yeah, he's. Uh, I just saw him in Brooklyn Nine Nine. He had like about a six episode arc. Is just fucking hilarious. But I mean, like, I, I I see what they're doing, but I'm just not the I'm not the target audience for this one. I think there was some fun scenes, and you know, like they go on a little fun adventure. But yeah, at the end of the day, I'm never gonna rewatch this. Uh, yeah, so I'm just gonna taste it. It's made. It's- Spy Kids is better. Oh yeah, Spy Kids is awesome. Spy Kids fucking rules. Spy Kids, I would love to see that quote on the Blu-ray. Spy Kids fucking rules, Melissa (laughs) Slaughter. Spy Kids. 
How's that? Spike gets fucking rules. <laughs> Shark boy and lava girl fucking kicks ass. I don't know. I've never seen get there. I've I've never seen Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah, so that was uh that what the fuck was this movie called? The Sleepover. Ah, the Sleepover. Yeah. I guess uh I don't know. If you're a fucking adult, don't watch it. <laughs> 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 that game alone makes you think it's a horror movie. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. It it is in a way because <laughs> it's not that good. Uh, it's a ta- I give it a taste because it it's just a kids movie. You know what I mean? Like that's what they they just made a movie for kids. And as a kids movie, I think it's it's fine, but it's not like it's not the level. If you're comparing it to like Adventures in Babysitting or The Goonies or you know anything or even like ET, it just doesn't it just does not compare. Like those movies are just so much better. And two of those fucking movies I named they're Spielberg movies for crying and, out loud. And I feel like these kid actors were a little too young for some of the, like the sexual jokes they were trying to get across. Like. He was so excited that that girl was on his back because he felt her boob on his back. I'm like, dude, man, you look like you just got out of fucking kindergarten. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> dude, if you're watching the Goonies, when you're watching the Goonies and they break that statue and they glue it with the dick pointed up yeah. at his face and he's like he, – they're talking about David pissing in his face. Like, that, that was funny. <laughs> Well, yeah, but like that was a statue. This is like an actual other girl. It just it just felt a little weird that part at least where they're getting all horny and they could be like students in my kindergarten class. It's fucking weird. Dude, kids get horny. <laughs> <laughs> I was dude, I was a I was a child once. I was a child once and as a child I got horny. I didn't know how why I was getting horny. I don't I didn't know what was I didn't know what was going on with my dick in a hot bathtub, but something was happening. Yeah, but I also don't think this was happening when you were like in 4-year-old kindergarten either, man. I don't know if these these kids weren't in fucking kindergarten. I just they look they didn't look that old. They didn't look like they were in fucking kindergarten. They were in first grade. They didn't look like they were in first grade. <laughs> they look like they were in first grade, man. These kids look I like how that was Paul submitted. Fine, first grade. They, yeah, they look like, <laughs> you, got, you got me there. These kids looked like they were like 11 or 12, and by the age of 12 I'm rubbing my dick on the carpet, and I don't know why. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I guess I wouldn't know what grade school kids look like now. Fucking that bumpy bus ride, and I got a hard on, and now I got to cover it up with, like, a fucking, like, my backpack. Why don't you have your backpack on your back? Oh, it's because my, because I got a fucking 12-year-old hard on right now. That's why. These kids did not look like they were 12. I cannot believe I'm trying to argue this. Dude, I don't even, <laughs> dude, I don't, I don't know. This is one of the stranger PCL arguments. I'm tapping out right now. They look like they're 14. You win. <laughs> I don't know how fucking old, I don't know how old these kids are. I don't look, I don't, I'm not fucking Mike Raper over here. I don't know. Hey <laughs> man, being an elementary school teacher, they looked a little younger than just saying. Uh, you would be the authority then, Paul. I'd like to thank Mike Raper for his service. <laughs> I would not like to think we're at that moment in time. <laughs> oh my god, is this the last episode Mike listens to? Yeah. Mike, no, I'm, no way. Mike, no I'm, way. dude, I'm so sorry, man. I mean, I, dude, I'm so sorry. Please don't hold it against me. 
Don't hold it against me. I'm a terrible human being. You know? I'm just a piece of shit. I have a, I have a living piece of shit. He's either never listening again or a certified listener for life with yeah, this one, I think. That's true. That's it's true. one extreme or the other is happening here. Yeah. I cannot wait to see that person on Twitter that like takes the episode and puts like pictures at, like out of context. Oh, that's a- try to make a picture of Mike Raper involved in this episode. It's just going to be like a flesh body and a big blur on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even going to say what I was going to say. There's, like you don't even want to know. This is the second time this episode, whatever joke you were going to say, it was just too bad. I can't. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I, I, my brain goes to some fucking dark places, and I just can't see some of the Sounds like it would have been hilarious. Oh no, it would not. <laughs> <laughs> it would not. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh my god melissa is quiet as the church mass on this one i you know what i mean she's just like no i'm not jumping in until we start when can we start talking about that fucking brian cranston gorilla movie huh huh that's what, that's what she's saying she's saying she's like she's like no, 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 no. there are certain lines of comedy i just do not go in for i oh i know i know i get it i get it you know <laughs> or just bringing up Michael Raper after talking about kid actors. I don't like. Sure. Yeah, I don't like to. I don't, yeah, I don't like to play it safe though. You know, sometimes you know, I don't have the. I don't have the. I don't have the kid gloves on for this for this episode. You know, you guys can bow out of some certain topics and and things that we bring up, but I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna keep them going. <laughs> this ain't no spy kids. Jake, you are a man of integrity. <laughs> Jake, Jake can try to deter us with like you know Mike Rapper. He's good on the mic. <laughs> and I'm like, no, dude, no, dude. He. <laughs> I tried, y'all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> young MC. Young MC. <laughs> MC Hammer. No, his last name. Is a terrible act. A terrible act. <laughs> it's a terrible. <laughs> you'll do. Hey, you'll do some fucking time with the, with his last name. You know what I'm saying? Now I feel like there needs to be a character with this name in the show. Hoops. They would just. They would eat that up. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Just listen to how quiet Melissa is. She's, she, she, it's, she's like waiting for the storm to pass. You know what I mean? She's like, she's like, she's like, in, in, in Illinois, we get, we get tornadoes and every once in a while people will drive under an underpass to wait for the tornado to pass them by, uh, for safety. That's what she's doing right now. She's, uh, she's under the underpass of this episode and the content that we are talking about currently. Yep. You're just waiting for this to pass over. Well, because the problem is, I'm either it's either I'm too real and I'm telling you guys not to make these jokes, or I say something that I'll never be able to live down. And either one of those is an unacceptable outcome. It is. <laughs> so it is. I'm just the, biding my time. <laughs> the, fir- the first one. The, no, I. I'm. But I like to point it out to make you uncomfortable. Oh, I'm good. 
<laughs> I like to point out your lack of participation to make you a little uncomfortable in this one. But it, that's a smart way to look at it because if you do say you guys shouldn't be talking about this, you know damn well we don't think that there's any funny in the Absolutely. actual act of yes. yes. I do not feel like I need to police your conversation. I also don't feel like I need to participate. Yeah. <laughs> no, that just you know what you know what that makes you a a normal Smart? a normal human being. <laughs> That makes you a normal person. But here on the flip side, here I am saying all these horrible things, but they're also on the flip side of that. Here I am driving along and I see a baby deer. Oh my God, you're gorgeous. (laughs) Right. You know, I, that I like, seriously, that is me like that. Like, I mean, I would like it to be known that if I felt that you guys were like making any of these jokes in bad faith, I would say something mm. <laughs> like I'm not just yeah. going to let people yeah. make these jokes and like actually like believe any bad shit. I don't know. <laughs> just oh, let me man. be quiet. Sounds like we're going to get quite quite the lecture is coming to us on birth. No, no, no. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> like, let me mind my business. <laughs> oh, my God. Like what if what? No. What if Mike Raper comes down on us? Oh, oh. <laughs> is that an innuendo? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he would do. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's his MO. <laughs> 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 Classic Mike. <laughs> oh man. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about a Disney Plus movie that came out this week. <laughs> Great segue. This one. <laughs> this one is called The One and Only Ivan. And it's based on the true story of a uniquely talented gorilla and the other animals who share a communal habitat at a suburban shopping mall. The one and only Ivan is an unforgettable tale about the beauty of friendship, the power of visualization, and the significance of the place we call home. It's directed by Thea Sherrick from a screenplay from Mike White. It's based on the children's novel of the same name by K.A. Applegate, and it stars the voices of Sam Rockwell as Ivan. Uh, we also got Angelina Jolie, Danny DeVito, Helen Mirren, Brooklyn Prince, uh, Chaka Khan, Ron Funches, Philippa Sue, and Mike White, with uh, human characters portrayed by Ramon Rodriguez, Ariana Greenblatt, and Brian Cranston. Uh, this was originally intended to be a theatrical release. Um, it was released digitally on Disney Plus because of the pandemic. Um, did Jake, I know you saw this. Paul, did you get a chance to see the one and only Ivan? No, I chose uh, Chemical Heart over this. I didn't watch that, so I'm, I'm here. I'm curious to. Uh, I did. To, oh, you watched that one as well. I want to hear what you guys mm-hmm. say about uh, Chemical Hearts. That was an Amazon um, movie. Um, Jake, what did you think about the uh, one and only Ivan? It was okay. It was a middle of the road taste it for me. Um, nothing I'd ever watch again. I. It was charming enough, and I'll admit, emotionally, it definitely got me during a few parts. But I don't know. I thought it could have been a little bit more witty, a little bit more funny. 
Um, I thought it was a little bit of a waste of a very talented group of voice actors. I didn't, other than Sam Rockwell and maybe Danny DeVito, everyone else could have just been whoever. And it didn't really matter that it was Helen Mirren or Ron Funches or I don't know. I, it was good enough. I could see the younger set really liking it. Uh, it felt like it was definitely better than Lady and the Tramp, which was kind of the last movie like this that Disney Plus did. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it wasn't better than Dumbo. <laughs> so I don't know. I didn't really see what it was doing. I thought the most interesting thing in the whole movie was finding out the real life happenings at the end of the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. The 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 real story about Ivan. Yeah, I almost yeah. would have rather had it played like that than doing the everyone's talking but the humans can't hear them talking. Thing. Look who's talking now. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it was serviceable. Yeah. Like I said, it definitely emotionally got me in a couple parts, but yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing reinventing the wheel at all here. It's crazy though, man. There was a shopping mall circus. And what's crazy yeah, about this, yeah. it was in fucking Tacoma, Washington. And, uh, I actually, I actually, I, my aunt lived in Washington state for a while and I would, I, I, I visited her, uh, in some, in the summer and we would go to Tacoma. I went to, to like Tacoma Tigers baseball games, but we never went to that fucking, that mall. So there was a chance, there was a chance that I could have at one time went to this fucking mall and saw that fucking gorilla. Never did, Jake. Never did. Never went to that mall, saw this gorilla. Well, that's unfortunate. But a shopping mall circus, it just sounds so sad. It really does. Like when you fucking think about that, animals in captivity like that, you know, fucking, it, it, I mean, the, poachers killed, you know, this gorilla's family, I think that's terrible, but you know, you want to see these animals go to the right habitat. You don't want to see them go to a fucking shopping mall circus. That's just terrible. It's like, it, it, it's a life of servitude and it's, and just pleasing people. That's not the way animals should be living their lives. And that kind of broke my heart. Um, he's like the yeah. Ivan's the main attraction at first because he is a gorilla. And then, uh, they get a baby elephant, Ruby, who's like then the next main attraction. And then they find out that Ivan, you know, enjoys painting. And so Ivan becomes the main attraction again. I think the main attraction uh, should have been the fact that this uh, gorilla had no dick. Because like, Jesus Christ, Disney will not like this anatomically incorrect fucking gorilla. They like no dick on this fucking thing. Just like the Jurassic Park dinosaurs have no buttholes. Like this fucking gorilla had no penis, Jake. That should have been like, off after twenty. That should have been the main attraction here. Come check out our dickless gorilla, <laughs> the one and only dickless Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this movie, I thought it was. I wondered a lot about like they really glorified the Mac character in this. Um, I'm brain farting the Breaking Bad actor, Brian Cranston. Uh, Brian Cranston's character, like they really go out of their way to make this character kind of a good guy. From making you sympathetic to what happens to his relationship, he's fucking. He's, the movie. he's fucking Joe Exotic from Tiger King, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that's what I'm getting to. Like, there's no way in the world the real life Mac in this story was anything like this character. They literally show him doing the exact thing, same thing that Joe Exotic did at his fucking zoo, where people are taking pictures with a baby 
animal. You know, it's it's you know, it's the same fucking thing. People are getting their take pictures taken with this baby gorilla. Yeah, I don't know. The movie, I'll give it a taste it too. It was it was fine, but it's not it's not I don't know. There's a but it doesn't glorify. It doesn't glorify having these animals in the zoo, but it doesn't make Mac look out to to be like a piece of shit when No, I I thought the story decisions with Mac were very confusing. Yeah. Like I I didn't need the whole like at the end, when they're like rubbing heads together, when yeah. Ivan is getting set free, it just seemed like I don't know what contract they signed when they based the movie off this true life story. But man, they were not able to paint any dirt on the uh, Matt character. And he's pushing that baby elephant to learn those tricks to the point where the the, the elephant's exhausted and could. You know what I mean? I, I mean, it's just terrible, just terrible. Some of the things that this character did in the movie. Yeah, I thought for a minute, I thought the ending was really dark. Like, I thought that was a mean trick to play, too. Like, for a second, you think, like, he's just even more captive than he was before. Yeah. Did you watch Did you watch the mid-credits scene? I did. I yeah. did not watch. I did not know it existed until you told me it existed, and I went back and watched it after work today. I thought it was more needless Matt glorifying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do have a question. Would you recommend this for like a five and seven year old or? Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think when I, you're talking about the family being killed by poachers. I'm like, oh, shit. I mean, it's one of those things where like, like, you know, when I when I was a kid, I, I used to love going to the circus and I used to, I you know, we went to SeaWorld mm-hmm. and all these things. But like as I got older and I realized like how fucked up this shit really fucking is like. Even to this day, you can go to like exhibits with like stingrays and stuff and like, you know, they'll have stingrays and they'll be like, oh, don't worry. They've like, they, we've, we've, we've removed their spears. The, you know, like the, the spear that the, like, you know, Steve Irwin died from a stingray stabbing him in the heart and mm-hmm. like they've removed that. They've shaved it off. And, and as I'm like, at these like stingray exhibits listening to these people talk about like the stingrays and shaving that spear off i'm like how fucked up does that sound that does not sound right that they shave that off like that oh not at all it just sounds fucked up you know it's you know i i you know like it's Anyway, moving on, I could really go down a rabbit hole with this fucking shit. But yeah, I, I would recommend, yeah, it's fine for kids to watch. I think it, it, it does have a message of like, you know, circuses are kind of fucked up and, you know, I like, for me, zoos, I think zoos are fine as long as the animals are not taken out of the wild. As long as the animal has like been injured and could not survive out in the wild, I think that, that the animal should be in, in, in a habitat where they are pr- protected. But if, yeah, especially accredited zoos. Yeah, but if you're just yeah. pulling an, an animal out of the wild and and putting them on display for people to to, to look at them and and uh, for you to you know make money off of that, exploit that, I, it's it's fucked up. So yeah, I wouldn't worry about the poaching scenes either. It's less violent than Bambi. Okay, yeah. or Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah, okay. yes, by by far less violent. It, it, the stuff is alluded to and never shown. I. I, I could be wrong, but I don't even think there were gunshot noises. Maybe there were. There were. Okay. Yeah. But but there's not even like the gunshot noise, and then the zoom into Ivan's face. Like it's everything's very alluded to. They oh, they show a gorilla with his head blown off. 
<laughs> yeah, it turns fucking Lovecraft country at the end of this thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up, dude. It's fucked up. Um, oh, man. Yeah, so taste it. Um, Chemical Hearts, uh, this dropped on Amazon. Uh, Melissa and Paul, you watched this. I did not get time to see this. Uh, I don't know. I don't even have the synopsis pulled up. Do you guys want to talk about this one? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Melissa, you I sound rare so to go. Enthusiastic. I really love this movie. <laughs> you did? You loved it? Uh, yeah, I'll give it a Tupperware. What's it about? What's it about? What the fuck is it about? Okay. So, I think the synopsis says something like a. I'm like, looking at I'm going to look it up. a new passion at a new school. Or I have it up. I do All have right. it up. I want Paul to read it. I want Paul <laughs> to read it. To me. It is a high school transfer student finds a new passion when she begins to work on the school's newspaper. It stars oh, Lily wow. Reinhardt, Austin Abrams, Sarah Jones from uh, For All Mankind there, Brian. Oh, I love that fucking show. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Bruce Altman, Carrie Young, and C.J. Hoff. Okay. Yeah, it was written and directed by Richard uh, Tan, who did the screenplay and the directing for Southside with you, which is like the Michelle and Barack Obama love story that was like on Lifetime. I don't know if any of you guys have seen. We don't that talk politics. Like- no politics. <laughs> <laughs> no politics. <Love> story. <laughs> no politics. Oh, <laughs> You get you get fucking Melissa on here, and she starts fucking spouting about politics, Jake. You wish I would do that. <laughs> anything, anything to slip one over on me, huh, Melissa? You always, you always undermining me, if Melissa. If I was ever gonna do that, it would be during Lovecraft Country. We can't and I even would like the record to show that I did not. We can't even have a friendly, funny rape conversation without you. Just, <laughs> oh, but you'll, 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 you'll. Oh, sorry, I draw the line at rape jokes. Yeah, yeah, but you'll bring up politics every fucking chance you got. <laughs> Why don't you why don't you talk about the Democratic National Convention? Huh? Oh, you got that next? Okay, me with a good time, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Good answer. All right. Go ahead. Chemical chemical hearts. Yeah, you guys got, got, some, got something else. We didn't see it. You guys got. You guys, about yeah. It. Like, what the fuck are you waiting for me to say about this, huh? <laughs> for a good time. <laughs> you guys loved it, but you have nothing to say about it. I have many things. Oh, it was so good. I'm at a loss for words. Listen. Oh. Wow. Wow. Oh, damn. Wow. You're about to be Ivan's family with your head blown off. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> somebody talk about this fucking okay, movie. I um, swear, I swear to Christ, if somebody doesn't talk about this fucking movie, it's kind of the same thing. For it's kind of the same thing. Like sleepover, this movie is not built for me. Like, and I totally respect that. But with that said. It was, I mean, there's a lot of these, like, teen romance movies, like uh, The Fault in Their Stars and um, my personal favorite, Me, Earl, and The Dying Girl. But this one was so much more different as, like, it kind of looked at, like, 
the individual growth of each character in the movie, like our two leads, and learn more of her backstory is just so uh, heartbreaking and tragic. And it's definitely got like I mean, it takes you a different place. Like it, it takes big risks when compared to other movies in the genre, if that makes sense. So I am going to I'm going to high taste it just because I don't I don't know if I'll watch it again. Um, I really did enjoy it, but it's just. It's not a movie made for me, so but it was definitely enjoyable. It sounds like it was made for Melissa. What are your thoughts on this one? It was. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm going to give this a Tupperware. Um, and like Paul said, like this movie ultimately doesn't really break any new ground, but it does have things that I feel like I personally kind of can't get enough of and I love this genre I'm such a sucker for like a soft bittersweet love story like you guys have given me a lot of shit about fan fiction today but like that's why I love it because it's these stories that are like uh, bittersweet and show you like real things that happen and they don't have to like sugarcoat like how hard it is to be like a person with feelings like trying to grow up in the world um, but th- that's also why I read like YA fiction like in the same vein so in this movie like there are so many things that you don't get in other movies in this genre like there are queer characters of color and their lives aren't being mined for trauma basically all of the trauma that is in this story happens before we catch up with these characters so you don't really have to watch anything horrible happen like you get to see this like beautiful story of healing and like how it's not linear how in relationships um you know romantic or otherwise you have to be honest about what you need and like what type of like how much you can actually hold for another person you know that sometimes you actually can be doing your best and giving everything you have available and sometimes it's just not enough and it's okay to step back if it's not like I really felt something watching this movie and like right now when everything is like really fucking terrible like all I want is for a movie to like make me feel something yeah and this movie really did and mm-hmm. so like I'm basically tougher wearing this movie for feel for feeling like there's some stuff yeah. in the writing that frustrated me but Oh, we're losing her. Her internet connection is just terrible. Oh, no, I yeah, stopped talking because I thought you wanted to say something. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh, yeah, I, I, I was... Oh, no. <laughs> Damn. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I think Paul might be hungry or something. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Paul's heard enough of me. First, I thought it was Melissa. No, never. And now Paul's, now Paul's stepping up, grabbing his fucking... We don't have... We had Dickless Ivan before, but now we got fucking... We got full of balls Paul over here. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, no, I, was, I love movies that make you feel something, that pull something out. That's why, like when when uh, you listen to the real Zodiac uh, with me and Quentin and Amanda when we talk about Warrior, that movie. I don't know. Have you guys have either any of you seen Warrior? Multiple times, uh-huh. yeah. I have not. Please watch it. I'm telling you, like, it will make you feel things. And you would not think about that in a movie that deals with mixed martial arts. Have you seen Never Back Down? Never Back Down. No. Tatum? 
Uh, no, it's uh, like Cam Gigandit and the like uh, male lead from the movie The Sleepover. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I doubt you guys. Not the one you guys just talked about, but the one from like the early 2000s. Oh, it's a anyway, I cried a lot in the theater watching it, and I'm like, this is a literal... They're, like, doing, uh, like, MMA in, like, parking lots and shit. <laughs> it's like a high schooler movie, but yeah. it made me cry a lot. Yeah, but, like, anyway. these movies, like... Uh, you're talking about, like, movies, like, where, where you're, you, you're... You know, these people find somebody, and they, they love them, and, and... But, like, you know, like, sometimes that person can't give them what they want. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking... I'm, <clears throat> I'm thinking about, like, you know... Uh, 500 Days of Summer. I love that oh, movie. Oh, man. Um, you know, sometimes you, you find some, and what's amazing about that movie, 500 Days of Summer with, uh, Joseph Gordy, Joseph Gordon Levitt and, uh, what's her name from New Zoe Girl? Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. What's amazing about that movie is like, you see it from his side, but like, at the end of the movie, they kind of show you, like, all the stuff that she, that, all the signs, all the red flags in that relationship. Of mm-hmm. like her kind of like checking out of that relationship, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes people can't give you. Sometimes you might want a little bit. You know, you Jake, you might want some reverse cowgirl, and you're you're not getting it in that relationship. Jesus you know Christ. what I mean? You know what I mean? Just because oh. somebody's into oh, yeah, the same bizarro shit as you are doesn't make them your soulmate. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you're yeah. not getting that same bizarro shit. And I'm not saying reverse cowgirl is bizarro <laughs> shit. Okay, that's just that's no, no. standard. Just making an example. Yeah, but I I literally had an ex girlfriend three positions, and that's all she would go for. And I tried to introduce other things, and she was just would not fucking have it. And I think like maybe that was part of the downfall of that relationship because I really wanted to do some more things because it was boring doing the same. <laughs> it was yeah. boring. It was it was like clockwork. Some sweet three position boy, and they're gonna live happily ever after. It was, it was yeah. So Find your fucking three position boring boy, and let me move on and do some more fucking advanced shit like you're fucking mm. like you're in sex 101 and i want to move on to the next fucking i want to move on i graduated i graduated from that fucking class like you know <laughs> what i mean like and i'm not saying like i want to go back and do some of the shit that i did before like in my 20s it's like not like i want to fucking like you know fucking hog tie you and fucking i'm not gonna get into that but you know <laughs> but but you know, it, there's more to life than missionary, <laughs> doggy style, and you know, cowgirl. There's way more than there's just that. I mean, there's so much more, right? Uh, this is where I feel like there should be like a standing right. ovation for me in the speech that I'm giving. Like people, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, Woo! like fucking like, like like this is this is Hall H, San Diego Comic Con, and fucking 2012. You and- are- Beacon of truth. 2011 and the fucking Avengers cast comes on stage for the first time. <laughs> like, that's the fucking kind of, like, reception I want right now for giving that speech. Or standing on their chairs just yes. screaming, yeah. Yes, fucking, like, pounding on their chest like Dickless Ivan in that fucking Ivan movie. <laughs> People driving or talking their horns right now in salute. Oh, man. Yes, yeah. Yeah, because that's what we do in these challenging times. So, you know, that's, yeah... <laughs> <laughs> Chemical hearts. I- <laughs> uh, Tupperware and a high taste it from you guys. I don't know what I don't know half of the things that we talked about during this review that had to do with the movie. I'll tell you some things specifically about this movie. Um okay. 
So I did give this movie a Tupperware, but there are some things that frustrated me about it. Like, okay, Paul, you'll understand this. So the main character, he does like a lot of personal investigating into this girl's life, which like I personally believe is an invasion of privacy and like somewhat of a betrayal. But then the plot at one point like revolves around him forgetting a very specific date that he definitely would have you know, mm-hmm. come across and remembered from all of the snooping he was doing. I was like, all right, this is fucking dumb. But, like, I cried multiple times watching this movie. I like, okay, so Lily Reinhardt is in Riverdale, which is a ridiculous show, but she, and she's in Hustlers, too. So, like, she's a good actress. I, I've i appreciated, like, her presence online during quarantine. I was excited to watch this movie for her. There's one scene in this movie where she, like, super fucking brings it, and I was, like, mm-hmm. not healthy with feelings because of her but really it's austin abrams who plays the male lead in this movie um he was in euphoria he plays cat who's like the uh up and coming like dominatrix in euphoria i love love i loved euphoria yes yes Ethan in Euphoria was, like, one of my favorite characters because he's, like, so understanding and just, like, so chill with all the things she's doing. He, like, still wants her. And that's kind of how his character is in this movie. Like, he's not really breaking any new acting ground, but he's, like, very fucking good at this thing that he's doing, which is to be very supportive and understanding of, like, uh, I don't want to say crazy because that's like derogatory but just like non-traditional women we'll say (laughs) and he's like so good at it i mean i i this movie's on prime you can watch it for free if you're already subscribed to a prime video and like i definitely recommend it i think like it's it's a it's a good movie like you will feel something i love how melissa will not bring up crazy because it's derogatory but we've already brought up jake we talked about rape for like i i I, w- I would say 20 minutes on this show. Listen, oh, at least, at least, at least yeah. I'll bring it up, but I'm not going to, str- I'm not going to call, uh, like, I'm not going to call someone crazy. That's not. All right. Charles Manson. Crazy. Not crazy. Oh, Jesus. I'm asking question mark. Crazy question mark. Not crazy question mark. Charles Manson. Crazy. Go. Oh, you did it then. You fucking liar. She made her peers. Uh, <laughs> yes and i i meant like i'm not gonna say because like a girl a young high school girl has been traumatized like i'm not gonna call her a behavior sure crazy. absolutely no i 100 percent agree i also want to bring up the i want to bring up a a text message and i'm gonna bring it up out of context uh from oh. scott shooty and all it says is uncle peckerhead does not disappoint Uh, hopefully i'll be talking about it actually uncle peckerhead is a horror comedy movie uh that recently came out within the past few weeks and uh hopefully i'll be reviewing that uh on a future episode of pcl uncle peckerhead check it out so it apparently it does not disappoint everybody guys we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna did you guys have anything more for good pop bad pop i didn't want to wrap things up early no Okay, I, I you I did, some, you, did. did you, you did, you actually watch Yes God Yes. I did, Yes God Yes. I did watch it. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about that. I did watch it. Yes God Yes. Did, did you watch it? Yes. 
God, yes. Did you? God, yes. <laughs> yeah, I watched. <laughs> this is what. Okay, uh, uh, let me, I didn't even have this prepared. I apologize. I watched so much this week that I just did not prepare. Yes, God, yes. Oh my God, Natalia Dyer is in this one. She plays Nancy in Stranger Things, and this is after an innocent AOL chat turns racy. A Catholic teenager in the early two uh, thousands discovers masturbating and struggles to suppress her new urges in the face of eternal damnation. It's directed by Karen Maine, written by Karen Maine, and um, I'm just going to start off by saying uh, I, Josh Davis who writes for popcultureleftovers.com did a review on this one. So you can read that on the website. But me personally, I Tupperware this. I loved this oh movie. God, it's fantastic. Like, uh, it is. it's so good. She's struggling with kind of like, uh, she's, she's very, in, her family's very involved in like, you know, church and, and things like that. And, and she believes everything that she does is going to send her to hell. And this is kind of like one of those sexual awakening stories where, um, you know, she just, she goes to like, almost like, kind of like a, a getaway, like a church getaway and starts to realize like how full of shit people are and how full of shit it is that you're going to go to hell for every fucking thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's, I thought it was just, I thought Natalia Dyer, I was, you know, I'd seen her in Stranger Things. She's not my favorite character in that series. Um, you know, I, and then I saw her in the, what was it? The Jake Gyllenhaal art movie that came out. Velvet Buzzsaw. Buzzsaw. Velvet Buzzsaw yeah. that came out on Netflix. <laughs> I wasn't the biggest fan of her character in that, but I feel like in this, she really shined. She was so fantastic in this movie. And I Tupperware the fuck out of this one. I highly recommend it. Um, me ab- too. Absolutely loved it. I I don't want to spoil it. I, I mean, this part of me does. Part of me wants to just mm-hmm. like break down the whole fucking movie and just rave about it. But Melissa, what did you think? Well, okay, so I'm giving this movie a Tupperware, and like I want to say this from the bottom of my heart: fuck purity culture. <laughs> like I can't overstate to anyone listening like how close this movie was to my personal experience growing up in a like I grew up in a church on Wednesdays and twice on Sundays Mm -hmm. environment like Mm -hmm. I spent two weeks at church camp in summers between sixth grade and high school like honestly like I was fucked up by the like Jesus hates you if you have sexual thoughts bullshit for a long time and like I know that my experience in that environment um, you know it had lasting mental effects on me but that was mild compared to the experiences of others that grew up in an environment like this like I'm thinking about like especially um, like queer people and I just think that like seeing this movie and it's it's portrayed so plainly and it's such a relatable experience like it's so important for people to see this like and not only that but like this movie is funny Mm -hmm. and the acting is great and the message is great like i loved this movie so much yeah it's called yes god yes hopefully this will end up on like amazon or netflix soon um but i highly recommend if you want to rent it on vod do it now it is yeah 
so good. I really like this movie. And what you're talking about with like, you know, um, you know, gay people and like religion and stuff like that. I've seen this. I have seen this. We, I, the church that I grew up in and I was the same way twice on Sunday, once on Wednesday. And oh. <laughs> the, the assistant pastor years later came out as gay. Yeah. And he's never been happier. He's never been happier. And, um, and it, and it's, it's, it's awesome. But then on the flip side, you know, like back when I was hanging out with like a lot of my friends, uh, that are in the gay community, when we'd go out to the, you know, gay clubs and stuff like that in Champaign, um, I had a friend named Shannon who, Shout out C Street. <laughs> C Street. Yeah. Um, which unfortunately <laughs> closed a few years ago. I know. But anyway, like I had a friend and he, you know, he came from this environment and then, you know, me and, and my friend, we would hang out with him and, and we would have a great, we would have great weekends and just have a lot of fun. And then I ended up talking to my friend. I was like, you know, so where's he been? And she's like, oh, he's, you know, he's, you know, denounced, you know, like he's back with God and like, you know, he's not, he's not gay anymore and all this stuff. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like it's just, it's, it's really sad to like see that people kind of like struggle with this, that they just can't be like who they are. Like, like, you know, and so, um, this, this movie does tackle that. I guess this was based on a short film and a lot of people think yes. that the short film's better and that this is not good. Me on the flip side, I have not this seen the good. short film and I still think it's fan fucking tastic and I love it. So. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yes, God. Too. Yes. Yes. Um, the father in this movie is played by Timothy Simons. Um, he played the eagle in Looking for Alaska, which I loved. And so I just want to say, like, if you watch Looking for Alaska and you were charmed by that character, like, he's doing very much a lot of the same stuff here. There's just a lot of reasons why this movie is very worth watching. Yeah, it's <laughs> highly recommended. Absolute Tupperware. Uh, Paul, what did you have real quick? Yeah, um... I'm going to do this super quick. Umbrella Academy season two. Yes. Tupperware, yes. Yes. Awesome. yes. Absolutely beautiful. Um, I just recently got into the TV show, what we do in the shadows. Yes. Watched uh, all two, watch all two available seasons, total Tupperware, two words for that. Jackie Daytona, fucking one of the greatest moments in TV history. 100%. And then, oh my God. It's fucking, it's, it's, it's just simply <laughs> irresistible. Simply irresistible. Um, <laughs> Listen to, listen, to, listen to Robert Palmer over there. <laughs> You'll get it if you see that. And, and that okay. episode has Mark Hamill in it. It's just fucking amazing. Um, I love the movie, and I think the TV show could be better than the movie. Uh, this is fucking awesome. Okay, I've watched a lot of the first season, and it's I have on my phone a list of shows that I need to get back on when I have time. And what we do in the shadows is at the top of that list. Number two on that list is don't worry, everybody. I plan on watching the expanse. So, Oh my and, God. And where's Barry on that list? Barry season two on that list. Cause I have seen Barry season one. Ooh. Barry mm-hmm. season two is getting added right now. Paul, thanks for there the reminder. There <laughs> and then, uh, finally, um, I watched the last episode of Ted Lasso. Ah, and this is a fucking Tupperware. I, I actually went and I watched the NBC commercials. Thank God they changed everything from those commercials because he is a fucking dick. Oh, wow. And he's an idiot in all those promotional spots. Like, 
I'm so glad the only thing that stayed the same is the name. But like when Melissa was talking about how that when you said when you said he's hurts, a, when you said Dick an idiot, I was thinking of <laughs> all of the past iTunes review that referred to me. That's what. I <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. But when Melissa was talking about Chemical Hearts and how like it gave her such like an emotional feeling and connection. I feel that way with Ted Lasso. I feel like with everything that's going on, we need to act just 10% like fucking Ted Lasso. Yes. Um, it is such like this show could either be extremely cheesy or extremely dull, and they walk the balance. Yeah. Like you cannot – there's no way you can't root for him. And see, uh, episode four is probably the best episode so far at the – at the charity banquet, but man, like the episode with the reporter was fucking awesome. It's just, this came out of nowhere and it's probably one of my top TV shows. of the Just year. another just, reason to get Apple TV. Apple TV didn't fuck around this. No, year. they didn't. Apple they, TV fucking servant. Fantastic. I know you'll agree with me, Paul. Oh yeah. For servant, all mankind. Come for all mankind. Fucking my favorite show of 2019 for all oh, mankind. Yeah. And, you know, I, I let me just throw this out there. I know it's not Apple TV, but I am going to say, everybody, HBO Max, if you have it, please do yourself a favor. Watch all six episodes of Frayed. Watch all six episodes. Like, if you love Arrested Development, if you like those, you know, riches to rags stories, watch Frayed. This, it, I'm telling absolute Tupperware, one of my favorites of this year, Frayed. On HBO Max, absolutely fucking love it. Awesome. Yeah, I've got that on my list from the first time you talked about it on this hair podcast. You would love it, Melissa. Paul, you would love it. I'm really excited to get to it. (laughs) Jake, I think you dig it too. It's really, really super fucking great. And you know, it comes from I the 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 woman that stars in it. She's also, I think, like pretty much like the showrunner behind it, and she is just like I'm. To me, she's like the Australian Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She is so fucking talented. Watch Frayed. Please do yourself a favor. Watch Frayed. Uh, Paul, did you have anything else? That is it. Ted Lasso. Ted fucking Lasso, man. Where the fuck did this show come from? Man? Oh, it's Where so good. Where come from? So fucking good. Ladies, give your guy some reverse cowgirl. <laughs> come on. What is, uh, seriously. What? Come on. Get in there. Get in there. Let's do this. Guys. Guys. Maybe she likes... Do something she likes for crying out loud. <laughs> when's No. When's the last time you went down on her? But when's the last time you tried to do it right? Take some fucking direction. What the fuck are you doing? You're still... Well, you're missing the clit. What the fuck is wrong with you? Get in there. What the, what's that fucking, that video game company, EA Sports? Get in the game. Get in the clit. Come on. Jesus Christ. Next episode of High Score. Hit that fucking button. Do something right. Come on, guys. Ladies, come on. Get, we, let's get it together. Let's have some good sex. <laughs> Let's get together and feel all right. Oh, Melissa. Um, I might have to edit that out. You know, um, <laughs> uh, no, no. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I love having, I love having you on, Melissa. I love having you on. I love it. Ha- Paul, you're one of my favorite fucking people in the world. And you know what? I loved having Rebecca on last week. 
Oh, such a great episode. I miss, I miss having her on. She's busy. She's, she's do. she's a lady. She's a lady of the, of the, of the, of the town. She's just all over the place. And, uh, it was nice to have her back on. But, uh, God damn it. Talked about Kevin Shanks and Stephanie Chapman. God, I got Jake. We got to get them on an episode together. I think it would be magic. I agree. I agree. Let's make it happen. ASAP. 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 Oh, man. We got a listener named Mike Raper. Oh dear Lord! <laughs> oh, no. We should have broke. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope to God he emails and like, dude, the P is silent. Oh man. Uh, oh yo, Mark Mark Rayer. There you go, dude. He should have fucking said that in the email <laughs> that the P is silent. Because that's a hard P when I fucking you know what I mean. That's a hard P when I read it. Mike Raper. Mike Raper. Oh my gosh, can you imagine being like, uh, like, uh, like, you know, like first day of fucking like fifth grade and the teacher's like, you know, reading off the class, you know, uh, Mike Raper. Raper. Do we have a oh, Mike it's Raper? Been trashed his whole life. I know, his whole fucking life it's followed him. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Dude, props to that guy. For handling that. Oh yeah, mad yeah. props. Mad props. Fucking, I love the fact that we have a Mike Raper listening to this show. Going out on runs, you know? That's I'm the, not too proud of it. No, we're part of the Rapers. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of it. We're part of the, we're part of, Jake, we're part of the Raper tradition. Yeah, that, that's one of those things I like to, uh, hide in the closet. Dude, guy wakes up, <laughs> pours himself a cup of fucking Folgers. Listen to PCL Mike Raper out there on the run. He's going to need that caffeine. <laughs> need that caffeine. Out there on the run, Mike Raper. Mike Raper out there. Man, can you imagine him having, if he played basketball on the back of his jersey, it just says Raper? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's exactly what I no. imagined. And he's not, he's not. Yeah, and that's he's, what I. <laughs> and he's number one. Raper. Oh, no. No. Raper number one on the back of that jersey. Raper number two. Oh man. Some the faulty Oh man. I I I think we need to take a break. I think honestly, I think I think Mike Raper's run. I think he ended it early today. Like when he listens to this one, you know what I mean? I think he's like, yeah, time to wrap this run up. You know yeah, what I mean? Now he has to go to the fucking sprint store to get a new phone after he probably threw his phone into a crick or something. No shit. Oh, Mike. He's going to the courthouse to change his last name to oh. consent or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mike tender, loving partner. Um, <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike can, is this okay? <laughs> consensual, Mike. You know, Mike. Consensual, Mike. <laughs> Mike, please, please, please. I'm begging you. Send me another email. Send me an email, Brian at Pop Culture Leftovers, and let me know that you're still listening and that you don't hate us. Please, please. We will be right back. All right, hey, we're we're back. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> yeah, we needed that break. We're proper now, right? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, totally, totally. We're gonna keep it professional. 
That's how we do things around here, Jake. Oh, always. All right. Love having you on, Paul. Hey, I love being on. Thank you. Love having you on. Oh, my God. Uh, it's time for the Pop Culture Leftovers News. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right. Tenant news. Apparently, uh, Jake, Tenant has already been shown internationally. Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah, I, I've seen reviews for the movie now. Uh, one of our listeners, Kay Hottie from uh, New Zealand on the Discord today. Jake, I'm loving the PCL Discord. Love yeah, it. you've said nothing but good things about it. PCL Discord is fucking, it's a great place. It's a fuck, it's a, it's a, it's a safe haven. It is a, uh, it's, it's a wonderful place where listeners of PCL get together. And honestly, I don't want to put the link out there anymore. I think, like, I, I don't want any new people joining. I, I like the group that we have. I think if we, if I, if I expand it, it's just going to get fucked up. We're going to have some fucked up people joining. <laughs> I, I agree. If you like it now, you should leave it be. I'm going to leave it be. I'm going to leave it be. I'm, I don't know. I'm thinking about maybe like if I do open it up, it'll be like every, like when we do like an episode, like, you know, like when we hit episode 400, I might open it up one more time. Every time we hit like a fucking, you know, 100 episodes, I'll open it up. But I love the yeah, group make, we have. Make it like a Willy Wonka golden ticket type deal where you got to get, it's a, you know, yeah. you get real lucky to get in there. Yeah. Oh, I love the PCL Discord. Everybody's fantastic. Got over a hundred members. I think it's, I can't remember, like 150 or some shit. I can't remember how many people are on it, but they're all great. Kay, Hottie, Kay, who, she did an episode of What's Your Story? And it's crazy. Her story is crazy. I want to, I, I, we need to have her on the show, Jake. Um, and I might be getting some of the facts wrong here, but like, she does um, graphic uh, design, rotoscope graphics for Hollywood movies. Like she's done, she did Avengers Endgame. And that's how she found us is she was looking for like, you know, like what people were talking about as far as spoilers go for Avengers Endgame because she had seen the movie because she was doing the fucking like the, 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 the CGI on that fucking movie. And so she wanted That's to hear. So fucking cool. Yeah. And Holy so she, shit. she listened to PCL to hear what people were saying about spoilers about it. Cause we did an end game spoiler episode and then she just became hooked on the show. Now she's like a, like a huge fan of the show. She listens to the show every fucking week. She joined us on like a PCL zoom call and, uh, it's, it's fucking incredible. She's worked on, if you look her up on IMDb, the list of movies that she's done is just insane just insane i think she uh works for weta fucking you know circuses company or whatever it's crazy and she sent you candy right she sent me the fucking licorice from new zealand which oh my god so much better than that fucking danish bullshit that i got oh my god the danes fucked up you fucked up danes I felt so bad for you with that licorice. Oh, it was so terrible. It's so you fucking... waited so long. I waited oh, I was so, so excited long. for it, too. It sucked. I know. It comes in a fancy container. It looks like... You know, it comes in a container that looks like that fucking... Uh, like one of those containers that, you know, you, when you go to the bank and you put it in the, 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 the vacuum thing. Okay. Like yeah. a tube? Like that fucking tube. Yeah, it comes in a fucking tube. Little fucking licorice balls in a fucking tube. 
like that, huh? <laughs> just, just, just like that, man. You know? Anyway, the first reviews, K Hottie. Oh my, we gotta have her on, Jake. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. First reviews for Christopher Nolan's Tenet, this comes to Dark Horizons, are in, and while mostly positive, the love for this one is not boiling over. On Rotten Tomatoes, with over three dozen reviews counted, the film has clocked in at 88% approval rating. I don't know if that's changed. Might have changed by now. And a 7.23 out of 10 average rating. More interesting are the scores, with three out of five being the most common review mark, followed by four out of five, and only one five out of five. On Metacritic, the film sits at 71 out of 100, which falls slightly behind Inception and Interstellar. Uh, on 74 out of 100, each but above Batman Begins and The Prestige. This doesn't appear to be a divisive picture, but critics are definitely cool on it. Here's a sampling of the review quotes. Uh, Danny Lay of the Financial Times says... Great movies always time travel, living with you beyond the closing credits, carried into the future. With Tenet, 150 minutes pass harmlessly, but the film left my head before I took off my face mask. Not too good. Um, Guy Lodge from Variety. Guy Lodge. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like where Harry and Malfoy go to fuck each other in Melissa's fan yeah, fiction. It does. They go to Guy Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Guy. <laughs> Do you have to get permission passes to go there? Uh, trust I'll me, you don't. Pass. Trust me. Ron Tr- can't go, and he's all sad. Trust me, Jake. Oh, Ron. Trust me, Jake. You don't have Ron to. Can come. <laughs> oh, trust me, Ron comes a lot. Um, oh, to the boom. <laughs> And you act like you don't read fan fiction. Oh, man. A concrete cornucopia of global chaos and threat in which humanity's survival depends on the minor matter of reshaping time and space. Tenet looks well-suited to an anxious age. Uh, Nicholas Barber of The Rap says, In the end, Tenet isn't one of Nolan's most satisfying films, but after I've seen it four or five more times, maybe I'll change my mind. Uh, Matt Perslow of IGN says, Tenet feels a little conservative, as if Nolan's style is a franchise rather than a framework. Despite this, it remains more interesting than most other tentpole movies and acts as a beacon for the director's strengths. Um, yeah, Donald Clark of the Irish Times says, uh, even if I was going to read it in an Irish accent, but I thought that'd be insensitive, so I won't do it. Even if we were brave enough to try we would not be capable of spoiling a plot so willfully obtuse. It demands repeat viewings to disentangle. So I don't know, but I've also read some really stellar reviews about it. You know, Kay said she fucking loved it. Can't wait to see it again. So are the critics being a little too harsh here? I don't know. Well, I'm just saying like, I'm not super mad at a movie that requires repeat viewing to like, fully get it yeah you know yeah like that doesn't turn me off at all right and that's kind of nolan's like specialty now is making these re like these movies easy to rewatch to find more stuff like if you're telling me that you had a full grasp on interstellar the very first time you saw in the theaters fuck off or or inception (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) for sure like if you're still not thinking about that fucking top, you know you're crazy. Right. Oh my, like, what? and I saw Interstellar in theaters mm-hmm. in February, right? 
We lost you. And like I was still coming across like new things that were making me think about the film in different ways. And that's what's good, I think, about Nolan. How many times can you watch Memento? You know? Oh, I've never uh, seen it. What? Oh wow. I know. <laughs> Well, my idea was to watch like all of the Nolan films before Tenet came out, and then it became unclear when or if I would ever get to see Tenet in the theater, and so I kind of cooled on that whole project. But it feels like I might be watching all of those movies in the next like eight days. Oh my god, you gotta see, you gotta see Memento. It's Memento, so fantastic. Yeah. One of my favorite. What things else that- haven't you seen? Yeah, so Have you many. Seen the Prestige. Oh, yes, of course. I almost, I almost talked about the prestige when we were talking about Tesla, cause like. David Bowie. Obviously. <laughs> oh my god. I can't wait for Tenet. I can't wait for Tenet. I've, um, tried to purchase my tickets because they are up on, I've got my tickets for New Mutants. So I did get my ticket for New Mutants, but there's something up with the AMC app. Where, and it's wild because like they're only booking to like 30 or 40% capacity on the AMC A-list app. So when you actually go to, um, pick a seat, if you pick a seat, then after you pick a seat, there are, they put in the seats that are around you, they put X's. So nobody oh. can choose those seats that are, that are around you. So yeah, like these theaters are going to, it's going to feel weird walking into a theater that's sold out, but when you look at it, it doesn't look sold out. Yeah. Is New Mutants, is that just theaters, or is that going to be like a Bill and Ted thing? Where it has be to be, it has to be theatrical. That was in the, in, it was, that was a contractual agreement that Fox had before Disney bought it. It ha- like all these movies that Fox made before Disney bought it contractually had to be released in theaters. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it is. It's going to theaters first. Now, could it could it hit video on demand sooner? Sure. We'll see. Most definitely. Yeah. We'll see. Because I, I love how Bill and Ted is doing it, where it's coming to theaters and VOD same day. I like that yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that model movies. right now because there's so many places in which theaters are just. Not an option. Mm. At the moment, like, the smallest of markets, their theaters can't support that small of a capacity. And I still want people to be seeing movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, let's move into... I've got... We'll move into Marvel news. Uh, I'll play the fucking bumper. It's been ages since I have. Oh, but you guys, you guys are looking forward to Tenet, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, my God. For sure. So much. I'm already, like, very sad because even in a fucking pandemic, everything cool happens at the same time. And, like, I have an opportunity to see Tenet Early Access because I'm a member of, like, my local indie theater. But I'm going to be out of town doing a road trip with my mom at that time. I'm like, I haven't done shit in five months. And now Tenet is in the theater at the same time I made one plan. How does this happen? Yeah. It's my most anticipated movie of the year, Tenet. So I cannot wait to see it. All right. Marvel News. Here's the bumper.
Uh, news from Deadline. Olivia Wilde tapped to direct untitled female-centered Marvel movie at Sony. Sony Pictures mm-hmm. is not only growing its slate of, of its universe of Marvel characters, but it, it is building on the female characters at the center of it, and it looks to have landed one of the most sought-after female directors in Hollywood. Sources tell Deadline that Olivia Wilde has closed a deal to direct and develop a secret Marvel film project revolving around a female character in the universe. While not confirmed, it is expected that the story will be centered on Spider-Woman. Um, Sony had no comment. Here's the thing. She tweeted this story, and she only tweeted uh, – she retweeted the story, and she only put a, an emoji of a spider on it. So – I yeah. she tweeted the spider emoji so spider woman or they were talking about that Madam Web movie um if I had to guess though Jake she directed Booksmart which featured mm-hmm. teenage girls I think that this could be a spider girl movie and they could bring in the character of Anya Sofia Corazon Who's half Mexican, half Puerto Rican, and it could be a Spider Girl movie if 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 they're going to be going with like the fact that like that's why they got her. They got her because she she directed these two teenage girls, the story of two teenage girls and Book Smart. She, could this be Spider Girl? Yeah, I think that's a very good guess. Um, it's definitely Spider related somehow, and yeah, I, I think the Spider Girl thing is probably spot on. I think yeah, so. my yeah. head went right there with Booksmart where I thought Spider-Gwen. Oh, Spider-Gwen? Yeah, I went right to Spider-Gwen with that. Spider- Spider-Gwen seems almost too complicated in the movie universe at this point. I mean, maybe. They brought up Spider-Gwen in the Miles Morales Spider-Verse movie. Um, but is, is, is Spider-Gwen going to be just in the animated stuff? I mean, I don't know if they're gonna if if they're opening it up to to live action yet. Yeah, I feel like it takes a little bit more setup. I mean, maybe I'm mm-hmm. wrong. I mean, maybe the character has enough popularity that you could just boom Spider Gwen movie and introduce what you need to introduce right there in the movie. But I feel like you need a little bit of build up for that title. I honestly feel like if they go with with uh, Spider Girl. And you get Olivia Wilde, and this movie's a success. I feel like, honestly, like I think I feel like Sony Pictures, if they do it right, they're kind of forcing Kevin Feige's hand to incorporate Spider Girl somewhere within the MCU, Ooh. not just limiting her to the Sony Marvel universe. I know Tom Holland crosses over. They've not talked about Venom crossing over. Venom is relegated, limited to the Sony Marvel Universe of Spider-Man characters, which they're calling, um, oh God, what are they calling that Spider-Man universe of characters? They've got a specific name for it. I'll find it here. They're calling it um, the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters, or the SPUMC. Um, <laughs> rolls right off the tongue. Rolls, right, rolls right off the tongue. I see why you couldn't remember that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, but, and Morbius has not been, like, it's not like, and, and 
and we're going to talk about Craven here in a second. But like those characters, like, you know, Kevin Feige has not been like, oh yeah, we're going to be definitely bringing those characters into like the larger picture when it comes to the MCU. He has not said that we're bringing Tom Hardy in as Venom. Morbi- Jared Leto is Morbius. But I, I feel like, I feel like if, if you get, you get a director like Olivia Wilde and you get a character like Spider Girl, who I think would fit in really well with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. I think if, like, this character blows up, this movie blows up, I feel like I feel like Kevin Feige's hand will be forced to kind of, like, include her in the larger picture. I don't see how he would not want to include her into the overall MCU. And th- th- then we could see, then we could see Spider-Girl show up in, like, the next big event movie for the MCU. I, I I don't know, man. I think I, we'll see. I, and I'm making assumptions here that it's even going to be fucking Spider Girl when we haven't heard anything about Spider Girl. We've only heard rumors of Spider Woman and rumors of Madam Web. So I, it makes a lot of sense, though, especially when you look at the resume and you think of Booksmart shooting for that kind of younger Spider-Man character. It, it makes a lot of sense. It does. It does make a lot of sense. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. I'm looking for, I loved, I loved Book Smart. I thought it was fucking fantastic. The more I watch that movie, the more I appreciate Billy Lord's character in that movie. She's so good. Oh yeah, she she's was so good. Hilarious. And Beanie Feldstein is just like, she's so amazing. And it blew my mind when I found out that she was fucking, uh, Jonah Hill's sister. Right? <laughs> Fucking blew my mind. Couldn't believe it. I was like, ah. And then I then I saw a picture of them two together, and I was like, yeah, of course they look like brother and sister. Yeah, it was one of those things that once you found out, it was like a well, duh. Huh? Yeah. Uh, news from Dark Horizons: J.C. Chandor will direct Spider-Man spinoff Craven the Hunter for Sony. We've been hearing the rumors of a Craven the Hunter movie uh, for about a year now. Maybe even two years. Hot on the heels of yesterday's news that Olivia Wilde would direct one of the Sony Marvel projects. Uh, they say most likely uh, Spider-Woman. Uh, filmmaker J.C. Chandor, a most violent year director, all is lost, has begun talks to direct the Craven, the Hunter film at Sony. Uh, the Equalizer scribe Richard Wenk is – that's a terrible name. His, his name is Dick Wenk. <laughs> I mean, Not I've heard great. worse names this episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Richard Wank is penning the film about the famed <laughs> Spider-Man villain, a Russian aristocrat named Sergei Kravinov, who became obsessed with big game hunting and eventually developed superpowers after taking a voodoo elixir. So, yeah. Um, of course, we know the most famous storyline, uh, Craven's Last Hunt, which is one of my favorite fucking Spider-Man comics. And, um, that's what I've always wanted to see that on screen. Um, and the original rumors were that Spider-Man would show up in that movie. So no casting has been given. We don't know who's going to be playing, uh, Craven. The Hunter, but uh, it's happening. It's happening. So we're getting uh, Jared Leto led Morbius movie. We're getting a uh, Venom sequel. Uh, we're getting a. Uh, still sounds like we're getting a Madam Web movie somewhere. We're getting a Jackpot movie, and then Olivia Wilde is doing another Spider Man 
spider centric film of some kind. And then we're going to be getting this Craven, Craven the Hunter movie. So they're built, they're trying to build a whole universe here. Um, I guess like, of course we want to see Craven's last hunt. Is that what we're going to get in this first movie? Is that where we're going to go in the first movie? Like, how do you oh. introduce Craven and then also casting? Who are you going to get? Paul, sounds he like would, you got- Yeah, I think he'd almost have to be in a spider. Like, I think he'd have to cameo in a Spider-Man movie first and then go into it. But I would love to see, um, God, I, his name's skipping me. Uh, the dude that played Freddie Mercury. Um, oh, Rami Malek? Yeah, get him as fucking Craven. I've always wanted, and I know there's going to be people that agree with me, and there's going to be pe- many people that disagree, but I've always wanted Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Mm. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah. I, and I think it could work. I don't think you necessarily need to have Craven in a Spider-Man movie first, but I do think you don't want to lead off with the Craven's last hunt. I, I think you introduce the Spider-Man aspect at the end of the first Craven movie would be the way I would go about doing it. Yeah, because it feels like doing... Well, like, it feels like with Matt Reeves starting off with Hush, I feel the same way of having a Craven movie starting off with The Last Hunt. I don't think it's Hush, man. Oh, yeah. yeah oh. I don't think it's Hush at all. I think it's... Well, no, no, like, like, like that's the analogy I'm using. Like, right, I wouldn't yeah. want to see Hush, like, start it off the same way. I wouldn't want to see the first Craven movie be The Last Hunt. I want it built up to it. Yeah, I, understandable. Yeah. How, yeah, I just wonder how they're going to do this. So are they going to do it more kind of like, it's got to have like a same, these movies, like the Morbius movie, do you think that they're going to have a, have kind of like a venom kind of tone to them where it, it, it's going to be a little silly? In a way, I think too? so. I think that's the way to handle it because it just both all these characters on paper just are a little bit silly. Like Morbius and Craven, I think if you take it too seriously, it, it's just not going to find its audience. It's it's just too wild and ridiculous of a concept to play it a hundred percent straight. I think the way to go is with a little bit of a nudge, nudge, wink, wink to the audience that you, the writer yourself, realize this concept is a little bit out there. And to kind of poke fun at your own concepts. Then, like, is Jeffrey Dean Morgan or Rami Malek big enough an actor to to carry this off? I maybe you're on the right track with Rami Malek. Like, he's huge after Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, and he's got the Bond film coming up. That's true. And he is fantastic at acting. No, no, one hundred percent agreed. Like, I, you know, I, like I started watching him with Mr. Robot, and I thought, like, this guy's yeah. super fucking mm-hmm. talented. Like, I'm not denying the fact that the guy is a super talented fucking actor. But I think you, in order to do just like a solo movie, like if you're talking about a solo Joker movie, you got to get a guy like Joaquin Phoenix in there to fucking mm-hmm. pull that shit off. You know, you can't just go with like a fucking, I don't know, just like a, just, I don't know, a no name. You know, you got to get somebody, you know, with some acting chops in there. And they did that with Joaquin. And I feel like if you're going to have a, like, and that's the same thing with like the Venom movie, a Venom movie without Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. You got to go with a fucking name like Tom Hardy. Yeah. And I don't know. You, you got to go with a big name. And I think fucking Rami Malek's riding high off of Bohemian Rhapsody. I wasn't the biggest fan of the movie. That's, yeah. I, I'll make, you know, that's no secret. But, but he was good in it. 
Sure. I thought I thought he was good. I he was fine. He was being such a huge Freddie yeah. Mercury fan. I didn't agree with the direction they took, but I didn't have a problem with him. Yeah, he was fine. He was fine. I and I, I still love Rami Malek. I don't know. I had a lot of problems with that fucking movie. But we'll see. I mean, um, Craven, the, a Craven movie. Yeah, I, I like what you guys are saying. Like, give us a Craven movie and then build up to Last Hunt. Build up to it. But man, for that. You gotta really make that first movie worth it. That's what, like, I feel like this whole Sony universe, they kinda lucked out with Venom. Like, they kinda lucked out with it being, like, the hit that it was. They really did. Like, I feel like they're kind of, like, skating on thin ice. One, one bad movie could, like, ruin this whole fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The success of Venom definitely quadrupled the projects that they were, uh, thinking about yeah well what and happened just, to- it could go both ways like one mm-hmm. madam webb is a big flop and they're not going to make a jackpot movie but that, that, those are still they're still talking about those oh yeah yeah i mean but they got yeah oh you're yes what you're saying is they're not going to yeah, make yeah. those movies unless you get the success of venom yes yeah and yeah but, i think the next one's a big one like venom's already such a popular character that that definitely helped it. The popularity of Venom, the selling ability of Tom Hardy as your lead. Yeah. I, that's a hard recipe to match with characters like Morpheus or Craven. Morbius, yeah. Morbius, sorry. You're thinking of, of Lawrence Fishburne. No, I think I had Sandman in the brain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, there's a ton of Neil Gaiman and shit going on with Fandom today, so. I, yeah. God damn! It. I started that Audible Sandman. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. I'm like three hours in. That, uh, highly recommend that. Well, they're doing a fucking Sandman lock and key crossover too, aren't they? With the in the comics. Oh shit! I, I did not know about that. That's I'm cool. Pretty sure they are. If I'm, if that's the project I remember, let me go. It makes this. total sense. Sandman lock. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. Uh, Sandman, Lock and Key, crossover announced. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's been in the works for Makes a while. Makes perfect now. sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, bah, 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 bah. let's move on. Fuck it. Guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with uh, DC Fandom News, and we're going to bring on a couple of people. We have, have actually been recording during DC Fandom. I got to listen, uh, watch a lot of DC fandom, but once we started recording, we missed out on some stuff. So we're going to bring on a couple people that have been able to watch the full experience that'll fill us in on some of the stuff that we missed. So we're going to take a quick break, bring them on, come back with DC news. Awesome. All right. Hey, we are back. We're going to be talking about uh, all the things that happened in uh, DC fandom. It is now time for DC news. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. Alright, we are joined by, see, here's the thing. We didn't get to watch all of DC fandom. I watched uh, uh, quite a bit of it, but uh, we are joined by uh, Brooke, uh, Doherty, and uh, Stephen Farshit. You guys have watched what we didn't get to see. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go over like what I got to see. And then from there, I'm going to let you guys kind of like take it over. 
and uh, let us know that what we didn't get to see. But I, I, I started watching with the Wonder Woman panel. Oh, and welcome, Brooke and Steven. How are you doing? Hello. Thanks for having me. Steven, this is your first time on the Hi. fucking podcast. Yay. Yay. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, Brooke, welcome. This is where you say, Hi. say Hello. something. Yeah, there you go. All right. Yeah. Uh, podcasting pros. Um, I said hi. <laughs> yeah, well, like, hear me? Yeah, t- like 10 minutes later. <laughs> I had to unmute my microphone. Oh, okay. I've learned my lesson. Okay. All right. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy to have you both here. Um, yeah, uh, Wonder Woman panel. We did get to, we did get to see some, uh, new footage as they gave us a new trailer. And we did get to see a full on transformation of Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. And I just want to say that I think the CG looked, it didn't look great with her as full Cheetah. It didn't look great, in my opinion. I would agree yeah. with that. I was prepared for the worst, you know? It's just kind of maybe with cats and knowing what that looked like and just kind of all the bad press that we've been kind of giving Wonder Woman to. I was kind of steeled in to really, really, really hate it. And I was like, oh, that's not as terrible as I thought it would be. <laughs> but I also wasn't wowed by it. Like, oh, it's so awesome. So I don't, I don't know. It was very dark, though. And that's always the sign of bad CG. It was like all these dark, fast-moving shots. Yeah, I just, I wasn't impressed, honestly. I, and I love Kristen Wiig, and I think, I just, I keep, I keep worrying with her character in this that we're not gonna see anything new. That we're just gonna get the same old kind of like character that we've seen, like from, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of Batman like. Batman Returns. Batman yeah, Returns. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. Well, Batman Returns, um, Spy- the Amazing Spider-Man Two, Jamie Foxx's character is Electro. Mm. You know, kind of like uh. when he, before he t- makes the transformation, how he's like geeky and nerdy and awkward. I, I feel like that's what we're gonna get here. Like, oh, Jim Carrey's Riddler. Jim oh. Carrey's Riddler. I feel like that's what we're gonna get here. That's what I'm kind of worried about. Like, because. And, it, you know, so I guess it may have worked back then with, like, Jim Carrey's Riddler and stuff like that. But it didn't work with Jamie Foxx's Electro. And no. I, I just feel like that's the same kind of character that we're going to get with Kristen Wiig's Cheetah in this. And I could be wrong. We'll see. I don't know. And I didn't think the CG looked good. No, there's that scene where, like, the trucks are flipping over in the road. And, oh, man, if you watch it on a big TV, it looks so bad. So I, I'm surprised they would show that scene in the trailer. Yeah. I don't know. Um, a lot of the spoilers that we saw from Reddit are lining up with what we're seeing in these trailers, too. You know, in the spoilers, they talked about the satellite broadcast installation, and we see that satellite broadcast installation in the trailer. I'm trying to think what other things that we saw. In this new trailer that we actually saw in 
this, and I know that we saw a lot more. I'm trying to think, though. I, I can't think of anything right now, though. But um, I, I don't know. I want to know what your guys' thoughts are. Paul, did you see this new Wonder Woman trailer? I did, yeah. I'm I'm still pumped for it. I, I agree that, that Cheetah looked not the greatest. Uh, it's definitely not going to make me not want to see the movie. Uh, I love Pedro Pascal. So I'm excited to see him. Yeah, I'm just just excited to see where they take the character from the first movie and how it's all going to fit in. Well, I mean, Patty Jenkins has kind of said, come out and said, like, this is going to be, it's going to be very much kind of like a, a romance comedy in a lot of ways. And yeah. and for me, like, I, I'm still looking forward to to seeing like what they do as far as like the 80s stuff is concerned i think we, they can have a lot of fun with that i even enjoyed at the end of this new trailer kind of like seeing steve trevor with like his american flag fanny pack you know <laughs> and then the that joke about awesome. the parachute pants was kind of funny so you know it, he'll be kind of like the man out of time in this one um brooke what did you think about it I'm really excited for this movie, but um, I didn't, the first time I watched it, I didn't even register that Cheetah was actually a cheetah in the parts where they showed her with the CGI. Yeah. Like, I was not even, it, it was not, I, I couldn't even, like, focus on that, you know, because um, uh, Wonder Woman has that gold armor, and I think that's really cool, and I was sort of thinking about that, and then I watched it again, I was like, oh, oh yeah, she's got the spots, I'm like, it looks a little better than Ares' mustache, so there's that, <laughs> but it definitely seems like it's gonna be like the last, you know, uh, the CG's gonna be like the, the final battle of the last movie, and that makes me sad, but I am excited to see it because I adore Pedro Pascal and I love Gal Gadot and I love Chris Pine and yeah, I and Kristen Wiig and it, I, anyway, I just love everybody so I'm going to go see it of course or pay to see it at home or whatever but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not feeling real great about some of the visuals. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I think that's one of my biggest problems with this so far, um, I do, from everything that I've heard, I think everyone else, when they see Steve Trevor in this, they see a different person. Have you guys heard of this? Yeah. It's only, mm. uh, Di- Di- Diana makes the wish to bring him back. And everybody else sees Basically, Steve Trevor inhabits an like actual guy. Yeah, he inhabits an actual guy. And the only person that sees Steve Trevor the way he is, is Diana. So like when she sees him and she hugs him in the scene, she sees him. But if we were to see what everyone else sees, it's a completely different guy. So he's overtaken. So like when you make a wish, it's, you know, like in a lot of stories, especially like, you know, with it, like a genie, you make a wish with a genie, you wish for something, but it's not always the wish that you, you know, that you thought it was going to be. There's always, it always comes at a price. And like, so he basically inhabits another human being. 
So Diana sees Steve, and it is Steve, but everybody else sees the actual guy that he now inhabits. Mm. And I 100% firmly believe that's what's going to happen in the movie. I totally agree with that, because I definitely heard that that he sort of inhabited somebody, like he looked yeah. like someone else. Yeah. Else. Yeah. And within the movie, we're going to see who so he inhabits. So we don't know who that is, right? Like, we don't know who's cast as the person who is not Chris Pine? I hope it's Josh Gad. Oh my god! <laughs> like, do we are we gonna see Chris Pine look in the mirror and see Josh Gad there? That's what no, 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 no. <laughs> that 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 is not good. Who said Josh Gad? Was it you, Paul? It sure was. <laughs> I actually, I actually heard that it was Keenan Thompson. Oh, that'd be even better. Oh, are you talking about from 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 Good Burger? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely what we're talking about. Yes, and, sir. All I'm going to say to that is, what's up with that? What's up? Ooh-wee. Oh, my God. Jason Sudeikis dancing oh in What's Up With That is one of the best. <laughs> the running man. Dude, his facial expressions are just, oh, my goodness. Um, I, you know, like, but there are some things that, that we saw in this and we saw see him in previous trailers, but like in like the, the Reddit leaks, it says, you know, um, that, uh, the, there's a satellite broadcast installation and, um, uh, everyone sees the broadcast, Diana included. She rushes home and takes her ancestor's armor. We saw her ancestor's armor in this. We saw it in a previous trailer. So I, everything that I've read from the leaks, Jake, I think, and I still have those leaks, it's it all adds up. I and 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 it's from the two previous screenings that they've had of this movie. So in some of the screenings, people have loved it, and then other screenings, people are like, "This movie's not as good as the first one." They didn't really enjoy it. But you know, of course, when you watch like a screener of a movie, they haven't added music a lot of times and things like that. The CGI is not 100% complete. So hopefully, you know, Patty Jenkins won't let us down. I loved the first movie. I'm still hoping that this movie is great, but I am very skeptical. And the CGI just did not look great in this. And this is what they showed at DC Fandom. So I'm a little worried. So we'll see. Yeah. To me, the highlight of the trailer was the chemistry between Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor. Yeah. And even if it has a dumb as rocks wishing cheetah plot going on, you know, we're going to get a lot of that. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun, no matter how bad they mangle everything else. Yeah. Um, next thing I remember seeing in DC fandom was the Gotham Knights video game trailer. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. This is the, based off the Snyder owl stuff, right? Yes. Well, they showed some, they showed talent in this, right? Like, are they, are they doing the James Tynan, the fourth Talon character in this from the comics? It looks like it because they actually also did an eight minute gameplay trailer. Yeah. And, oh, man. Yeah. It's, and just showing like the whole like, top of the court of owls with those white masks and then that talent coming out of like the freezer or whatever the hell it was. Oh, give it to me right now. We get to play as red hood, Robin, Nightwing or Batgirl. 
Yeah, because the premise is crazy that Batman is dead. Yes. Yeah, there's that whole video of Batman. Yeah, and this is not to be confused. Like, this is, this is nothing to do with the Arkham Knight series. Um, because this is made by Warner Brothers Montreal, not Rocksteady. Is this a PS, is, is this a PS5 exclusive? I, I heard it's gonna be on the current consoles as well. Okay. Huh. But, but yeah. Yeah, I thought it looked fantastic. Any more thoughts? I, I, my only thought is that they should have, if Rockstar Games was interested in, in showing, uh, you know, a good trailer or whatever, they should have showed it first because from watching this early in the day, then watching the Rockstar Arkham game later on, I mean, I, I couldn't be less interested in that Rockstar game, which is crazy because it's such a, that, that whole line of games, the whole Arkham line of games is, is an amazing, are amazing games. But uh, that trailer just, that did not work for me. That preview uh, for the Arkham game, yeah, I did for the Suicide Squad game. I haven't right. seen. I haven't seen that. Tell me about that. I disagree, Steve. Really? I think that Suicide Squad game looks fucking beautiful. I mean, so you got the uh, they didn't show they didn't show any gameplay at all, right, Paul? From what I saw, it looked like it was all just like opening trailer kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it was like these still photos of them just having conversations with Will Arnett, um, which you know I thought was was fine. Uh, they were trying to be funny, and but you know the rest of us are here, you know, worrying, worrying about the gameplay and is it co op, is it not? And, and all we're basically getting is kind of a a weird comedy sketch uh, between Will Arnett and some some still photos of, of them in jail. Um, Harley's voice, I, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of. I mean, I know that that's like a flip-flop because, you know, you get Harley Quinn from the the new animated series, which is, of course, amazing. And everybody at first were, was complaining about her voice and it's because it's different. And now here we are going back to kind of that, you know, Mr. J, you know, whatever kind of nonsense. And it, I don't think it was very well done, in my opinion, the, the voice for, for Harley Quinn. But, the, I mean, I don't know. What did you see, Paul? What did you see in the actual game that made you – I mean, the story is cool. They have to kill the Justice League. Other than that, what did you see? Well, I love seeing that. I love getting the vibe of it, of them hanging out in a metropolis that's completely under attack. And they're just chilling like on a restaurant patio. You see King Shark and, you know, Deathstroke and, and Boomerang and all that. Like, and you get this, like, it's cool of playing all the Arkham games. And now we get to be the bad guys and we get to see that we're going to fight like evil Superman. And it kind of makes sense that they didn't really didn't have any gameplay because the game's not coming out until like 2020 or uh, 2022. Yeah, but why are we watching this then? You know what I mean? I, I understand that it's that it's you know. I think to get people to stop speculating that it's going to be another Batman game. I mean, that's awesome that they're they're going away from the Batman. So you, so you play some other parts of the the characters. I'm just I'm just saying that if they were going to come out with with something during the exact same event where this uh, the Gotham Knights game came, they, they should have brought a little something to the table. That's that's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely love what we saw, and I think they wanted to kind of piggyback off of what was going to be shown with the Suicide Squad movie today. Let's talk about the Suicide Squad movie, uh, or oh. do you? Or, or 
Okay, before we talk about that, let's. Talk, I guess we can talk really quick about the Flash concept art that we saw. We saw a Flash. Who's flipping through pages? Who's got Who's got the fucking Time Life uh, subscription? The- <laughs> Sounds like they were like looking through one of those giant like map books. No shit. Like what the fuck is going? Who's flipping through? Brooke, it's got to be you. You 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 you're always doing something. What are you doing over it there? It was not me. No. I was sitting here with my hands up in the air and my thing was muted. I promise, it was not me. Brooke, Brooke. It, was, it was definitely me. I was actually yeah. flipping through the the daily newspaper. I have my little pipe and I was just kind of. Checking up on the daily well, can you Leave the crossword <laughs> puzzle for like for tomorrow, okay? Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow's Sunday. You're gonna get the most amazing crossword puzzle delivered to you on your doorstep tomorrow. Just fuck around, with, fuck around with it on Sunday. All right. You can wait oh, no, we, to we, make your horse bets. We need to market pop culture leftovers clue where the object of the game is to figure out who's making what noise with what object. It feels like anytime we get like a new guest, I have to chastise them for all the goddamn noise that they make. And this time it's Steven. Steven, I love you. I fucking, I fucking met you at C2E2. You're a fucking, you're a charming, wonderful person, but god damn it, I get you on this episode. You're noisy as fuck, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I did flip one page. You're right. And, no, oh uh, god, one, one page. page. <laughs> one page. Like, how, seriously, how big is that fucking book? How big is that? How big is that page? It's, it's a legal size notepad. Yes, sir. Gee, if, <laughs> if, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rite of passage to get called out for making noise on PCL. It was, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Oh my god! I thought he was like it was right after you brought up the flash concept art, and I was like, well, here he goes. He has to go back 20 pages in his notes to get back to the flash concept <laughs> art picture. I actually, had to go forward because we skipped a couple of panels, so that's why I, there was the flip. I'm not. I can't go over. Every, I'm going to go over like that. I'm not going to go over every fucking panel. Every pain. I, I'm gonna go over the big stuff, alright? Um, but I saw the, the, uh, the concept art, and we got to see the new flash suit in that concept art, and, uh, one of the things that they revealed to us is that this new suit was actually built by Bruce Wayne himself, which is something I think that we've kind of like speculated on in a, in a past episode. But uh, I like I like the look of the new suit, and it looks like the logo, and there's like electricity and shit like that going on on the front, and it glows. I like the look of the new suit, and if you look at the concept art, if you look at the Batman that's behind him, the logo is yellow. It's Keaton's '89 Batman suit, is what it looks like to me. So this is Keaton's Batman in the in the concept art. We know Michael Keaton's going to be in the movie. And, and we know that no one's saying anything right now and that nobody's <laughs> my, adding. My, my jaw is open because I was just like, I didn't even notice that. And now my mind is blown. <laughs> yeah. I know that Michael Keaton's going to be in that, but I didn't even notice that. behind. Oh. It looks like the 89 suit because it's got the yellow logo and it looks it, the, even the concept art is like basically – um, confirming the fact that we're going to get uh, the 89 Batman here. Can you imagine uh, fucking Michael Keaton back in that suit 30 years oh, later? Oh, man. Uh, that's wild. I don't, hey, you really, I, 
I don't even need him in that suit. I just want him just to be there to be Bruce Wayne or Batman. It doesn't matter. Like, I am so stoked for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. After the journey that this, just let's think about the journey that this actor has had from the fact that, you know, you know, he played, he played Batman, didn't like the direction that they were going to go with the Schumacher films, dropped out, you know, did a movie, Birdman, joined Marvel, played the Vulture, but now he's coming back 30 plus years later and he's going to, he's going to don that suit again. And it looks like the same suit from the, from, from the concept art. Oh yeah, it's got like the whole like built-in six-pack to it. Yeah, it's totally the '89 Keaton suit. Oh my god, and he's gonna be he's gonna be fighting side by side. Oh god, we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna talk about this. Fuck it, we're gonna talk about it now. He's gonna be fighting alongside. Here's the news: Affleck. This is from Dark Horizons. Affleck is returning as Batman in the Flash. The upcoming Flash film will now boast two former Batman stars. Vanity Fair spoke with the film's director. Andy Muschietti. I didn't know how to pronounce his name. I didn't, I always said Andy Muschietti. And during the panel, uh, they kept uh, they, when they were talking to Andy, they were saying Andy Muschietti. And it sounds like it sounds like a a spaghetti that's made from from moose Muschietti. Yeah, that's a lot easier to say than the way we were saying. I know we were saying Muschietti, and his last name is Muschietti. It sounds like it sounds like uh, like a like, yeah like. Um, uh, <laughs> A moose spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't wrong. Mm, mm. Anyway, uh, Muschietti. Uh, I still want to say Muschietti. Muschietti. I, ooh, Muschietti, uh, who confirmed that Affleck will reprise his role as Batman in the film. He, he joins the already confirmed Michael Keaton, who will also appear as the Cape Crusader. Muschietti says he thinks he's come up with a way to give Affleck a chance to truly shine as Batman in a way his earlier work didn't show. Quote, his Batman has a dichotomy that is very strong, which is his masculinity because of the way he looks and the imposing figure that he has and his jawline. But he's also very vulnerable. He knows how to deliver from the inside out that vulnerability he just needs a story that allows him to bring that contrast, that balance. Muschietti also wants to make it very clear, this is not a mere cameo. With Affleck's involvement said to be a key part of the film, quote, he's a very substantial part of the emotional impact of the movie. The interaction and relationship between Barry and Affleck's Wayne will bring an emotional level that we haven't seen before. It's Barry's movie, it's Barry's story, but their characters are more related than we think. They both lost their mothers to murder, and that's one of the mo- uh, one of the emotional vessels of the movie. That's where the Affleck Batman kicks in. The movie is said to be inspired by the Flashpoint storyline from the comics, which sees Barry going back in time to save his mother from being murdered. In doing so, he greatly changes his current reality. The changes allow for Affleck and Keaton to play the same character in two different versions of the reality. Quote, this movie is a bit of a hinge in the sense that it presents a story that implies a unified universe where all the cinematic iterations that we've seen before are valid. It's inclusive in the sense that it is saying all that you've seen exists and everything that you will see exists in the same unified universe, uh, same unified multiverse. 
Affleck has made it clear on numerous occasions that he had no plans to ever return to the role as Batman or superhero films. So this news is highly surprising. So I don't know about you guys, but like when this news dropped a few days ago about Affleck coming back and doing this movie, I actually posed the question on a previous episode, like, what are the chances? Like, I I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought it was like crazy. But now that it is happening, I think it's I I think it's fantastic. I think it's a great send off for his Batman. And it's definitely a restarting point for like what they're going to do going forward. We're going to get this blows my fucking mind. We're going to see two fucking Batmans on the screen together that have played this character in the cinema that we've seen. Like we fucking I remember fucking uh, summer of 1989 going to the theater and watching Michael Keaton as Batman and being blown the fuck away. And then um, I also remember seeing Ben Affleck as Batman. But I, now I'm going to see, like, both of them on the screen at the same time in Flashpoint. And, I, of course, this is going to be – I think this is just going to be a story where they're going to be able to pick and choose what has worked for them and what they're going to use going forward. But the fact that we're getting two Batman on the screen at the same time blows my fucking mind – Thoughts? Do you think there's a chance that we'll see more than two? I mean, we think this is the end of the wackiness. I think if anything, we we could see Val Kilmer. I don't think Bale is going to be down for this. What about George Clooney? I don't know. <laughs> I say it. I'm sorry. I don't know if we're going to see bat nipples. <laughs> <laughs> what about really goofy and like have like Kevin Conroy animated Batman show? They've up? already done. The, no, I don't think they're going to do animate. We've seen Kevin Conroy. I didn't watch it, but it was in like it wasn't in the. Didn't he join as Batman in the Crisis? Yeah. I didn't okay. see yeah, it. It wasn't that great. Yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> but I'm very sad to say. Yeah. But the fact that we're getting two Batman in... That's awesome. I'm sure Affleck, I mean, I'm sure he got a hefty paycheck, and I'm sure he knows that the last movie he was in as Batman is pretty much considered trash by everyone. Like, we all know the sad Ben Affleck stuff where they're playing the Simon and Garfunkel song, and maybe this will be the movie that, you're right, that gives him a way better send-off and makes him a little bit more beloved by fans. Oh, dude, 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 dude. I think, like, you're speaking as, like, here we go. You're speaking as, like, me and you watching those movies. Like, he's not beloved to me and you. But, like, dude, there are people out there that, like, Ben Affleck is their fucking Batman. Like, you know, I've read it. I've seen it. I've heard it. They love fucking Batfleck. So. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I still think... But those are like the few and far between. Like the masses don't have a lot of respect. I don't. I don't know if it's the masses. I don't. I, I mean, I've seen a lot of love for fucking Batfleck, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I just might be disconnected from that. I still think it's got to be a better send off than what he got, though. Oh yeah, and if I could piggyback off that, um, he's definitely not my Batman. That's Keaton and Conroy. But I do remember, like, reading stuff of how he was in a real low place when he was Batman and led him to drinking. And 
mm-hmm. you know, like more drinking and stuff. So I'm really happy that like he feels of like sound mind to come back to this character. And I think he's really going to like I'm really excited to see yeah. him give it like one last go. Like I think I think he wants the proper send off more than the fans. So I'm really rooting that 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 he does a great job in this. Oh man! Like, I, apparently he read the script. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I just want to say he, apparently he read the script and loved it, and that's why mm-hmm. he's coming back to do this. Go ahead, Brooke. Awesome. I just want to say I want to second what Paul said because he had been going through so much with like him and Jennifer Garner and all that kind of stuff. And it's he's now he's gotten he's gone through rehab and he's gone through a lot of things. And if you saw him today when they showed him talking like he looks so much better mm. than he did before like before he they could have had him in a nice suit and his hair all combed but he still looked ragged you know and it's because he was going through some shit and i feel like he definitely is in a better place and i'm sure his kids you know would like to see him actually play batman instead of hold a spot for batman <laughs> Yeah, you know, and and, and uh, oh my god! Like, um, I'll tell you one thing. Like, um, he proved to me this year, earlier. I think it was was it February or March when I went and saw the Way Back. I think it was like January or February. It was very early in the year when he did that that, that basketball movie where he played the Such coach. A good movie. Fantastic fucking movie. Uh, that movie directed by Gavin O'Connor, director of. Warrior, which I talked about earlier, same director, like the way back is fantastic. And I think like, honestly, with the the way this year has been, I think, you know, as far as like movies not coming out and, and things like that, I, Ben Affleck, in my opinion, in my personal opinion for that role and his portrayal of that character and his acting, I mean, I would nominate him for an Oscar for the way back. I thought he was that incredible. I thought he was that really, I thought he was that good in that yeah. performance. Agreed. He's fucking amazing in a year where like nothing's being released. Um, and I don't know how it would stack up if every other fucking movie that was supposed to come out came out, but Ben Affleck was fucking incredible. Phenomenal in the way back, but two Batman on the fucking screen. Are you kidding me? This is, this is awesome. Like, and some people, I'm reading some people like DC doesn't know what they're doing. And it's like, are you, what? Like, I think, I feel like they finally fucking get it now. Like, this is fun. This is fun. I don't have a question. Do you think this is a one and done for athletes? Yes. Do you think with all the hype of the Snyder cut to see where that goes that now they might kind of use that as a second option. Like, okay, that was actually hit. Maybe we can no. keep Affleck and move back into kind of where we were going before. One and done. One and done. Okay. They're moving forward. So. And I don't think that, like, I don't think that they know what they're going to do. I think they know what they're going to do with Keaton. Keaton's going to be a mentor. You know, kind of like, and they've said this, kind of like the mentor, like Nick Fury is. In like, you know, uh, homecoming and Iron Man was, uh, excuse me, in, um, far from home and then how, you know, Iron Man was in, in homecoming and just kind of like that mentor figure going forward for Flash. And I think that like they're going to figure out what they're going to do and what they can do with Robert Pattinson. Like, what is he comfortable with doing going forward? Like, I think that movie, like, if it's huge, 
of course they're going to want to make it a part of this bigger multiverse that they're introducing. But if Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves are kind of just like, no, we just want to do our own thing. We want to be in our own little fucking Batman bubble over here and do our own fucking thing. Just kind of like, you know, like with the Joker movie it's doing, you know, that's, it's, that's in its own bubble. I think that at that point, what we'll see is, and I'm hoping is Michael Keaton's Batman is like, you know, I'm too old for this shit. He's going to go all fucking like lethal weapon Murtaugh. I'm too old for this shit. And they pass it off to Terry McGinnis and we get Batman Beyond. Oh, that would be fucking awesome, man. But we'll see. Like we, I don't, I don't even think that they know at this point, but they know that Flashpoint, this Flashpoint movie is going to be kind of like the reset button for everything where they're going to keep what they feel that works what does this mean what does this mean for superman though which is crazy like i did see the black adam stuff and a lot of the stuff that had been rumored for black adam um and the leaks and stuff has been true some of it was not true the leaks they talked about it also starring hot girl which dwayne johnson basically said hot girl is not going to appear in this movie but we've got Hawkman. um they talked about Dr. Fate. Um, who else? Who else was going to be in it? Cyclone. Cyclone, yeah. And I mean, I've heard rumors. I've heard rumors. I don't know if you guys have heard rumors about Hawkman, but I've heard rumors of Army Hammer playing Hawkman, which, you know, like, they kind of... Here's the thing. Army Hammer was originally going to be playing Batman in George Miller's Justice League. And when that got, and was it, who was DJ Katrona playing? DJ Katrona was playing somebody in that George Miller Justice League. And when he didn't get to play that character in that movie, they still brought DJ Katrona as a character as one of the Shazam family in Shazam. And I thought that that was basically kind of, and, um, uh, fuck, um, Another member of the Shazam family that, that, uh, was gonna play the original Flash in the George Miller Justice League movie and they made him the adult version of that one kid, his brother, his brother that used like Adam Brody. Yeah, Adam Brody. Adam Brody was gonna be the Flash and thank you, Brooke. Adam Brody was gonna be the Flash in George Miller's Justice League and and, and when that didn't happen, they brought him on as as one of the Shazam family. DJ Katrona was going to be Superman. He was going to be Superman. Yep. And so it's like it does. And so part of me, like these rumors for Army Hammer playing Hawkman, who was going to be George Miller's Batman, it kind of makes sense. But then on the flip side, I've also heard rumors of Alexander Skarsgård from True Blood. He also played. Tarzan in that Tarzan movie. I've heard of rumors of him playing Hawkman, so I don't know. But um, I fucking love the way Dwayne Johnson uh, answered those questions and his excitement for Black Adam because he's been such – he has been championing this movie and this character for years, and it's finally getting off the fucking ground. Yeah, this is one of those things we were talking about in our first 100 episodes, I think. Uh, totally. So I mean, yeah. this has been going on a long time. 
Go ahead, Brooke. I I was just thinking, like I had not, I didn't really care too a whole lot about it. I knew I wanted would go see it because I do like Dwayne Johnson, but I I saw that concept art that Boss Logic did, and it looked awesome, and he was so excited about it, mm. and he is such a charismatic motherfucker, like. I would maybe would go see him read the phone book in at the movies, you know. <laughs> so he got me hyped for it. If they announced that Dwayne Johnson is going to read the phone book at the movies, I would fucking be there. <laughs> like I, I love like I didn't I didn't watch him wrestle. I didn't care, but like his movie career and this like how far he's come, I fucking love him. He's so awesome. So, um, just. His excitement for this and the fact that the way he kind of like ended that panel and talking about how like there's a, there, you know, like, like, you know, he basically like kind of like told the other superheroes in the universe, like, you know, there's somebody else coming, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, y'all better look out. There's somebody else, you know, I'm going to shake up this whole fucking universe. <laughs> yeah, he cut a wrestling promo, basically. It, it was awesome. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. And it's like, that's one of those things where, like, they are definitely positioning him to, and he, he kind of played it coy. Like, you know, he could, oh, is he going to, is he going to, could he be friends with Superman? You know, um, it, it didn't sound like that. It sounded like it. I don't know. It, it sounded like Superman's definitely going to be involved in the Black Adam story. I don't know if it's going to be in this first movie because we've it heard. It sounds the- like it is. They, like the concept art they showed today, it sure looks like there's Superman stuff in well, there. Well, there's definitely a plan for more movies. I've heard that there's there's a plan for like a buildup of like we're get, definitely going to get the Black Adam movie. There's going to be Shazam 2. And then I've heard in like Shazam 2, like Superman is going to be looked at as kind of like a mentor to Shazam. And then maybe another movie culminating like a battle between all three and like where that goes. I don't know. So, I mean, it could go all over, Jake. But yeah, Black Adam, the movie, could feature Superman. Superman could definitely be like a cameo in that. But I felt like, I felt, could he be joining the JSA in that? I feel like this first Black Adam movie, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this first Black Adam movie, he's going to be starting off as a hero. And it's going to be kind of like, we're going to look at him as like a hero in this maybe working with the JSA and then by the end of it, his values are different from the JSA and he's more of an anti-hero. We can look at him more of a kind of like a fucking, like a Magneto who thinks that he's doing the right thing, but at the sacrifice of, of, of other people, maybe even humanity. Yeah, Brian, I, I definitely got that vibe um, when he was talking, when he when The Rock was doing the uh, Boss Logic images and said that it's basically going to form the JSA. And then in the end, they're going to realize that the only values that I care about are Black Adam's values. Right. Yeah. Which means that, you know, that he's going to use them for whatever purpose and then, you know, shrug them off and like, OK, well. I've used you for what I need you done. Now I'm going to just do my thing now. I I think that's absolutely the way the movie's going to go. Hero, hero, hero. And then the last uh, half of Act 3 will just be, you know, betrayal. 
And then, I mean, who's going to stand up to him at that point? It, Superman? Are we going to get the Superman that we know from the comic book that has like completely different values? You know, that's going to be the the protector of mankind and take on Black Adam. Or maybe maybe the peak of the movie won't have the stand up against him. You know, maybe because he's the title character, he's going to get the big win at the end of this movie. Yeah, and, and the Superman stuff and the people coming to stop him stuff. That'll be the next thing. So it'll be like the Empire Strikes Back film. Yeah, you know why call the movie black adam and then have it end with black adam getting defeated it it just seems like it wouldn't go down that way right yeah yeah kind of like well it's kind of like listen to this go ahead the rock on twitter describes superman this was just from four hours ago as a superhero who won't kill because of his code versus black adam an anti-hero who's happy to kill because of his code that's what I'm, i'm making that magneto comparison yeah, yeah, that's a great comparison. And Very I mean, much in vain of that character. Yeah, and I think this movie's going to go. Hopefully, it'll be success, successful in making you actually see that the villain could be right. Like that's just such a hard trick to pull. Like I, Magneto's yeah. great in the movies, but I don't think they they ever really convince you that he's not just kind of a madman when it comes down to it. Yeah, yeah. Like at the end of this movie, you're kind of like thinking to yourself, like. Yeah, part of me was thinking, like, Black Adam is right, you know? Like, I kind of signed up with Black Adam in this one. Yeah, exactly. I think the movie would really work if it could achieve that. Yeah. Let's move on to the, let's move, I guess, let's move on to the, um, to the Suicide Squad. I, I really want to talk about this. Um, I mean, it was, a, it was a fun panel and, and we got to, we got to learn, uh, who they're playing. We, we find out that, um, uh, of course we know that, uh, Viola Davis and Joel Kinnaman and Jai Courtney are coming back to play their characters, which I think is great. I think that they pulled, and and of course Marco Robbie. I think that they pulled from the best of what Tucker. we got. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they pulled mm-hmm. from the like I loved. I honestly, out of all those, my favorites out of all of those in that movie, I love Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flag and I love Jai Courtney as Boomerang so yeah, much. I, we needed more Boomerang. Yeah, Captain Boomerang was awesome. I loved them so much. But like we found I totally Boomerang. I totally love Boomerang uh, in that movie. Jai Courtney was did you guys watch Buffaloed on Hulu? Mm-mm. No. Do yourself a favor and watch Buffaloed on Hulu. Like I have a, such a new respect for Jai Courtney as an actor mm-hmm. after watching him as Boomerang and then his character in Buffaloed. He is he when they have him play a scumbag, a dirty scumbag. He is so good in these fucking movies. Like it's I think it's when you fucking throw. But wasn't he in fucking Terminator Genesis? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. When you have him in shit like that, he fucking, oh God. But then when you have Jake Courtney playing these quirky, weird characters like Boomerang and this fucking character he played in Buffaloed, um, he is fantastic. I thought he was, he had this fake tan, this spray tan in Buffaloed and he played just a fucking, just a, just a, just a douchebag and he's so good at it. Um, but we heard, we found out like Michael Rooker, we knew he's going to be in the movie. He's going to be playing Savant. We got um, uh, David Dasmalkin as uh, Polka Dot Man. Um, 
Who's this actor that we've got um, as Ratcatcher 2? I'm not familiar with her. And what was her name again? Last name is like Melchior. Yeah, that was someone that I was not familiar with either. I didn't know her either. Yeah, I'm not familiar with her. Pete Davidson's going to be playing Blackguard. We still don't know who Taika Waititi is playing. Taika Waititi. Yeah, still a secret. Still a secret. Didn't even show up to the panel. Oh, fuck. I totally forgot that he was going to be in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Brooke, I got to know your thoughts about uh, Peter Capaldi as the thinker. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have no idea who he was going to be. I thought he might be like Mr. Freeze or something because I shaved his head. Um but then, of course, I should have known because it's James Gunn and he likes weird stuff. He was going to go for super odd rogues gallery people. And I'm excited because I fucking love Peter Capaldi. So I know. I, he, like, he, is he still your favorite doctor? Is he still your favorite doctor? I don't know. I really, really love Jodie Whittaker. I know. I talked to you. And here's the thing. One of the, one of the shows that I'm going to get caught up on uh, shortly is is Doctor Who. I, I went to the mm-hmm. Doctor Who of like the 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 event that they had where they showed like the premiere of like what was it season? Oh God, I can't remember the new, the, the newest season that came out. I watched the premiere mm-hmm. of it, and I had never seen her, Jodie Whittaker, as the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And uh, it made me just kind of like want to get back because I, I finished after mm-hmm. my my last episode was like the Matt Smith stuff. And I watched the first episode of the Peter Capaldi run in season eight. And mm-hmm. I just was like, oh, man, I don't know if I can get back into this. But it made me like and then I talked to you at C2E2 one year and you're like, oh, Peter Capaldi's my favorite doctor. And I'm like, mm-hmm. really? Really? OK. Mm-hmm. So I got it. And I love that whole universe. So his last season with. Uh, Bill and Nardole as his companions was great. I really? think Bill was one of my favorites, but I love Pearl Mackey. I think she's great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump yeah. back into Doctor Who. I need to finish these last few seasons. But um, yeah, Peter Capaldi's gonna be the thinker. Sean Gunn's gonna be playing Weasel. Um, I mean John Cena as Peacemaker. That really made me excited. He basically yeah. talked about how. He's like kind of like a kind of like play. He, they said like play Captain America, but you're a douchebag, and you're all your, you know all your values are wrong or whatever. You know, yeah. He, he describes himself as a douchey Captain America. That mm-hmm. is the biggest laugh of that says a real. Oh my god! And then we get Nathan Fillion in this one. I think is fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to to this movie we even got a quick scene of king shark doing what king shark does eating people and i was like yes yes this is amazing do you think that could be taika (laughs) no uh uh king shark is being played by another he's a comedian i've seen this comedian on at midnight when Steve Ag Steve Steve Ag yeah but they whenever he was announcing it he called it him the uh, he gave him a name and then called him the onset the onset shot yeah so he's he's doing the kind of like what Sean Gunn does mm-hmm. with Rocket Raccoon he's the onset mm-hmm. body you know what I mean like that that's who they put the ping pong balls on and blah 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 I don't know enough about King Shark so I didn't know if the name that they called that he called him first before that was what his name had been or whatever. But oh, that's funny. you know what I mean? But if he's playing another part, 
but then he was the body double for King Shark. It could be Taika doing the voice. Yeah, it could right? be. It could be. No, you're absolutely right because like when they cast okay, here, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when it like the new one that came out in like 2014 or whatever, the Michael Bay Joel Liebesman one, they actually hired actors to be the turtles for the mocap. Like actors that I've seen in other projects. But the voice actors they got were completely different. So that could be the case here. Like it could be like, you know, like Sean Gunn being the mocap for Rocket Raccoon, but the voice is Bradley Cooper. It kind of makes sense to take his, his voice too, because you got the big burly character that he plays in Ragnarok with that little kind of New Zealand voice, you know? And yeah, then King yeah. Shark's voice in um, the Harley Quinn series is kind of something you didn't expect either. You know, you're expecting this growly, like, rough voice, and then you get this, oh, good day, mate. Oh, yeah, I'm King Shark. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, that makes sense to me that that, that would be Tyka's voice. Man, it, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I, I think that James Gunn's going to get right what the first movie got wrong. I felt like Killer Crocs could have been so amazing in that first movie. Had You know, think about, like, if James Gunn would have directed that first movie. Like, how... Oh. Killer yeah. Croc oh, would have been. Shit. Yeah, there was so like much potential. So much. So shit on. Like, there's so so much humor to be had with those characters, but they were just they were a joke amongst. Like, they did nothing with them at all. So bad. Yeah, and when they said this was, was going to be like a '70s war movie, I was all in. Oh, they said, yeah, it's, it's a '70s war movie. Oh my god, yeah, I was all into. I that got me super excited for this. Yeah, they keep yeah. hinting that they're going to kill a lot of characters, too. Like, every time they talk about this movie, they kind of bring up how you're not supposed to get attached to anybody. There's going to be a lot of casualties. I think, well, like, if if I were to guess... of them up there. If I were to guess, I think Nathan Fillion dies pretty early. Pete Davidson's going to go pretty early. Um, but I do think, like, characters... I do think there's going to be some characters that we think that are going to go early... That are going to be fan favorites that he's going to keep around. I do think Polka Dot Man, played by Davis, David Dasmalkian, is going to stick around. I think, I think, I think Polka Dot Man is going to be a big, a big character in this movie. I could be wrong though. Yeah, I think Sophia the- will stick around. Who? I feel the same way about Rat Catcher too. Rat Catcher. She's going to stick around the whole time. She might even be one of the big heroes from it. I yeah, and and like these like Polka Dot Man, Ratcatcher, those those are characters that they said like have never been a part of the Suicide Squad in the mm-hmm. comics, but he really wanted to bring these characters in and I feel like I feel like he wanted to bring them in for a reason. So Yeah. You, know, the, you watch the panel, you see them them picking the sides for that game. It seemed like it to me that the player that the people they've kind of forgot about. I don't know if you saw it, but they they completely forgot Pete Davidson was there. Yes, yes. When they were when they were choosing, that was so great. He was like he kept like they were they were going to do like a trivia game, and they're picking players to be on their teams. They had um, was it John Cena and Viola Davis were going to be like the. Were they the team Joel captains? Kinnaman Joel Kinnaman Davis. and Viola Davis were going to be team captains. And they were picking players to be on their team. And, like, Pete Davidson was like, this is high school all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they kept saying, oh, is there anybody else left? And like, no, 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 there's not. And there's clearly a black square left on the screen. 
<laughs> Pete Davidson is like, yeah, this is just like high school. Everybody forgot about me. But, uh, yeah, I, I just feel like the order of which those people were picked and the fact that, like, the last – like, even Peter Capaldi was one of the last people to pick. And they, they, is, that, is, that it? is that everybody? And there were still four or five people left. So I, I had a feeling that those four or five people that they kind of left off – might be the people that die in the first act of the movie. Dude, that's a great fucking point because they probably spent more time on set with the people exactly. that were there a lot longer, right? That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Great fucking point, dude. And if you look at the poster, there's some characters that are predominantly featured while others you can barely see. And what's fucked up about that poster is they actually have Rose Tico in that poster from Star Wars and they didn't have her in the fucking Star Wars poster. That's a joke, everybody. <laughs> Nobody got that. Nobody fucking got that. Oh, man, I thought that was what was different when uh, James Gunn <laughs> tweeted those two pictures. I thought no. that was what was different. That's what I was thinking. It was, no, it was just it was a terrible joke that nobody got because, like, Rose Tico was not featured in the original poster, and I think people bitched about it, and so then they put her in that fucking poster for the last movie. Is that, was that yeah. what happened? Yeah, that is what happened. Yeah, and I made the joke that they actually put her in this poster and how fucked up that is that they would put her in a Suicide Squad, squad poster. It's a terrible joke, and I apologize, everybody. <laughs> on a bra- I laughed. I just happened to be on mute because I was turning the page. So oh. I, I, I did laugh though. <laughs> All we heard was that fucking gigantic page turning. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hey, uh, on a brighter note, we have a listener named Mike Raper. Oh shit! You'll get that. Uh, Brooke, Steven, you'll get that. As I, soon no, as- I did hear that because I kept picking up my headphones at first when I was still on <laughs> and uh, then my computer went weird. But um, yeah, because he wants to talk about Star Trek. Because I was like, he can talk to us about Star Trek. Just yeah. Why don't you, why, why don't you have, why don't you have him on an episode of Picard cast? If he wants to, he's invited. You're gonna we'll introduce. Just, uh, you're gonna introduce the guest. We're just of, not. We're just not gonna say his last name. He's a phaser noise like I do when people cuss. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and and today's guest is Mike Raper. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh my! Uh, and they didn't even talk about Storm Reed in this. Storm Reed, uh, the young actor, she's going to be in uh, in the uh, Suicide Squad movie. A lot of Storm Reed fans on the episode today. <laughs> I thought she popped in as like a guest to ask one of the questions during trivia. She was she she was in she was in A Wrinkle in Time and she was also in HBO's Euphoria. She played the younger sister in Euphoria. Yeah, she totally popped in to ask a question during trivia. Oh, I don't remember that. Okay. All right. Okay. I think I think is that all I had. Um, what did we yeah, miss? Starro is the main villain of the of the piece too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's always a lot of fun. You have the starfish sticking to people's faces <laughs> and taking over their bodies. Like that seems right up James Gunn's alley. Oh yeah, that's crazy. That, that, I don't. That's a. That's just. A, that's a crazy villain. Uh, almost as crazy as that fucking like 
what was it? Shazam at the end of Shazam. We got that fucking, what was it? That little bug at the end of Shazam. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking wild, isn't it? <laughs> what, uh, Brooke, Steven, what did we miss? Like, that's kind of like, kind of like, like, we, we, did they show, they, did they eventually show the Batman trailer? Yeah. What did you guys think of yeah. that? What did you guys think of that? What did you think, Brooke? I, I, they said they only had filmed 25% of the movie so far. And I was so surprised by how good and how much stuff was in that trailer. And there's the point, you know, where he beats up the guys and they say, what are you or who are you or whatever? And instead of saying I'm Batman, he says I'm Vengeance. Yeah. (laughs) And I really loved that. It was awesome. Brooke, did he or did he not like just fucking beat the shit out of that guy? Like, like, yeah. like it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like fucking like, uh, you know, it, it wasn't like, oh, we're watching Batman who's like learned jujitsu. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Batman. It's, it's a Batman that just basically fucking like bare knuckle boxing in your backyard. You know what I mean? Just fucking beating the shit out of another man. <laughs> Like, Matt Reeves, Matt Reeves said because it's supposed to be like the second year that he's doing this, that, you know, you're going to see him maybe making some mistakes and maybe doing things that he's not doing later. And um, one of the things I was excited about is that he said it's not an origin story. So I was hoping we weren't going to see the Waynes die yet again, because I don't need to see any more pearls fall into the ground. <laughs> I mean, he definitely went out of his way to, like, make sure that you knew that that wasn't going to happen in the movie. But he definitely did say, as the mystery unfolds, that those parts of the origin of of many of the characters, including the villains, will be told through the unfolding of that mystery. Yeah. So, like, as you solve pieces or as, um, you know, Bruce Wayne or Batman is, is solving the pieces of the puzzle... Those pieces will involve, you know, the origins of Penguin, and 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 even and he even said that uh, that the Penguin and and um, they, he doesn't even get named till the till towards the end of the movie. So well, and that Catwoman is not even Catwoman yet, really. She's right. still just Selena Kyle, and she sort of goes through the transition in the movie. And something that I thought was cool in the trailer is that. You know, she's wearing her, like, all-black outfit, but instead of, like, actually wearing a cat outfit, she had, like, one of those, like, sock caps that look like the pussy caps or whatever, but instead of being pink, it was black, and she had it, like, pulled down over her face with it cut out so she could see, and I was like, that's brilliant, because it's cat-like, but it's not like, oh, look, she's got a leather cat suit, cat woman, (laughs) you know, because that's not the stage she was at yet. Well, I think we've been talking about like over and over again is like, is it too many villains? Is it is it the same mistake from 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 Batman Returns? And 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 it sounds like that none of these people are going to be in costume for most of the movie, which I think kind of helps alleviate alleviate that, right? Yeah, and uh, the Riddler was he was the guy that was taping up the hostage right in the very beginning i mean i don't think we're and supposed his, to know that but i think we but, do know that you know he was because he wasn't like well that was all that, of that, a sudden in a green suit with question marks that was one that of was the, that 4chan leak right yeah that was one of the always. first pictures that was leaked of this movie where it said no more lies and we're mm. we're led to believe that that's like they're they're killing gotham politicians mm-hmm 
Well, this, this guy is definitely a politician, and I think that the four chan uh, leak is right on that he's probably the mayor of Gotham. Because in the office on the trailer, you see the, the 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 framed articles of where he you know cleaned up the city. So I don't think it's Harvey Dent. I don't think it's the DA. Um, but there are very there's a lot, especially in that fir- very first scene uh, when when you see um, Jim Gordon, you see that there's a lot of um, references to the long Halloween storyline. I mean, first of all, that the card that he opens up is a Halloween card. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if anybody caught that. Well, have you, have you seen, have you seen the leaked photos where there's like a a lot of the leaked photos show pumpkins in a lot of the scenes? There's a lot of leaked photos Mm -hmm. that have like dropped on Reddit where you see pumpkins. So it's, it's definitely during Halloween. So a lot of people are saying this is going to be based on long Halloween. Right. And then, you know, the, the, you know, the killer, the serial killer, um, what's his name? And from long Halloween, the holiday. The guy that kills on the holidays, uh, calendar, calendar man. man, calendar man. Yeah, is, is that what he's called in the in the story though? Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean uh, the fact that it's an actual holiday card that he's writing his note on is kind of a clue to me too. That obviously we're pointing out a lot of long Halloween shots here, um, and I guess the, the regular other one was probably the other card was probably some sort of holiday card too because you know. Uh, that one guy had one taped to him, and it was obviously like a store bought card. So maybe you wanna, it's a, another Halloween card or a different holiday. You want to know who's taking a holiday from this fucking episode? I'd say it's Melissa. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I haven't heard from <laughs> I haven't heard from Melissa in fucking like like two hours. I just don't have like deep personal opinions about like anything DC except for I'm like real thirsty for Robert Pattinson's Batman. So like that's not helpful right now in this conversation. <laughs> I just Listen, I, I'm that's sorry. I'm totally you... fine with me if you want to talk about that. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what it is. I mean I, I didn't I didn't go into too much about uh wanting about being excited about seeing Wonder Woman because even though Pedro Pascal looks ridiculous in that movie, I'm still you know I'm still really wanting to see it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in the fucking theater watching that movie day one. I hope I'm wrong. I'm hope, I hope I'm wrong about mm-hmm. that fucking movie. You know, and I, I mean, I, we've been wrong before. I mean, uh, Days of Future Past, we shit all over that fucking movie. And then when I went to see that movie, I, I fucking loved it. I still love that movie. I think Days of Future Past is an amazing movie. So. You know, it's so it is so good. And, you know, and I I think that the rumors are true. We can't get I think that I think that uh, fucking uh, Brian Singer was riding the coattails of the previous director. On that one, wasn't it? Who was the previous director on that one that dropped off, Jake? It was the director from uh, wasn't it the Kingsman guy? Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, there you go. It was Matthew Vaughn. You're absolutely right. The Kingsman guy. And I think that I think that he was riding the fucking coattails of everything that Matthew Vaughn set up for that fucking movie. And that's the only reason that that movie was successful is because Brian Singer was fucking riding the coattails of Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, because look at Apocalypse. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I haven't even brought myself to watch the uh, Dark Phoenix one yet. Oh, God, I saw that shit in the theater, dude. (laughs) I forgot that even came out. Dark Phoenix wasn't as... 
bad as I thought it would be. Oh, fuck off. That movie was terrible. It wasn't as bad as I was afraid it was going to be. Maybe that's what I'm... Because it was bad. You know, like, <laughs> maybe as bad as I thought it would be. I don't know. Brooke. It was just... I, it was it, terrible. It was terrible. It was a terrible movie. It's so it's unforget it's forgettable. It's terrible. And I mean you've got such a wonderful actor in that movie. What's her name? What's it? She's from the fucking It movies. She's fuck she was in uh uh Molly's game. What's her name? Jessica oh, Chastain. Jessica Chastain. She's yeah. fucking incredible. And to waste her. And to waste her oh, in that movie. Oh, she was totally wasted in that movie because I forgot that she was even in it. Yeah. She's amazing. Why did they do that to her? Anyway. Welcome to DC fandom um, where we talk about fucking. Matt Reeves talked a lot about, um, on the last break, I was reading a lot of stuff about the, uh, Terrence Winter HBO Max series that's coming. That's an actual spinoff of this movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you guys get that news? I thought that was really fascinating yeah. stuff. What yeah, did he, say? he was saying that that was more of year one when Batman starts doing his vigilante stuff. So Batman's going to be in the shadows then, right? Yeah, yeah, so this show is sort of like a prequel to the movie, but I guess we won't ever see Batman, really. We'll just I thought hear Reeves about really alluded that we probably would see Batman. I was a little bit shocked by that. Well, even well, in the comic, even in the comic, I hear that you do see, like, panels of, like, you know, just Batman showing up in the in the back, you know what I mean? Yeah. To me, Not it sounded like, like that he made it clear that the story was going to be around one cop. That was that was going to be the main story. Just the one cop that came from a long line of corrupted cops in his family, mm-hmm. and that he's probably coming to terms with that. Like he's he's going to start off the show, obviously, you know, corrupt and as part of the system, and then coming to terms with that. And it sounded like at least the first half of the show that Batman was going to be like an antagonist mm-hmm. in the show. You know, like it's going to be completely from this perspective of this cop and this is your quote unquote hero and you're supposed to relate to him. What are the, what are the chances of Jeffrey Wright showing up in this as, uh, as Gordon? High. Hmm. I think very high. It's Matt, mm-hmm. Matt Reeves seems very connected to this show and they seem like they've taken lengths to make the two things be cohesive. Like for that, to, it seems like there's going to be things that are revealed in the Batman movie that, will lead into the prequel. Like, once you find out about corruption in that movie, you'll kind of see how it was created in this prequel from the sounds of it. Hmm. Well, Jake, think think about that. I mean, this panel was supposed to be on the Batman, and, and, and Matt Reeves spoke for about, I don't know, what was it, about 20 minutes, and a good five to six minutes of it was Gotham PD. I mean, he spent some time on it. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I agree with you, Jake. I think they're, they're going to be intertwined. And he sounded like he was really excited about what they were thinking about doing for it. Oh God, I want you know? Jeffrey Wright. So. I want Jeffrey Wright in that. If Jeffrey Wright is Gordon in that series, give me that, like that changes my mind on everything. Give me that series now. I don't know how I had missed that Jeffrey Wright was going to be Gordon. So then there he is, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> that's awesome. I don't know how I missed it, but. Um, I was really excited to. to I love I love Jeffrey Wright. Like I okay, I loved him in Westworld, and then Mm -hmm. I even love his fucking cameo appearance in Game Night. (laughs) I thought he was great in Game Night. (laughs) 
Uh, Brooke, yeah, Brooke, Steven, get us caught up on everything else fandom that you wanted to talk about. The other one, one thing real quick, one of the fan questions was about Gotham City and about how Gotham City itself is uh, like a character within itself, which is obviously something that you've talked about several times on the show. Um, he sounded like he was leaning more towards, I mean, it was definitely on location. And he said that Liverpool was the city that was Gotham Square. So on location in Liverpool is what he's drawing the visuals from for Gotham, Gotham City Square. So just so we, we, it wasn't all set design like we what we had talked about or, you know, like maybe the whole Tim Burton style where it's all built. You know, this yeah, looks like yeah. it is location stuff, according to him. So, OK. So well, he, they- yeah, he said he said he wanted to use all the the like gothic architecture and then put the uh, more modern buildings in by CG or whatever. So it should be interesting because he wanted it to make it feel like an American city you've never been to is what he said. Well, that, <laughs> that, that, that's kind of an interesting way to describe that it. That does feel like the Tim Burton stuff, but it, but it's going against what we heard that they were just going to build the sets. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that what you're saying, Stephen? That they're going to film most of it in Liverpool? But, like, so that goes against the reports that they were just going to be building Gotham in sets because of the pandemic? Yeah, I don't know if that just meant for what he's filmed already. And then moving forward, they were going to, they're going to try to recreate it on, on a set. But he did not mention anything about building sets. He just said that that Christopher Nolan had put together shots from, you know, different cities and made it into Gotham, like Chicago and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And then um, he he wanted to go somewhere in between that and the Tim Burton style, which is where go Gothic, go make it feel like it's an American city, like Brooks said, but it's not like any city you've ever been to in America. What did you guys think about the Batmobile? Oh, it was like a like uh, an old uh, challenger or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was I was surprised by that. It was really cool. And we didn't get any of the uh, bat cycle in this, but we know we're getting it. I've seen the mm-hmm. leaked pictures. Well, one of the questions someone asked about how long it took to to build the bat cycle and the and the car and and the suit and stuff and he was explaining all that to Everyone. There was a, there, I, there was a, an a, an accident with one of the stunt stuntmen who was riding the uh, the bat cycle. It was like a foggy morning or some shit, and it was rain. It, right right after it had rained, and there was like an accident or something like that with one of the stuntmen with the bat cycle. And they they showed some pictures, and I think that didn't they even show video of the accident, Jake? I swear I remember that. Yes, I thought that was um, the lead himself crashing on the Batmobile. Pattinson? Yeah, wasn't no. I think I think of, uh... I think it was the I think it was a stunt actor. Okay, he definitely like breaks too hard and then kind of tumbles with the bike a little bit. Yeah, I I think they had a picture of Pattinson on the motorcycle. I've seen I think that. That was one of the leads. Yeah pictures but yeah i don't think it was him that and it looks very batman year one in that picture um yeah when you see that so but they kept saying year two you know every time they talked about it they said year two year two they're gonna say year two because it sounds like year one is definitely gonna be this uh gotham city pd series Mm -hmm. that they're gonna correct yeah Mm -hmm. The only other thing that I was going to bring, I guess we could have brought it up in uh, Black Adam, but they revealed that the only thing they did on the Shazam panel 
they just kept saying that they couldn't say anything. And they kind yeah. of made that a running joke, like they had all the mm-hmm. actor, actors on and saying, oh, we couldn't say anything. They did reveal the, the title, which is Fury of the Gods. Which got an exclamation me, point at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not three, and not three exclamation not three. points. <laughs> not three, no. That's fuck. Fuck that, right. Brooke. <laughs> did they? I didn't write it. I'm sorry. So, Fury of the Gods is going to be the title for the second Shazam movie, right? Which seems obviously to tie in probably to Black Adam because you know the gods created Black Adam first, and they made a mistake. You know, like we saw in the first Shazam yeah. movie. That that was their first mistake, and they don't want to make that same mistake with their next champion, and that's why they were trying to be so careful. So Fury of the Gods, I think, ties directly into Black Adam, in my opinion. Uh, hey, Stephen, you did forget the most important part. Uh, Sinbad showed up. I was. I, that's, that's my only other note is that what? Sinbad showed up. He, yeah, no he, he way. Is having a, he's apparently going to have a very. Uh, a p- important part or something. I can't remember. Exactly. Are you talking about the fucking the comedian Sinbad? No, yes. So, this is, so it's like this is from Kazam to Shazam. I love it. He said that <laughs> because he's had to explain to everybody, even his own children, that yeah. he wasn't in the Shazam movie that never existed. Mm-hmm. That he's trying very hard to get into Sh- to Shazam too, <laughs> so he can officially say that yes, he was in the Shazam movie now. <laughs> So that is awesome. Oh my god. Was he that in awesome. was he in Jingle All the Way? Hell yeah, he's yes, he was. Yes, he was. I loved Jingle All the Way. Phil Hartman. Fuck uh, was that Jake Lloyd, the fucking Anakin kid in that one? <laughs> yes, yes, Anakin Skywalker himself. It was. It was Anakin Skywalker, uh, the little boy in that one who got the uh what was it? Uh, Turbo Man. I was going to say Dr. Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> it's a it's a fun holiday movie. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed oh, that fun. jiggle all it the holds way. Up too. It's still funny. I liked it. Um, did we get any Aquaman two news or news about uh, James Wan's uh, producing uh, the Trench movie? Anything like that? The Aqu- Aquaman panel might have been the worst panel of the day. It was just James Wan and and uh, Patrick Wilson. Mm-hmm. And they were just talking for ten minutes. And what were they and talking about? Were they talking the about like movie. what were they talking? The about? first movie, really? Yeah. yeah. Nothing about the sequel. Oh whatsoever. fuck off! Like, I love oh, Patrick yeah. Wilson, Patrick but Wilson come on. Like oh, I, I trained and stuff, but you couldn't train to be in a harness. And they're showing like back behind the scenes of him Talked in the about harness. His, forward, his core strength and how he worked on yeah. his core strength. Um, oh my god, yeah. we got some P90X talk in this fucking panel. What I the think fuck? It was just an infomercial, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they fucking brought, they brought, they brought Diamond Dallas Page on there to talk about his fucking <laughs> yoga program. <laughs> yoga. What the like, fuck? I, I got this kettlebell. <laughs> oh god, this is not, this is not even, uh, fucking, uh, um, DC related. You know what we are so close to getting? Fargo fucking season four. Oh, thank God. Oh, it's mm. so long ago when they first Tasty. announced it. Isn't that the end of September we're getting Fargo season four? Sure is. Oh, my God. Chris Rock, I can't fucking wait. Jason Schwartz, yeah. Oh, my God. I cannot fucking wait for Fargo season four. Jesus Christ. Bring that shit on. Um, the other thing was Titans panel. Uh, they revealed that uh, Barbara Gordon, uh, Jason Todd's Red Hood, um, 
Scarecrow, Con L was going to be in there. The uh, the what is it? The clone, Lex Luthor and Superman. Three. Yes. Yeah, Titan season three looks like they're going to add like six more characters coming is, in. Is it, so. did they talk about the fact that uh, in season two there was a lot of. Um, of Starfire's kind of like story. Is that going to, and, and I, I keep hearing the rumor that they're going to go with season three being a lot of like Starfire's sister being kind of like the big bad villain in that. Did they talk about that at all? They did say the Blackfire was going to be in it. Okay. Okay. And yeah. they, they showed a couple of, of uh, the scenes from season two. They showed a lot of season two. I really, if you didn't see season two yet, then you shouldn't watch that panel. Oh, the best the best part of that panel I heard is when Patrick Wilson started talking about that season with James Wan. <laughs> they just they just and then and then there's another like they they had they had uh fucking Patrick Wilson and James Wan just talking about uh you know fucking uh Shazam that movie and I just anything where those guys were talking about anything uh, that had previously come out that we've all seen. Just anything Patrick James Wilson Juan talked about in game. Yeah, when when and everyone's workouts that they did for it. Yeah, yeah. and then when Patrick Wilson Rocked and James it. Wan started talking about Jingle All the Way, that was I loved that part. That was fucking incredible when they were talking about that Sinbad Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and the fact that Jake Lloyd is now you know, in you know, jail or something. Joke, but they definitely spent the first couple of minutes talking about the other five movies that they've worked together on in the Conjuring world and the Conjuring universe. Oh, really? Yeah. So anything but Aquaman too, like just like you said. <laughs> okay. I I wasn't even sure that I was watching the right thing. I was like, weren't they going to talk about? Going forward with Aquaman, I would love to see. I would love to see in Aquaman two. Since I'd love to see they're doing multiverse, it'd be great if fucking uh, uh, Jack Sparrow shows up on the sea and kills Mira, his ex wife Amber Heard. Jesus Christ! Oh my god! That's a good way to dispose of the character. (laughs) You can save it for Flashpoint since that happens in Flashpoint. Oh uh, yeah, basically, Captain Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh my god! We're getting we're getting a fucking Margot Robbie Pirates of the Caribbean spinoff. Isn't that nuts? It is nuts. I, I, I checked out it. after I movie love- two. What's that? I said, I love her. I'm, I'll see it. I, I love her, too. I'll see it, too. I'll watch it, too. I hope it's good. Uh, what did you say, Jake? I checked out after movie two, but I'm, this will be kind of like a reboot, so I'll definitely check this out. I watched mm-hmm. all of them. I watched all of them. They progressively got worse. So You sound so defeated when you said that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Makes right, me feel I'm like not going to lie. Right I choice. saw... I saw four of them. I'm not gonna lie. Um, my there mom. Was four of them? There were five, five of them. There were five. The last one wasn't the last one. Dead man's chest. Yeah, well, that's, that's I don't know. I get confused which ones are which. But my mom is obsessed with Johnny Depp, so for a while she bought me all of those movies whenever they come out, and then she didn't get me the last one for whatever reason. Do you know what? So. Do you know what Dead Man's Chest also is? It's also the fan. It's hold on. No, it's the. It's the fan fiction that Melissa wrote for Cedric Diggory. <laughs> I'm minding my own business. <laughs> oh, 
That's oh, where that's where, that's where Harry Potter ends up coming is is, is a, a dead man's chest. Um what? Yeah. Christ. <laughs> Steven, I've got to get you on for a future episode. Would you come back? Based on what you heard today? <laughs> you did fine. You did fantastic. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted two wonderful DC fandom correspondents to come on here and fill us in on what happened. And I had you and Brooke, and I think you both did a fucking fan, fantastic job. Thank you so much. I was glad to be here. Brooke, you're doing a new podcast with Rebecca. Yep. How's that? How's that work? We're on the podcast of power. The, uh, once you listen to this, the, First real episode will be out. Uh, we are on iTunes now because I know when Rebecca was on last week, it wasn't on iTunes yet, and we had just done episode zero. But we're on iTunes and Google Play and are you on Stitcher Spotify and Anchor and all that stuff. So are you, hmm? on, are you on Spotify? Everybody needs to be Maybe. on Spotify. Yes. You need, yeah, check, you, check and see. <laughs> you, need, you need to get your shit together there, Brooke. You don't even know if you're on Spotify because the 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 host that I have it on uh, will will put it on all of those, and I have to get and it gets sends me an email telling me whenever each one gets accepted. But I guess a lot of people are making podcasts right now because some of them it's taking a while to get accepted places. Oh well, that's a long if, we're plugging, if we're plugging future podcasts, uh, me and number one Neil are recording our first episode of Smorgasbord. What uh, tomorrow? Smorgasbord. Yeah, Smorgasbord uh, is that a Star is Trek podcast? It's a, it's a Star Trek podcast. Smorgasbord. Yes. I get it. That's uh, very clever. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna start with lower decks and uh, do a episode by episode breakdown. So tomorrow we're recording our first episode. Smorgasbord. Oh, nice. We can have a Picard cast Smorgasbord uh, crossover sometime. I don't know if we're ready for that. <laughs> oh my god! It'll be you two are two of our best guests. On that show, <laughs> I can't imagine the, the 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 editing of uh, the pages turning out of that fucking episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm actually all digital in that podcast. This is uh, this is just a side project. Why, here. Yeah, why the fuck? Like, what the, what are you what are you doing with the fuck? You, you've got like. Uh, let me let me set the scene for you, Brian. You got fucking oh, like oh. the 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 scroll. The, you're like turning page like scrolls or something. Like the it's crazy. It's just. <laughs> I'm Dead Sea Scrolls. Dead Sea Scrolls. I'm a large man, okay? You understand, I'm a large man. I, it's hard for me to sit in one confined space for 21 hours that I did today to watch DC Fandom. So I had to kind of hang out in the recliner. And uh, it's not really conducive. Yeah, it's hard to, to imagine very large men being confined to a space and not being out there and active. You know what I mean? That's very hard for me to believe, Steven. They don't really make chairs for our size, just everywhere. So okay. the ones that I, I have an imprint on, on the outer of my thighs right now that are the they, handles of my chair. They make a fucking chair that's named after large men. It's called the Lazy Boy. <laughs> they, they also make microphones that don't make me sound like shit when I'm on podcasts, but I don't have, they don't have that yeah, yet. What, no, so. what, yeah, what microphone are you? using i think it's like a acer that came with the uh, lap my uh hilo packard laptop yeah you need to 90s. get a you need to get a snowball <laughs> you need to get a snowball or a blue yeti or something man yeah yeah, yeah that's what that's what neil said so yeah you need to invest in something 
He said, he's first, got a blue Yeti. It's fancy as fuck. <laughs> oh, I versus love, the I larger love. chair. That's the that's number one on the list. I found that out today. Oh man, you're just See, uh, you're just Steven, fu- you're just fucking off, Stephen. You're just fucking off. <laughs> you're just fucking this whole episode. All you've done is fuck. Off. I'm kidding, Stephen. You're great. I love. I, I met Stephen at C2E2, and this guy gave me a fucking uh, giant size X Men, and I love you. Thank you so much, man. We have oh. we seriously have the best fucking listeners in all of podcasting, Jake. I don't care. I don't care what any other fucking podcast says. We have the best fucking listeners in all of podcasting, and I fucking love them. We've got a listener named Mike Raper for crying out loud. I love. <laughs> I fucking love our listeners. You know, Brian. It's just a small. You know, I'm getting all sappy, but it's a small price to pay for the stuff that you guys give us. I mean, every week it's it's five, six, seven hours, whatever the hell the podcast ends up being of, of free entertainment. And it gets us through our days. It gets us through our work days. Uh, like I said to you before, I do my best work when I'm listening to the podcast. So it's just a very small token of my gratitude that I gave you. So no problem. I mean, I listened to the episode that you did of uh, What's Your Story? on the uh, Leftover Army podcast with Mark Busking and Lenny Aiello. And it, dude, you are, like, if people, people need to listen to that fucking episode, the Stephen Farshit episode of What's Your Story? Because you, like, just, just what you do, um, uh, as far as, like, it's, it's, it blows me away what you do with, like, uh, your comic book collection and, mm-hmm. and how you, how you've built your, you have a first print, of fucking amazing is is it uh amazing fantasy number 15 amazing fantasy 15 yeah yeah fucking first spider-man S- spider-man's first fucking appearance like that that fu- and you bought that in the 80s about yeah about that when i was 12 years old jesus christ yeah. i'm telling you like you're you like if i'm serious like if i were to look at your comic book collection you would ha- like you would have to put up fucking like tarps like Gallagher at a Gallagher show because I would be I would be coming all over your comic books like all over like seriously compliment I've ever heard in my life you no your comic book collection would drain my fucking nutsack like I'm not even kidding you when I was 12 years old that was my goal one day I would meet this guy Brian and I want to make sure I drain his nutsack with (laughs) With my comic book. Oh my Don't god! Yeah, these pipes are clean, bro. <laughs> <laughs> my, my work here is done. And you know, it would be it would be easy to hate him for that if he wasn't such a nice guy. Super, like, super this nice. This is a stand-up gentleman here. Like Stephen is, he's pretty cool, and he is uh, uh, as as the kids say, woke. And yeah, like he, like he's a great guy, except for he likes Nemesis, but that's a whole nother thing. Other than that, he's yeah, the best. I don't, I don't apologize for that. No. I liked it. It was a good movie. I saw it in theaters. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Steve got me to C2E2. I love this fucking guy. Everybody that's on this podcast I've met at C2E2 and, uh, I fucking, I love everybody. Brooke, Brooke on, you're on this podcast and like people don't realize like all the things that you do for PCL that you've done for PCL behind the scenes and how much it means to me. And I feel like sometimes that I put too much on you and you take it and you, you, and you, and you, you don't do it because it's like a chore. You do it because you want to do it. Like even tonight joining us on the podcast, I felt like, like I just, 
like this is your Saturday night. Like I don't want to feel like you have to like watch DC fandom. You're like, no, I want to do this. I want to do this. You take on the Rotten Leftovers, which is a group of people that fucking write articles for PCL. I know uh, that you you still are you still doing the Tumblr and Instagram and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you there's like so many people that are just like. Like, I hate to call you cogs, but like, it's like, I, PCL's like this big, like this fucking machine, Jake. It's PCL's, PCL's machine. We got cogs and shit. No, like, like, Brooke, like, you keep this going. Like, there's, I can't do everything. I can't, I can't run everything. Like, the, the podcast, I'm not saying we're huge, but we've gotten bigger to the point where I can't do everything. And Brooke, you've taken on so many things. And I cannot thank you enough. You are an integral part of this. And I want you to know that, that it does not go unnoticed. And I love you. You're fantastic. And, and, um, thank you so much for everything that you do. And I mean that from the bottom of my fucking heart. I really do. Thanks. I appreciate that. So. I love you guys. I miss, and you know, I've met all these people at C2E2 too, and I <laughs> got to see them all this year, and I miss all of their faces because this yeah. corona shit is terrible. It sucks. It sucks. And I hope that I, I don't know, I, you know, we're probably not going to get a C2E2 next year. So don't say it. I know it sucks. I want it. I want it so fucking bad. And like, if we don't <laughs> well, get it, like C2E2 was like the last fun I had. If we don't mm-hmm. get it, I'm going to organize something like as like a, like a, I'm going to organize oh. something. I don't know if it's going to be in person or if it's going to be like a C2E2, like three day fucking like zoom call where we all just fucking like, and we have new people come on. You know what I mean? I always, I always threaten to have a, to have a PCL con somewhere. <laughs> A PCL con where it's just all PCL. Yeah. We just all get together and we just fucking us. hang out. Yeah. Like, I, we all get a green screen image of the lobby from the hotel. What? Ha- well, <laughs> I mean, honestly, we could all just go to that fucking hotel and hang out at the lobby at the end oh, of the day yeah. if we wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. But, like, here's the thing. It's like, for me, when we all hang out at C2E2, and other people have said this, it feels like adult summer camp. Mm-hmm. And we all, like, at the end of summer camp, you know, like, we've all shared, the, like, these experiences, and and we've all gotten closer, and I know this sounds stupid as fuck, but it's true. We've all gotten closer. We've all made new friends. We've all met new people, and we hate saying goodbye. We hate saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's, it's something to look forward to every year when we all can get together and be in the same space. There's nothing like – I can get on here with a podcast with Brooke, but there's nothing like just being like face-to-face with you and being able to talk with you anytime I want to. Same thing mm-hmm. goes for like with Rebecca and and mm-hmm. uh, Joe Stark and, and Paul Hart, who I met for the first time this fucking last year in person. Like all these people that – you know, like, and I've missed the fuck out of like Jacob Harmon the last two years. Like, I loved it when he was fucking showing up, you know, mm-hmm. and it was great when Dan West showed up. Like, and Steven, it was your first fucking year. And we had Steven Redgrave come this year and it was mm-hmm. fucking great. I love meeting new people. I love old people coming back. It's a, it's a fucking beautiful fucking thing. I'm rambling. I'm rambling on way too long. <laughs> But I mean it. I mean it. I love you guys. This is great. Jake, we could, Jake, when we first started this thing, we didn't know. We didn't know it was going to happen. But this is a beautiful thing that's happened, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I remember when we first started, we would like, is anyone listening? Is there anyone going to talk to us or email us or even acknowledge that they're listening to this podcast? You know, we can see the downloads, but 
no one's talking to us, and then look what it is now. Do you want to hear a fucked up story? Should I tell a fucked up story? Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys yeah. want to hear this, or should, should I say <laughs> that? I don't know if you... No, no, like, like seriously, this is fucked up. Like, I don't know, like, this is not, like, an endearing story. Oh. It's kind of fucked up. Should I say it off air? It might be better off air. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's end the episode. I'll, let's end the episode, and I'll tell you guys off air. And then other everybody else will wonder. Like, what, 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 I love it. I love what, it. What, 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 what was said off the air? I would love to know. Maybe I'll send an email, and Brian will tell me in an email. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> but you won't actually tell us, because, and we'll just tell people whatever the fuck we want to yes, tell them. Yes, we'll yes. all make up shit. If other no, shut people, up, Brooke. He's actually going to tell us. I'm actually going to tell you guys. But like nobody else will know, and like if anybody confronts you and asks you like, "Hey, what was said about that?" Just like fucking like, I want you to just like send them three dots, and that's it in the message. <laughs> yes, I'm in. Okay. Yes. All right. I, I seriously, I want to thank all of you. I want to thank Melissa for not saying shit for the last fucking two hours. Thank you, Melissa. You're so welcome, Melissa. <laughs> Melissa, <laughs> Melissa. I always love having you on. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, you fuck. You come prepared. Um, you fucking come prepared. You don't jump in when we talk about certain things. But you know what? I respect you for that. Hey, thanks. And I love having you, Paul. You're one of my favorite fucking people. No, go ahead, Hello. Melissa. What do you got to say? Nothing. I thought you were going to talk about Mike Raper. I didn't. I, didn't. I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Not five hours ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing's changed on the Mike Raper front. Okay. Nothing's changed. <laughs> no, still no comment from Melissa. Uh, Paul, want to thank you. Everybody, should they be listening to any of your podcasts, Paul? Uh, if they so choose to, yeah. Uh, movies from the Heart and... Um, and the MA podcast. I love how the second podcast came right to your uh, uh, right, right to your memory there. Like like you didn't hesitate. I know it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> like Sorry. like you knew you know like boom yeah the animated podcast like it like you knew it just came right out. You you no doubts about the second Thank podcast. Thank you so much you for not blowing up my spot on that dude. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Brooke. Thank you so much. Brooke, thank yeah. you so much for joining us and, and, and filling us in on everything DC fandom. Yeah, it was fun. I like talking to you guys. Stephen Farshad, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it, dude. Thank you all very much. All right. Hey, guys, and just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. We'll be talking about probably, I think we're going to be talking about Bill and Ted Face the Music and the New Mutants coming to theaters. Station. Station. Exciting. Oh, my God. Are we getting station? Is it happening? I hope. Station. Oh, my God. I hope we get station. Oh, my God. Melissa, you need to watch the Bill and Ted movies. I know. I got hundred 100%. I'm telling Jake. You've never seen either of them? No. Last no. week, Jake, we talked about the band Extreme. Remember that? <laughs> Do you remember when we talked about Extreme and I said like the only song that I remember from Extreme was More Than Words? Yes. They did another song and it's actually from the fucking, uh, the first Bill and Ted's movie. Oh shit. And hold on, I'm gonna play a little bit of this one for you. And here we go. Oh, it's connected to my headphones. Do you remember the song Play With Me? 
Do you wanna play? play? Yeah, do you remember that song? Fuck yeah. That's from fucking Extreme. I couldn't fucking believe it. Like I was actually, and like this had unrelated to like extreme in our conversation last week, but I fucking, I wanted to listen to like the Bill and Ted's excellent adventure soundtrack. So I went on Spotify and I started playing that song and it was fun. It's from fucking extreme. Couldn't believe it. That's hilarious. I got Bill and Ted's bogus journey on DVD from pizza hut. When they did like, you know, stuff where you could get like that. So I had it for a long time. Ah, <laughs> uh, sad. I lo- I still love Bogus Journey, guys. Uh, yeah, next week join us. I don't know. I, it's going to be fucking weird. Uh, this episode was stupid. Um, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ringing endorsement. It <laughs> was fucking stupid. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, dude, I don't even know. I don't even know anymore why people listen. I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even. I don't understand it. It's weird. But thank you for listening. Anybody that's still out there listening to this garbage, thank you. We'll see you next week with episode 340. What? Oh, God. What are we on? 340. I don't even remember. I don't even know what episode we're on, Jake. (laughs) Don't look at me. Yeah. We'll see you next week. See ya. Already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Could it toss it, could it take it? Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean, erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture, pushover Pop culture Leftovers Cool kids, what's to say's already been said. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this hot culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. Trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean and race it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture. Leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.